Fournier, president of president for basically students for Trump. Very incredible guy, a friend of mine. And I'm trying to get uh, producer Gringo up here as a co-host. Uh, I don't think he's going to accepted it yet. So let's try to invite him to co-host here uh, as well. But so what we know so far, um, according to Ryan Fournier, who is, uh, you know, the president of students for Trump, he's a friend. Very, very credible guy. Doesn't put out a lot of stuff like this, especially breaking news. But uh, what we know right now, Mark Meadows, according to Ryan Fournier, worked for the FBI as an informant and wore a wire to record all conversations with President Trump while he was uh, the chief of staff for President Trump. Uh, folks, what this means, if true, allegedly, if true, this is criminal. It's, it violates national security. Uh, it violates the Constitution. It, 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 there's nothing about this that's not illegal. Uh, when you think about, you know, uh, presidential, uh, you know, executive privilege and things of that nature, whoever authorized this and ordered this should be literally uh, thrown in Gitmo. It's, it's that serious to me uh, as a American. Um, and it wouldn't matter if this was Joe Biden. It wouldn't matter if it was Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump. It doesn't matter who the president is. Spying on a president by a government agency is never OK. It's never allowed. Um, it, this this is absolutely uh, unheard of. It continues to, you know, spiral, you know, uh, you know, producer Gringo. I mean, it, can, it continues to spiral out of control the more and more things that we continue to uh, to see unfold. Yeah, this is about as wild of a story um, that we've had in the, what, eight, ten years that Trump's been in politics. And, I mean, you think the next story is going to be the most insane, and then this one comes out. So, yeah, no and, insanity. And, and, and this is coming at us so fast. Yeah, we were going to. We, you and I were debating about putting this up. I haven't even shared it to my personal feed yet, so I'm about to post it out here and, and see what happens. But, um, you know, guys, this this is uh, absolutely criminal. Ryan Fournier, uh, I need to I need to go to my feed and put this stuff up in the nest as well. But, you know, Ryan Fournier has, um, you know, has broken this. Ryan Fournier is the president. Of it, it never fails that I always get phone calls when I'm on a space from people that should know I'm on a space. Uh, trying to bump me off a of space. I always I get to the point where you wonder if it's intentional at, at some point. Um, we've got Bruce Bain here too, another one of the great influencers out there. A uh, you know, of course, a Marine combat vet, um, and he's got uh, you know a lot of experience with the DoD and stuff like that as well. I've, I've sent Bruce a request to come up and speak as well. But this is this is big. This is if this is true, um, I'd like to know. I'd like to know what's you know what's going on with it. You know, I'd like to know what uh, you know as far as you, you know. What what do you think the ramifications are, you know, you know, from the, you know, from this situation and, and where do we, you know, where do we go from here? Because this is, this is absolutely criminal. I, first off, I think the main question is who hired Mark Meadows? Who recommended Mark Meadows to President Trump? You know, what, who, who are the individuals that said Mark Meadows would make a great chief of staff, especially since uh, from what we're hearing, allegedly, according to Ryan Fournier, he wore a wire for the FBI his entire time as the chief of staff for President Trump. Ryan Fournier also says uh, that he's, he's talked to multiple congressional members who have confirmed this to him as well. Um, and uh, this is a this is a, a unfortunate situation uh, developing here. Producer Gringo, anything new coming out yet on this? No, just currently uh, current, current congressional members, former congressional members and uh, media media members are also um, confirming this to Ryan Fournier. 
so what that what that really means is, folks, and I, and I apologize, I've got multiple things going on here in my office. I'm trying to multitask and, and failing miserably at it here. Um, you know what this what this really means is is the fact that uh, you know the, uh, basically the law has been broken. You know Bruce, and we got Bruce Bain here, one of the great uh, conservative influencers out there. You know Bruce, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't know how people are not going to be in prison if this story ends up being true, and it should be not a long drawn out trial. I mean, this is, you know, go to, go to jail, uh, you know, don't collect $200, go straight to jail, monopoly type shit. Correct. I I would think so. I mean, this is straight up Gestapo tactics. This is the, this is the DNC doing dirty work and they will find some, some way to justify the FBI doing this. And I, and I have a, a message for, for those F one FBI folks who are, who are listening in right now. Fuck you. Um, two, the, um, everybody says, Oh, you know, you know, everybody knows a cop. Everybody knows, a, a an EMT. Everybody knows an agent of some sort border patrol, whatever. But I hear often that says, um, the FBI, uh, you shouldn't paint a paint a uh, a picture with a, a broad brush, right? The FBI, um, it, the, everything that's going on right now is because of their superiors, and so it's like you know the top one percent of the FBI needs to be fired. But here's my here's my piece: if you're doing something unconstitutional against an American citizen. Why it's not the it's not the one percent that's that's actually carrying this stuff out. It's the underlings, and it it seems to be happening everywhere. So I hold the entire FBI FBI accountable for this. Like I'm just sick. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I'm sick of it. I, they need to be disbanded. Same with the CIA. Not ninety nine ninety nine percent of the conflicts. And all the bullshit going on in the world right now is because of the United States of America terrorist organization run by criminals. And I'll die on that hill. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really, really scary to see this, and especially with an election 13 months away. You know, Scott Pressler joined us, one of the great fighters in our movement who has done so much for so many states. Uh, and he has, he has literally, you know, uh, been, I think, probably in every state at this point and, and then some. Uh, you know, Scott, hearing this, knowing what you're fighting against, you're in Pennsylvania for several weeks right now, uh, campaigning out there. When you hear things like this, what do, what do you think about with, when, when you're 13 months away, you're trying to win an election, you're doing everything you can in your power uh, to make sure it's fair. And then you hear that the FBI, according to Ryan Fournier, and Ryan's a good friend, folks. He's the president for students for Trump. He's not somebody that just makes things up. Uh, Ryan Fournier breaks this uh, about 30 minutes ago says Mark Meadows worked for the FBI his entire time. Scott is an informant and wore a wire and recorded all conversations with President Trump while he was the chief of staff. Uh, it's very alarming, isn't it, Scott? Well, hi, good afternoon, guys. Well, I mean, it's clear that we need to do a better job of sniffing out who our actual allies are. And I think that's why a lot of people you know, had some, and, and I want to preface this by saying that, look, I am supporting the nominee, et cetera, but we need to make sure that our Republican nominee in 2020 doesn't have the same pitfalls that were levied against President Trump in 2016. I mean, look at the fact that we had Paul Ryan. 
we gave Republicans the House, the Senate, and the presidency. We gave to the Republican Party on a golden platter every tool available to change our country and the world for the better. And that opportunity was squandered. And it just recognizes the importance of primaries, of choosing the right candidate. And in those districts, like, for example, you know, Mike Kelly was one of the people that didn't support uh, Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. Regardless of the fact that Jim Jordan may or may not have gotten it, the fact of the matter is we need representatives that are going to listen to the people. And so now is the time for discernment that we should be watching everybody's actions, how, for example, they're looking towards the November elections this year and who they are surrounding themselves with, because we know very likely that birds of a feather flock together, right? So we just have to have wisdom and discernment to sniff out people. So that way, when we win the presidency in 2024, we're not surrounded with snakes again, like we were in 2016. Absolutely spot on, Scott. And uh, I apologize for... um... For all the cursing I did just a little while ago, I am livid though. I, I'm absolutely livid, and, and I think you nailed it, Scott. I really do. Um, yeah, I agree, Bruce. I agree. I, I've got to run to my front door real quick, guys. I'm going to let Bruce and Gringo and Scott take over. I'll be back in like I say, run. I'm going to hop. I'll be back in like two minutes. He said, "Hop." I'm glad he has a sense of humor about him losing a leg. Because it makes it easy. It makes it easier for us to joke with them. Anybody else have any insights on um, what they think, how, how they think this went down, and what information that they were trying to to extract from from Meadows, just tagging along with Trump for the last year and a half as um, as his wingman, chief of staff. Scott, you have your hand up. Do you have any comments? Well, I I just wanted to pivot for a second while Matt is gone, so please excuse me. But, you know, the number one thing that I hear from people that they want is election integrity. I mean, raise your hand in the chat if that's something that you want. You want safe and secure, fair and free elections, right? We want election integrity. Well, here's something that nobody is talking about that we can do at this very moment in time. And um, and I'm only pivoting for a second to go back to Mark Meadows for you guys. But in Pennsylvania, where I'm at right now for these elections this November, the county commissioners in the state of Pennsylvania are in control of elections. They are the ones who decide things like where ballot locations are, drop boxes, etc. Every single county commissioner seat in Pennsylvania is up for election this November. So where I'm going with this is we want to win next year in 2024. And if we want Pennsylvania to help be a part of the reason why we win electing a Republican president, I would wager that it would probably be very important for all of us to get involved this November to win those county commissioner court seats to make sure that our elections are much better prepared and fairer going into Pennsylvania in 2024. And so I'm just begging everyone that's listening. Look, there's a woman named Marcella in this group right now. She lives in California. The woman has written hundreds of letters. She's making phone calls in the Pennsylvania. You don't even have to be a resident. 
if you want to take action, if you want to be a part of taking positive change to make sure that we set ourselves up for success next year, please just send me a direct message. And again, I apologize for uh, pivoting, but I just had to share that with you. And I think on that note, uh, it pretty much is imperative to win Pennsylvania if there's any pathway to the presidency. It is. It is. And I mean, hey guys, all right, can you guys. hear me? Yep, go on. Yeah, Jack, go for it, brother. Okay, thank you. Thank you for in, uh, allowing me to come in and give me uh, put me on the panel here. One of the things I wanted to just say about what's happening here, when I read the news and I went and did my own research, what's really bothering me is how the FBI has just been so candid, how it's just going to go in and spy and this continues to happen to spy on President Trump. I mean, President Trump is under surveillance at all time. I'm pretty sure he already knows that. But trying to catch him up to say something, to get him on a recording, not that it's anything illegal, but it's something that'll get leaked to the press and they'll use. Uh, here's how I'm, I'm looking at it from, from the angle I'm looking at this. I own a marketing company. I do digital marketing. I also do persuasive marketing, you know, the stuff that you see on the internet that you buy early or late at night that you didn't need. Well, that was someone like me that, you know, worded that in such a way that you felt compelled to buy it, right? That's what I do. That's that's the industry I'm in. So I see marketing. I see this whole thing as uh, how they can market anything that President Trump might have said. Not that he said anything illegal, but how they could spin it in such a way and then market it to use this uh, in a campaign against him. And the problem I have here is this is our Federal Bureau of Investigation who needs to be stopping people before they do mass shootings. They need to be stopping uh, these people who have come over from the border from God only knows where with God only knows what intent for Americans, not spying on the president. So it makes you wonder, is the FBI now working against Republicans are working against government as a whole. Maybe it's even happening on the Democrat side. We don't know. It, it starts to make me wonder how how bad this really is and how much in control is our intelligence community. And one more thing to say, I've spoken with different congressmen. I did consider running, taking another run. Uh, I chose not to. I uh, actually chose to move my family to Florida away from Illinois communism being that I have two little girls and there was no way on this planet I was going to put them through the public school district there because it was a matter of time until which I was hoping they would arrest me for protesting, but it was just going to get worse. Right. So um, with that said, I've spoken with different congressmen and one of the conversations that came up was who is running this country? And I, I really pressed this particular congressman who's a Republican. Who is running this country? Is the intelligence community pulling the strings or are they some sort of guard dog for, for a group, an agenda or whatever, right? And he, he very frankly said, Jack, it's the bureaucrats. And I said, okay, break that down for me. And he said, well, you have a lot of them that have, you know, power over you know, people in Congress or in Senate, they have, and they know what their aspirations are. So what happens is, is you have these people who have these ideas of what they want to do while in Congress, they want to run for a while, then they want to write a book and make millions of dollars. And, and so they start to all work together. 
And I found that very interesting. And also in thought that if I was ever to run again and say I was elected, I, I said, okay, there's no way in hell I'm going to hang out with other Republicans and, and Democrats because the familiarity breeds a, a sense of comfort, right? Where, where you start, well, you know, I'm going to talk to this person. They seem cool. And I, and I said, well, wow, what a, what a lesson there learned just to be, you know, very disconnected from everybody the whole time. Anyways, that was that was what I wanted to add to the conversation and, and about the FBI and, and what they're doing. And, and, it, and it makes me wonder if they really are working. There's there's a segment, not the whole FBI. There's tons of incredible people in the FBI, 100 percent. They love the Constitution, love the country, and they defend it every day. And we're grateful for those people. But is there a sect within the FBI in, in, in what capacity are they doing this? And is it just President Trump? And is any of this even constitutional? These are some of the questions that I actually haven't, haven't had a chance to research. But anyways, that, that's, that's the real question, Jack. And, and we've got Trash Discourse up, one of the great spaces hosts joining us as well with producer Gringo. Scott Pressler's in here. Bruce Bain, we've got quite a, quite a group in this panel. Savvy's coming up as well, political savvy. Uh, a lot of heavy hitters in here. I think the real question is, you know, you, there's, there's obviously, there's, you know, there's, there's different statutes. You know, there's, if you look at, you know, Section 18, or sorry, Title 18, Section 871, you know, there's threats against the president, which, you know, has its, but as far as spying on the president goes, you know, I'd like to get some attorneys in here at some point to answer that question, uh, just for the simple fact that, you know, that's, that's the real question right now. What is, what are the ramifications of this? Obviously, national security, to me, trash, is the first thing that comes to mind, you know, this is a this is a blatant violation against national security because you're literally spying on a president who's having conversations with world leaders, who's having conversations with your military, having conversations with generals and the Joint Chiefs of Staff, having uh, you know conversations with his National Security Council. How in the hell is this allowed? And I'm just going to say it. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Christopher Ray. I don't care if it's the deputy director. I don't care if it's I don't care who whoever knew about this should go to prison for a long, long time. Travis. Well, it's I, prison to start. But I actually have broader questions because this gets into the not only the national security element of it. Right. Global world leaders, everything else. What does the Secret Service have to say about this? So it, did the Secret Service know? Aren't they wanding for this stuff? Aren't they typically using technology to check for monitoring devices, things of that nature? Like, I have questions with the Secret Service on this as well. I'm just finding out about this, Matt. I was on the phone with uh, Savvy. She said, did you hear this, by the way? I'm like, no. She's like, well, Matt's got a space going. I'm like, oh, well, I'm coming in. Uh, I don't know much about this. I see Ryan uh, Fournier was the original one on the reporting on this. So I know he's solid. But what what if you could help me recap and help me understand, because it's the Secret Service, had, they had to have known, right? No, you bring up a great point, Trash. And then the Secret Service, for those who don't know, I believe is ran by the Marshal Service. Uh, or basically, not necessarily Marshals, but they're all tied in together, you know, like with the Marshals and that group. And um, it, it's very alarming because you're right. They would be wanting people at Mar-a-Lago if, if, it's, if, you're having a, uh, if you're getting close to the president, having a meeting. They would be doing those things. Uh, they would be vetting people that are coming in. Now, here's the other thing. You're, he's the chief of staff for the president of the United States. So maybe there's some leeway there. I know uh, Seb Gorka, Sebastian Gorka, you know, if we can get Seb in here at some point, would be a, a great guy because he's talked about how, you know, he, they didn't even check him. You know, Trash, you've had him in your spaces where he was like, oh, yeah, I just pull up, show my badge, and I drive right into the White House. I'm sure Meadows was doing the same thing. But it, but it, it, it bolds the question, and I think Trash is nailing this. How, in, how safe is President Trump with the Secret Service? 
because I don't see how this happens under their watch without them knowing about it. And I think the president has to ask that question. I think he needs to make a post. I think it needs to be on X and Twitter, not just through social. This to me is so serious that this is something that, uh, that the 45th president needs to address publicly. I think he needs, I mean, I'm talking at a podium. If this doesn't show what he's been saying about what they're trying to do to him with all of these insane, insane allegations and all of these insane, uh, it's, it's just nuts. When you look at the thing in Georgia, which, you know, is a RICO case, you look at New York, which is a civil suit. You look at Jack Smith. And of course, Meadows is denying that he cut a deal with Jack Smith. But now that this comes out that Meadows wore a wire trash, I don't think you can. I, I mean, first off, if you were a wire for the president of the United States from the FBI, number one, what do they have on you? And number two, you know, n- number two, I don't believe anything you say. Savvy, you've got your hand up. I'll go to you and then back to trash here. No, this just I'm infuriated by this, um, because if you think back to every everyone that has come out basically trying to get Trump like this is I am so pissed like I have already reached out (laughs) to people within the Trump campaign being like okay this cannot happen again um I I, I'm in I am infuriated because this I mean you had some of his top advisors I mean you had I, I don't understand my mind. Just I can't wrap my brain around this at all. Like as soon as I saw your your post, Matt, I was like, "Wait, what? What? Mark Meadows? Re- really? Right?" Because we think, and this, and you know what? I'll be the first one to say it. Like that, I was duped. You know, of course, Mark Meadows has since come out to not be the greatest of dudes, right? But. Still, like when he's in office wearing a wire, you got people surrounding him. Like you think about his first administration, and I know we have all learned a lot since then, but this goes way deeper and darker than I think than we all realize. It, it really does, Savvy. And uh and I agree with everything you and Trash are saying. You know, Trash, I'm getting a lot of people, you know, you know, very uh, you know, verified people, Colonel Manis is, is there anything other than you know, what Ryan is saying. I mean, and I agree with Colonel Manis here, but I'm also going to pivot and say, you know, Ryan Fortier is not a guy who needs to make this up. You know, he's one of the founders of X Strategies. He's the, you know, he's the president of Trump, of Students for Trump. Um, he, you know, he doesn't need attention. He doesn't need the money. He's not going to put a story out like this, uh, in my opinion, that, that's not verifiable. Uh, he also says he's got members of Congress. I'll, I'll recap this and then toss it to trash here. Uh, he says he's got, he's received calls from current members of Congress uh, and from the media who know that I know about this information. So they know that he's got the goods. He's got the receipts. He also says he's received calls from former members of Congress who have also explained the same thing to him, that it did happen and it, and they knew about it. Uh, he says this is worse than Watergate. And then also, uh, you know, he said that this is going to, and I agree with Ryan, this could and should be the destruction of the FBI. It should be disbanded, as Kennedy said, if that, you know, and scattered into the ashes and the wind or whatever. Uh, He also said he received confirmation from multiple members of Congress and confidential informants that this story is true. Hey, Matt, real Um, quick. Could this be another ploy, another plot, right, to keep President Trump off a ballot or to manipulate certain things? You know what I mean? Could this does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, 
Yeah, I mean, you're saying like, uh, I mean, I, to a degree. I mean, I see what you're saying. You're saying, well, you know, he didn't vet his people well enough. Something along those lines. Is no, I mean, is so, this something to where this information was held onto for this specific time as yet oh, another oh, arrow? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. You're spot on. They're 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 bringing this out. We're folks. We might as well say we're in an election year, like Savvy just said. We are one thousand. It's an election year. It's late October. We're twelve months away, literally, from the from another presidential election. Uh, it sounds cliched, trash. The most important presidential election of our lifetime. And um, but he, you know, when you talk about, I, I just don't think Ryan would make this up, trash. No, I don't think so either. But um, let me give you some good news at least. Uh, and let, so it seems like, depending upon how long he was wearing the wire, um, we know the FBI has been out to get Trump. We know this. We know this with. Uh, you know, Peter Strzok, all the way back, we understand what happened at DOJ. Uh, I'm going to bring something else in that I don't think anyone's thinking about. I've talked about it. I'm not trying to be razzle-dazzle. You know me. I just, I'm just analyzing this in real time. I don't think they have much on Trump if because it would have come out, right? It would have come out already. Like, they wouldn't have had these BS Jack Smith in, uh, investigations and cases in D.C. if they had something tangible. So that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Uh, number two, like I said, um, I will be asking questions regarding Secret Service. I want to know that. Uh, but number three, I would like to actually introduce something into the conversation, and that would be Charles McGonagall. Now, Charles McGonagall, for the guys that don't know, Charles McGonagall was a guy known as Charlie, uh, believed to be known as the guy named Charlie, who was talking with Lisa Page uh, and Peter Strzok uh, in those conversations. Let's run this by Charlie. And I think the reason that you saw the investigation and the cases come down from the DOJ is they were looking heavily into Trump at this time, and they stumbled across Charles McGonagall out of the New York counterterrorism office at FBI, uh, was taking bribes from Albanian prime ministers. He was really dirty. He was doing a lot of influence and schemes while he was counterterrorism director at uh, the FBI New York field office. And I think most likely this is probably where Meadows may have entered into this fray. This, this would make sense because I believe that they did not want to bust Charles McGonagall, but they had so much evidence trying to find something on Trump that they stumbled across Charlie. And I think that Charles, the, the case that came out against him was supposed to just stop that, put a kind of put a finger in the dam. And that's why they brought the case earlier this year against Charles McGonagall. And I think that that might actually be something involved in here too, because it seems like the similar investigations that were going on within the FBI may have actually triggered this and somehow Meadows is involved. Now, I want to see more out of the story, but it just it's starting to all kind of make sense. I could be wrong on that part, but I just wanted to point that out because it seems like what they were doing was investigating Trump, and that's when they found Charlie McGonagall. Maybe that's where Meadows actually ends up in this. So, I, I think you're right, Trash, on that. Uh, name redacted, one of the great uh, deep divers and diggers and researchers out there uh, has his hand up as well. We're going to go to him, then we'll go to Carolina. Uh, Carolina, I believe it's over there that's uh, – Got her hand up. Name, what's up, buddy? Thanks, Matt. Um, so I wrote a thread the other week. I'm not even going to bring up the person's name. But the premise of the thread was this person's very uh, questionable past and how this person with that past history, trash, you know who I'm talking about, some other people might. How did this person get a job in the White House? Okay. Um I don't want to go into the person, but the bottom line is this. There is no way, given that person's past, that he was not known to the FBI. There's just no way. Would you agree with that, Trash? 
Yeah, no, there's no way. Okay. Yeah. Now, how did this guy who didn't have a job for a year and a half prior to his most recent job in the private sector get a job at the White House? And then uh, in the White House, he was under Ben Carson, and then he was loaned out to work as an advisor to Trump and was a speechwriter. There's no way I can tell you there is no way this person passed any background check to get that job. So my question has been, how, what was this person doing in the White House? Okay. There's no way he passed a background check. It's just bizarre. And I'm just saying that if the story of Mark Meadows is true, Mark Meadows is not the only one. Okay. Obvious. I mean, we could probably all agree to that. And uh, I have a lot of questions about this certain individual based on their history and how he got into the White House, uh, basically with no resume and a very checkered past with uh, uh, extremist groups. Okay. And now he's suddenly an advisor to Trump through a backdoor way working in HUD. Very strange uh, situation. And would be, I'm not sure if we would ever even get it, but a list of everyone that was wearing a wire, I would bet this person's name comes on the list because it just, when things don't add up and then when you get more and more and more and more things that continually not add up, well, then, you know, you have to sort of take a look at these people and the story, you know, if true, I, I don't know who the source of this Mark Meadows story is, but if that's true, um, I mean, look, once you pass a background check, as far as I'm concerned, and you, you're you able to go in the White House and work with Trump, they're not doing pat-down searches every day. You probably, like, go... Th- I, I don't know the procedure, okay? But they probably just check you for weapons, like a cursory type, you know? If you have a high enough security clearance name, you're literally just sw- throw, showing there a card. There you go. You know, and going through. There you go. And, I don't and think this I is going to be our the- last person that we find out about this. Yeah. I really don't name... I think you and hit that... I have an idea... Yeah. I, yeah, I have an idea. I know one other person based on their past who got in there and not quite sure how they got in there because it just doesn't make sense. I know background checks um, on a local level and they're rigorous. OK, there's no way on a federal level you will pass a Secret Service or an FBI, whoever is in charge of these background checks to work with the president of the United States. They know everything about you. OK, you just can't hide. And and then if you're a part of certain groups in your past, you're already on their list. They're not going to let a person like that in the White House. If they do, they did it on purpose. And, and name, okay. I want to I want to go back here. I'm going to go back to you and trash here in just a second on this as well. We've got some hands up also. Very but, concerning, know, Matt. Very it's concerning. very concerning. And I'll reset the room as we get, this thing continues to swell. People are like, what the hell? I've got. Uh, people texting me and they're going, and, and, the, and the source of this is Ryan Fournier. Ryan, hellaciously credible, the president for Students for Trump. Uh, he's literally um, a sexier version of Charlie Kirk for all the ladies out there. Uh, Ryan's a friend. And, um, and sorry, Charlie, I, I, I'm friends with both these guys, so I had to throw a little fun, fun kidney shot. I, I basically give them hell because they, they, they were rivals, you know, with TPUSA. And then now they're, they, they work together on a lot of events. And it's really been great to to lead the, lead the young conservative movement. But Ryan's hellaciously credible. He's also one of the founders of X Strategies. 
you know, I mean, he's he's a hellaciously credible guy, does work with the Trump campaign, but he's not a guy that needs to make this kind of story up. You know, he's got millions of followers. He doesn't need the money. Uh, and uh, he's also, you know, name, he says he's actually got, uh, you know, multiple congressional members uh, who have verified this story as well as uh, confidential informants. You so, know, I see, Matt, sorry, I see Robert Bose down there. Maybe if he's willing to come up because he worked, I believe, in the White House so he can maybe give us more you know, insight on how this a- absolutely works. Nick orders down there too. I want to bring Nick up as well with us. Um, and, uh, and bring Nick up as well. We'll bring, we'll bring him up also. Um, let's see where we're at here and, and name. I'm going to go around the horn here. Uh, you know, Caroline, you're running for Congress in Pennsylvania. I know, uh, we just had Scott Pressler in here. I know you guys are full court press right now, uh, out in Pennsylvania. Uh, when you hear this information, uh, obviously you're an America first candidate. What, what do you think about this? When you hear this information, and I'm sorry, guys, the dings are going nuts. I apologize in advance. So uh, which is part of what happens when the, you, these kind of stories break. But what do you what do you think right now? You're a candidate. You're America first. And then you hear that the FBI literally had the White House chief of staff allegedly wear a wire his entire time as the chief of staff with President Trump. Uh, what If you were in Congress, how would you handle that? Well, well, let me first of all, thank you for giving me a mic and um uh, I want to tell you that, um, you know, I'm in a unique position because my district is Brian Fitzpatrick's district. So we know about that. Right. This is a huge problem we have in Congress and in our government period is we have former agents who are now in Congress and they left the FBI just to, particularly to be in Congress. They're trained spies. And this particular one in my district left Ukraine. OK, he worked for James Comey, left Ukraine so that he could secure the seat here in PA01. And while he did that, he um, secured the seat. And um, this congressman also made it possible for some of his friends to be around our president, President Trump. I don't trust the man at all. And so, in in my opinion, he's compromised um, the president. And I brought that to light on every time that I went out to speak It caused me quite a bit of grief, but I go ahead and speak the truth anyway, because we don't need to have these trained spies as representatives, because it's very difficult for the regular um, citizen to decipher whether these people are telling the truth or lying. But the good news is, is we're starting to come out and talk about it, and this needs to be fixed. Um, What is happening is absolutely abhorrent. It is, uh, it is, uh, you know, it's abhorrent. I don't have my thoughts together completely. Uh, so give me a break here for a minute. I know um, it's not hyperbole that I'm talking about. We're dealing with James Bond type of people. We have um, a lot of them in our uh, political bodies right now that are not doing the right thing. They're absolutely not doing the right thing. So um, what it does is scares us that's what it does it scares it scares candidates and so if you're a good candidate they run you off the ballot okay if you're not so good of a candidate they will usher you onto the to the ballot so that is what's going on here um and we're in a particularly strange place in my district having a james comey um employee now a congressman who's who's sitting in Congress right now. So that's an issue, a real issue. We need to it, take a look at it, this. It's definitely crazy. Caroline, hold that thought. We're going to move. We've got so many folks popping in here. I want to bring folks 
uh, you know, I want to bring some folks up as well and, 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 and move things around here. And if you're not following Caroline, do that. She's running for Congress and PA. Um, Trash, we look at this thing and, and to reset the room here, uh, you know, Mark Meadows allegedly, you know, allegedly, according to Ryan Fournier, wore a wire his entire time. He was the chief of staff for President Trump, ordered to do so by the FBI. Uh, this is just uh, mind numbing. Fournier says he's got, you know, current members of Congress. He's also got confidential informants. Uh, it's definitely, I mean, this could be the destruction of the FBI trash as we know it. Uh, Fournier also says he received confirmation from multiple members of Congress and confidential informants that this is true. He also says that he also received uh, phone calls from former members of Congress, uh, current and former members who have confirmed this story to him, which means they must have this information or you know, from, from subcommittees and things of that nature, Trash. I'm assuming that's what's happening. Once he broke this, I think members of Congress went, oh, shit. What do you Why think, are we just hearing about this, too, guys? Maybe you can help me understand well, that, too. And, that, and that's the question, yeah. Savvy. We don't know. Did, you know, did the Congress, did the congressional members, Trash, sit on this? Well, I, you know, I like, don't know. I, like, I don't know. And I, like I said, I have another question regarding the, the Secret Service. Because, again, it's hard for me to fathom uh, that he had a wire on the entire time and they were not using the technologies that they use. And like Matt, you and, you and I both know the same people that do security for a living and, and do these geofencing and all this stuff uh, to protect, you know, certain people. Secret Service has all those toys and more. And so it's really hard for me to fathom that that someone within the Secret Service or a detailer somewhere did not know about this. And how did they not know about this or did they and how, why was it kept quiet? How do these Congress people know about it and kept quiet about it? These are my questions immediately. And then I, and so I, I would like to see more on this, like right now. Like, listen, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden, but we need to make sure that uh, the president of the United States, whether it's Trump, then Biden now, in this trip, in the very tumultuous geopolitical uh, scene that they seem to have walked us right into, if it were, that our president is not being protected, because that's how wars start if something happens to him. So I, well, this trash, is crazy. I, question, yeah. I yeah, think go, we go need ahead. to hear from someone that like has experience working in the White House. It's like basically once you pass a background check and you're good to even be there, are there also additional security layers Always. every day as you enter your job? Always. Uh, Secret Service. Okay. Yeah, Secret Service's only uh, focus, right, is the president and the president's family. Right. So that I do have. And, and Trash, you have to have a two week approval. Just giving you a heads up. Uh, I'll go right back to you. I'm going to tag you in here. You have to have two weeks approval. You know, like if you're going to Mar-a-Lago, the Secret Service has to approve you. You have to give them all your information, your plus one. All of that stuff has to be given to them several weeks in advance uh, before they'll allow you into, into Mar-a-Lago. And I imagine, Trash, I'll yield back to you, Trash, the White House is even more strict. Yeah, it, I would imagine it would be. And so these are some questions that need to be asked. Uh, and I would like more details from Ryan on this. I'm sure it's, this is a breaking story that he's trying to verify right now. Um, I would also like to hear from the Congress people as well. So I'll, I'll, I'll yield back to you, Matt. I just, these are my questions. I think that we need to be asking. Well, Trash, I think you, you're nailing it. The secret service, man, what do they know, buddy? I mean, that's the thing because there's no way this happened on their watch, uh, you know, without, without them knowing, right? There's no way. No way. Not in my mind. Well, there are separate, there are we, separate we, agents. I mean, it's possible that the FBI kept this at the top levels and just Meadows, you know, knew and a couple of people there. But the issue is, is what most Americans don't realize is how politicized the justice system is. If you have some psychos and some of them are in spaces with us who are bad faith actors and make up allegations, the government and the FBI will use that 
as a fishing expedition to go through everything in your life and try to find something wrong. That's what we've seen over and over again. And if they don't even have that, they'll make it up like with Carter Page to get the FISA warrants. So, I mean, this is, you know, these are supposed to be the DOJ, the FBI. These are supposed to be, you know, the, the upholders of law in the country. And they're under the executive branch. And it's clear that they had a mind of their own. I mean, they knew where the, where the Steele dossier came. They knew that British intelligence completely disavowed uh, Christopher Steele and his dossier. They knew that Ukraine apologized after the 2016 election for all the shenanigans they pulled. And now, you know, we're finding there's going to be a lot of people on the left and other people are un- uninformed and think, well, this is more evidence that Trump is guilty when really it's, it's more evidence that you literally have a DOJ, FBI, CIA and other intelligence agencies that are completely rogue and they're not held accountable to their commander in chief, let alone the American people. These people are out of control. And I'll end with this. They've never been held accountable. Like we know Comey changed Hillary Clinton's actions from gross negligence to negligence. When he knew fairly, he knew he was, he, he knows the law. He knows gross negligence. She would never have been excused for her crimes. But we've gone over and over again where these people have been outright excused or gotten slaps on the wrist and nothing has happened. Meanwhile, the people who have tried to hold them accountable, these people are breaking all norms of law and of American political society to try to imprison their political opponents. So it's clear that they're rogue actors at this point. And anybody who says otherwise, you are just bad faith liars. I, I agree with you there, Prodigal. And thanks for coming in and joining us here. Got some hands up. We're going to go to you guys here in just a second. Got Joe Pags here. I know Joe's got to get on the air here in a little bit, too. So, uh, And then, of course, Nick Sorter is joining us as well. Uh, Joe, uh, I'm going to go to you and then Nick. Joe, what do you think about this? I mean, like, we were in a space last night. I mean, I'm, I'm not – I told Nick I'm kind of texting with Nick and some others right now. I mean, like, I've got to start sending Nick some of these things so I can enjoy my lettuce wraps in peace. Running these damn spaces is a lot of work. Trash and Nick do it all the time, and uh, I'm, I'm starting to get worn out here. Uh, I don't know how these guys do it. Um, you know, Joe, this is insane. I mean, you've been covering this a long time. So have I, many years covering politics. A White House chief of staff cutting a deal with the FBI, wearing a wire uh, for his entire time as chief of staff to spy on a sitting president, not only the jeopardization of national security that this, uh, that this amplifies, but, I mean, in my opinion, it's not heads should roll, people should be fired. It's anyone in the FBI that knew about this, in my opinion, should go to federal prison for a very long time. And I'll yield back to you, Joe. Comey should be in prison. McCabe should be in prison. Everybody down the line should be in prison. Hillary Clinton should be in prison. The idea that you can't have a chief of staff working for the president, who's the boss of the executive branch, who's the boss of the FBI, the boss of the DOJ, the boss of the DHS. The idea that you can't have somebody who's your right hand that you can trust is not is not working as a, some sort of a spy in the White House blows my mind. I'm looking forward to what Ryan comes up with further than this. But when I first saw this story today, I'll be honest with you, Matt, I thought that, that the story was Mark Meadows wore a wire after January 6th to try to catch Donald Trump saying, I know I lost, but I'm still trying to steal it. I thought maybe that was it because, and, and by the way, I talked to Donald Trump two weeks ago and he still thinks that he won. So there, the idea that he's lying about, he knew he, that he lost, but he wanted to get an insurrection going, that's just stupid. But I thought that's what the story was. that Mark Meadows was trying to catch him behind the scenes saying, I know I lost, but let's steal it back. No, this is Mark Meadows the entire time as the chief of staff was wearing a wire. Now we know that there was a story that McCabe, was attempting the 25th Amendment Trump. And then McCabe said, ah, we're just joking around. We weren't really doing that. 
But it sounds like McCabe was really trying to do that. And it sounds like Mark Meadows was in cahoots with him at some point, trying to make sure they can get rid of Trump one way or the other. Just what we know about the dossier, the, the fake dossier, the fake report, the steel report, just what we know about how they lied to the FISA court to keep on updating the warrants by putting their own stories in Yahoo News and AOL News and say, hey, look, Judge, there's another story out here that we know that the DOJ did themselves. That alone should have made them all face charges. But can you imagine the idea of having the right hand of the president of the United States spying on him the entire time? This is this is treason. This is an attempt to remove a president who was duly elected by the people of the United States of America. I look forward to getting more details on this, but my mind is is hurting. My face hurts from hearing about this story. I can't I can't even imagine. That's true. Donald Trump Donald Trump is is a guy who who lives by by the rule of law and by loyalty. And everybody around him has been disloyal. It's coming out every single day. It's nuts to me. I said the same thing, Pags, and I don't think this is going to be the last one. But what my question is, too, is, okay, like, Ryan put this out. Like, did was he just made aware of this, like, today? Yeah, I'm sure Ryan was doing his research before he put this out, Savvy. I mean, he's he's got the receipts. He's not a guy that's going to do this lightly. No, no, no. I know that. I'm sure he did his his due diligence on it. Um, But the real question, I think, Savvy, you brought up earlier – uh, is I'm gonna, I want to toss it over to Nick here and give Nick a chance to jump in on this too. Uh, but but the real question here, Savvy, is that, you know, you brought this up, and Trash has brought it up too, the Secret Service, what do they know? Prodigal brings up a great point. In our agencies, sometimes they don't mix well. But also, what did the Secret Service know? Were they involved in any way? And then, like you said, Savvy, you know, like, who around Meadows knew about this? I mean, this isn't something that just wanted – I mean, I, I have questions here, but this is criminal. This is unconstitutional. It is literally – uh, Nick, this is one of the most uh, – if, if, if it tr- turns out to be true and Ryan Fournier is right, and there's already people writing articles about it uh, on conservative press, like I don't think that it's false. These are very credible people. Nick, what does this mean for our republic going forward? And we may and- – Who, what? Somebody talk- is somebody talking to me? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Give me give me the rundown. Just I was texting. Yeah, no, I got you, Nick. I got you, brother. So so basically where we're at at this point in time, the Secret Service has to know something, Nick, uh, in order for a chief of staff to wear a wire his entire time for a president of the United States and to spy on a sitting president. What did the Secret Service know? Who around Mark Meadows knew? Uh, who hired Mark Meadows or recommended him to President Trump? I think that person should be in question and the president should probably never trust that person again either. Um, you know, Nick, what does this mean for our republic going forward if Ryan Fournier turns out, this turns out to be proven true, that Mark Meadows wore a wire his entire time as the chief of staff and spied on President Trump? Look, I, I think that pre- just based on the, the parts that I heard here, and keep in mind, guys, I'm standing here on a cobblestone road outside of a, 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 a quasi-Italian restaurant in New York City in the Chelsea district. Uh, and people are laughing at me, at me for saying that, and, and they're right for laughing at me. But uh, Mark Meadows, I don't know. Look, Matt, Mark Meadows, I don't think was the best hire that Trump could have made. I think there were a lot of other people that uh, Trump seems like a guy that is very trustworthy, right? Trump 
wants to be able to trust you, and I don't blame him. I'm the same way. I have the same fault. Where you come to me and you act like you're genuine, I have the problem where I trust that person way more than I should. And Mark Meadows may have been that guy. Uh, that Trump... Well, he took an oath of office, right? I mean, this guy is a Yeah, well, they don't give a fuck. I mean, you know that prodigal. Uh, oath of office. I mean, he... He could have taken it on your kitchen cookbook, and he would have said, said the same thing that he, uh, that he did when he took the oath of office on the, uh, the Bible, apparently. Matt, yeah. Matt yeah, you, let me jump in just for a quick second, and then I'll drop down so you can you know, rotate your speakers. I want to say to you, you know, as I ran last time, these people are so crazy they intimidated people who signed my petitions. They threatened to throw them in jail. If they don't get what they want, they are go will go to any lengths. And we're just talking about regular people, just voters, just constituents, okay? And they're willing to do that. So whatever they're willing to do to people like Mark Meadows and the like, God only knows what they're willing to do. But they will absolutely, I have letters from people I did never met in my life except for they signed my petition. And the congressman, a sitting congressman, an ex-FBI agent, sitting congressman thought that it was appropriate for his office to call these people, get my petitions, call these people on the phone and threaten to throw them in jail. So that's what we're dealing with. So, so we have to you know, bring that into it and how many people, you know, get feared up and what they're willing to do. So thanks for letting me, thanks for letting me jump in here again. I appreciate you so much. And I'm thanks, glad Caroline. you're feeling better. I'm glad you're feeling better, buddy. I'm feeling much better. Yeah. You know, God's good. That's, uh, you know, got me through all Hey, Matt, this. can I comment quickly on yeah, this? Absolutely, Joe. Come on. I know you got a show later. Keep going, buddy. Well, well yeah, I, I've, I've got to go do some, some interviews now in a minute, but I do want to throw this out there. The angle of the, uh, of the secret service is really, really troubling to me. And here's why you've got the FBI wiring up Mark Meadows, allegedly, according to Ryan. And Meadows is wired up the entire time, spying on his boss, the president, the entire time, according to Ryan. And then you've got the DHS that's also in the executive. And the DHS is where the Secret Service is based now. How could the Secret Service not know that he was wired up? You, you, um, I mean, the whole collusion thing now blows my mind. Think about it. If the, if the Secret Service knew that Mark Meadows was wired up by the FBI... How seriously are they taking protecting the president knowing that the whole scheme was to spy on the president to get rid of him as the, as the president? This really opens up a Pandora's box of, holy crap, what, what just went on here? The, the entire executive branch, it seems, you can make the connection, was, was out to get Donald Trump, the boss of the executive branch. It, it's, I mean, that tie in and of itself. Could the Secret Service not have known that, that a guy who was the closest guy to the president was, was wearing a wire? How could they not have known? Exactly. Pags, you're right. You. And if you think of foreign, you know, foreign uh, interference, I mean, give me a break. Like that would be so easily manipulated by that. You know, if they're not aware of, I would think something that would be second nature to check. Of course they're aware. Peter Strzok was, was texting his girlfriend, Lisa Page, about their insurance policy. Like people need to be able to read through the lines. You are led by treasonous, corrupt criminals who knew that once Trump got past Russiagate hoax, Ukraine gate hoax, etc., that he would finally be able to shed light on this treasonous 
bureaucracy that are rogue. They're rogue all over. You know, this is we never took care of the IRS years ago when they were going after conservative groups and, and, and religious organizations. This is these are institutions that act of their own volition, regardless of who's president. And they've had a uniparty president for decades while selling this nation out. And the first time you get an American first president, it's all hands on deck. Doesn't matter if you're Republican, liberal, independent. We have to destroy him because the cash cow is going to end. Well, Prodigal, I think you're 100% right, but the question still remains, do the people who are charged with protecting the president know what the FBI is doing? Do they know what the DOJ is doing? Are they, how could they not be? If Mark Meadows walks around everywhere the president goes, is he not checked regularly to make sure that he's okay? I don't, listen, somebody brought cocaine into the White House, so clearly Hunter Biden or somebody like him got in there with some cocaine, so not everybody is checked every day. I wonder what the system is. Is uh, the chief of staff, does he go or she go through the exact same security measures every day i'm guessing not and if they do the fbi had to tip off the secret service well this is my is the durham investigation over because i read a report months ago that it's winding down it's basically done like why is this coming out now you know if this was somebody who's going to investigate the investigators why you know this is it's just a cleanup cover-up job hunter biden's never going to jail because he's a ci and he sells out all his business partners and he gets immunity deals that's the same thing that was given to jeffrey epstein that we never got to the bottom to the, this is how they operate they take care of their own then they classify everything for 70 years hoping we forget or we're dead that, that's basically how the government's operated for decades now well you know and and again i'm Joe, thank you for pointing that out, because this is what I when I first jumped into this space about 30 minutes ago, I'm just hearing the news like everybody else. That was my first question, Joe, was that it's impossible that the Secret Service didn't know. Like, how did they not? So it's either one of two things. They're either incompetent, which I would never say that about the Secret Service, or two, there's something fishy going on here. So and, and there's a lot of other stuff, too, with a lot of people that are connected with the uh, Trump campaign that uh, I'll let them bring up uh, regarding Memo- Meadows. But uh yeah, this is just, I, it's unfathomable that the Secret Service somehow, way. now maybe they handled it internally. Maybe they found out that somebody was, you know, participating and they got rid of them. I don't know. I don't know what their hiring staff looks like, but I just have questions. It's just impossible to, for me to understand that they did not know. How did they not? They, they had to have known trash. There's no, there's no way that they didn't know from the Secret Service to the FBI. I think right now, hopefully President Trump is, is in meetings uh, with Jason Miller and people that I know he can trust. Jason Miller is a, a dear friend. And um, I, I hope that he's putting, he needs to start putting people around him, not just Jason Miller, but people that are actually fighting for him, not just somebody that's recommended by a bureaucrat or some dude that's got a little coin in his pocket. Um, he needs the Joe Pags and the, and the Matt Couches and the trash discourses and the, and the political savvies and the prodigals and people like that around him that will possibly give him advice he doesn't want to hear. But he needs some he needs some people around him that actually will not stab him in the back. And it, it seems like nine out of 10 people that are on that staff continue to stab him in the back. And they have for the last seven, eight years. Uh, I think it's time to go outside the box and look at who's really fighting for you, Mr. President, and put those people around you. And, and I think that's the only way that this can be um, you know, that this can be leveraged uh, in, in a positive light. You look at what's going on. and we, We're not even talking about the, uh, you know, the the primaries coming up in March where they scheduled his court date the day before, you know, Super Tuesday. He's got so much stuff going on right now with the Jack Smith thing, with the New York civil suit, with the Georgia Rico cases. He's got people like uh, like Jenna Ellis and, you know, and, and Sidney Powell who've taken plea deals against him. There's And I know people are saying, oh, well, that's because they don't want to pay the legal fees. It's still a plea deal. You don't get a plea deal 
uh, for doing nothing, folks. Uh, if you've ever been sued in federal court like I have for trying to uncover the truth, I promise you they don't they don't cut plea deals in court just just for shits and giggles. They just don't do it. So he's got people turning on him. He's got now you hear the Mark Meadows story. Uh, I sure hope uh, that I mean, meetings need to take place now. We're in the, we're a year away from an election and, and he needs to be in meetings now to secure his inner circle. And I'd have a hard time not, you know, not firing a ton of people if I were President Trump right now, Joe. And Matt, if uh, here's something that jumps out. I've got, I've got to go and do an interview here, but I, I want to throw this out there. If, if this story that Ryan is reporting is true and Mark Meadows just decided that he's going to work with the prosecutor in, in Georgia or, or no, who was it was with Jack Smith in, in D.C., that whole thing should go away. If this guy was wearing a wire and illegally surveilling the president of the United States, he shouldn't get some sweetheart deal to now turn on the president of the United States. The, the whole idea that he's now saying, well, we told Trump that he lost and he knew that he lost. Keep in mind, the whole Jack Smith case relies on the belief that Donald Trump knew he lost and tried to overturn the result. That's the, that's the he's got no other case other than that. Now, if Mark Meadows just now made a deal where he's going to cooperate with, the, with Jack Smith and say Donald Trump knew because we all told him that he lost. And, and he came out publicly and pretended like he didn't know. It, this deal should go away. Who's handing Mark Meadows a, a deal in a silver platter, knowing that, again, there was no reason for a warrant to surveil the president of the United States, period, end of story. We all know how, how BS that whole report was, that dossier was, and all the stuff around it was. So the idea that he somehow was surveilling him illegally do, should not allow him a sweetheart deal now to turn on the president in this Jack Smith deal. I mean, I'm trying to connect the, the, the dots here. I'm so glad that Ryan came up with this. I hope that it turns out to be foolproof and this is a real story because Mark Meadows should be behind bars. He shouldn't be making deals with Jack Smith saying that he knew the, the workings of the mind of Donald Trump after the election in 2020. I'm just trying to make it make sense in my brain, and it doesn't so far. I, I agree, Joe, and, and I think that's the big, big concern here is anyone who knew about this, like Joe said, not just Mark Meadows being in prison, but – if, it, if you're a Secret Service member, if you're with the FBI, anyone who knew about uh, this agreement to spy on a president, I don't care if it came down from Merrick Garland himself, Merrick Garland should go to prison. It's, it's unethical, it's unconstitutional, it's criminal in every way, shape, or form, and it jeopardizes national security in every way, shape, and form. Uh, when you think about the conversations that a president has to have with his military personnel, with his Joint Chiefs of Staff, with doing military strikes, and to think about that being on a frequency that's being listened to or recorded, the, if, a, if a foreign entity were to intercept, uh, you know, we, that, we, that President Trump was perhaps, let's say he's sitting in a, a Delta team to get out hostages over in Gaza, just using that as an example, and a foreign group uh, intercepts that, and that Delta team ends up getting murdered and killed over there while trying to rescue American hostages, and their bodies drug through the streets, and I'm just using this as an example, and paraded around. This could, this could lead to not only more wars, it could lead to more deaths. This can't go unanswered. Uh, Producer Gringo, what's up, buddy? I'll go out on a limb and say that uh, Bill Barr was um, very well aware of this. I, I, I would agree with that. A.G. Barr was probably definitely in on this uh, nonsensical BS. Uh, we got some hands up. I'm going to go to hands real quick. We got Derek Evans, Doc, and Alpha. Let's go Derek, Alpha, Doc. And then we'll go back up here to our panel, guys. I've got to run. Great space, guys. I'll be back in a bit. Thanks, Joe. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Uh, appreciate you, man. Happy to reconnect with you here on Twitter with my, my new Twitter account. But uh, look, I think that there's uh, a lot to unpack here. First of all, we got to understand that Ron Fournier is very credible. And he honestly, if you think about it, he has more to lose uh, if he's wrong and came out with this publicly than he would have to gain if he 
did this. You know, so I have no doubt that he is uh, confident in, in what he's saying here and has credible sources. Um, look, we've already said it. You guys have already said a lot. This is this is definitely criminal. I don't know how they could do this to a sitting U.S. president. We got the Biden crime family right now, but um, I don't think that we should be wearing a wire on on Biden with all the things going on in the Middle East right now, uh, whether I like the guy or not. Uh, that's just it's so much bigger than than our personal feelings. And then the other thing I, I just wanted to say is if if any of these people have to go to prison for uh, for, for their actions and all of this, um, I would not want to be them. And, I, and I'll just quickly say, you guys, all you guys know about now, you know, I was a January 6th political prisoner. When I got out of general out of solitary confinement in the general population, one of the first questions I was asked by the the the, uh, the people there was, and they found out for January 6th, did you snitch on President Trump? And I said no. And they said, well, you see that wall back there? And I said, yes. They said, if you snitch on President Trump, we're going to take you back to that wall and we're going to beat your ass. And so and that was it didn't matter what ethnicity these people were. It was everybody from every every walk of life you could think about. He is loved in prison. And so if any of these people have to go there for this, they are going to have a very bad day. And so as they should. And all these people should go to prison, if not worse, for what they've just done to President Trump. God bless you guys. I mean, that's the one thing, though. I mean, we say Trump. That's what the left and, and the Middle East, they, they didn't do this to Trump. They did this to the country. What they've done is treasonous. It's, it's unprecedented. It's, it's, it's something that requires that there be repercussions in justice if there's going to be any trust and any unity in a nation so divided from the crimes they've committed. I understand we all feel for Trump, but what they've done, they've made America bleed. And nobody has paid a price. Well, Not to your yet, point, Prodigal, you're, you're correct. It's, it's to the seat of the president of the United States. It's bigger than one person and one individual, which is why I would not want them to do this to Joe Biden right now, even though I despise the man. And I think that they're a crime family. It's the seat of the presidency. It's the integrity of that position and what it represents for our country. And if, if any if a foreign nation did this, it would be an act of war. Absolutely. One hundred percent. This would be an act of war. If this was a foreign nation who did this to our president. And so I would argue that this is almost an act of war. The FBI has declared on the uh, on, on the United States and it should be 100% defunded and abolished and um, everybody's involved with that and knew this was going on should be thrown underneath the prison hey, hey yeah, guys I, wanted, uh, I think we got to consider that this is a legal action I went back and checked uh, Paul Manafort's um, wire was approved by the FISA court and I wouldn't be surprised to learn that this wire was approved by the FISA court and I don't know if that was Matt or someone else who was suggesting that uh, maybe it was protocol who that you know that no one's been held accountable for all the bullshit that we know that happened with Russiagate and protocol I think it was protocol said that the Durham report's still active and there is a sealed uh, section of that report that that was not released to the public and there was inferences and discussions about that at the time when you know people were saying wink and a nod just wait and see so uh, I did take notice of a statement from from uh, Meadows' attorney responding to rumors that he had flipped, and his uh, I have to go back and look at it. But his his inference was no, that he hadn't flipped, and I and I and, and wait and see. And I took that to mean, well, there were lies about him flipping. But in context, I could see that within within the 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 quote that he offered, that this could have been what he was referring to. This meaning that Meadows was, in fact, a government agent 
watching Trump from the very beginning because of the concerns the quote unquote Justice Department had that that he was a Russian spy. So I, I understand that there's a lot of um, uh, energy toward um, thinking that this is illegal. And I guess my question is there from a legal standpoint is what what is the standard in Washington, D.C.? Is it a two party consent? Um, could Meadows have voluntarily gone in and worn the wire just on his own? Without- they couldn't force him. They couldn't force him to do this. I mean, even if you are right, which you may well be right, in the end, they're trying to renew FISA by year's end. If we have a new speaker. They should let it lapse. It's clear it's been abused. It's been weaponized against, you know, the, the, the office of the presidency. And at this point, if... You know, a private citizen who's powerful in his own right, let alone the the leader of the free world, cannot, uh, you know, uh, curb the abuses of the DOJ, FBI and their abuse of the FISA laws. It needs to lapse. And I think we need to make sure it does. Prodigal, I don't disagree. And I'm not going to the point where I'm making a judgment about the the motives of the people who did this. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, one, if it's confirmed by a second source. I haven't seen that yet. I do trust Ryan. I do think this is probably something that Trump's been sitting on, and that's why Ryan got well, it. If, if he was if he was an agent involved in this from the start before he was vetted and went to, underwent his background checks, he would have had to disclose this. So either well, he perjured himself or he did this voluntarily. But who's he it's disclosing that things. to, Prodigal? He discloses that to the FBI. They're the ones who did the SF-86 and the background check. And, and if he's their agent, they're not going to call that out. So I mean, know, I guess I, we'll see I, his paperwork. I mean, he would have I, to disclose these things, right? How how far into Trump's presidency did Mark Meadows become chief of staff? I don't about a year towards the end. He was there okay. about a year towards the end. Because that, you know, there's a good chance that he was approved and 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 pushed to be that position. They won. Then that shows you that they were planning to spy on him uh, from the moment that uh, Mark Meadows was named as chief of staff. This is so sad to say the least. They quit. Well, they never, they never have, right? And and the processes and the people that were spying on him have not been held accountable, as Prodigal suggested. And you know, they, the ones that we know that were identified um, through the Durham report or, or otherwise, we know that there are a lot more. There's an ocean of people more that are willing to stab Trump in the back and cooperate with the people that we have identified as, as being bad actors. So... Yeah, I, I, I'm still waiting for the, the, you know, the confirmation and exactly what excuses Meadows offers before I kind of move forward on this. It's, this is crazy that the hey, was- president, what they could have done with that information is in- incalculable. Right. With 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 bad intentions. They, well, they Doc, could- you know, the time of Meadows becoming chief of staff is suspect as well. When you look at when he became chief of staff, him leaving Congress, all of that basically done to become Trump's chief of staff. How long was this was this put in play to be part of the, uh, you know, to be part of the thing? You know, Meadows literally left Congress to become President Trump's White House chief of staff. You've got to look at that, uh, you know, as far as what were the aspirations here. This was planned out long, long, long in advance, like most operations are. And then you also have to look at the fact like what Trash is saying. The Secret Service had to have known something. So if I'm President Trump, I want to know, especially if I'm reelected, I want to know who on that detail knew. I want to know who in the FBI knew. I want to know who in the DOJ knew. And every one of them are going to be prosecuted and heads are going to roll to the fullest extent of the law. Uh, this is uh, this is insane. Everybody that knew about this, this is not something, you know, our, our founders, when they take, when they, if you watch the speaker thing yesterday with Mike Johnson, you know, 
every one of these guys takes an oath to defend this country against all enemies. And there's a key word in there, foreign and domestic. And they like to use that domestic word. The left likes to use it as, oh, it's domestic terrorists. No, 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 my friends. It is any enemy that is against this republic domestically that is trying to sabotage or overthrow this government. And what we're seeing is our own alphabet agencies are doing a lot more to undermine and overthrow this government than the people that they want to prosecute and persecute from parents at school board meetings and things like that that Merrick Garland has a hard on for. It's, it's absolutely disgusting what we're seeing right now. And in, and in all honesty, this is something I, I, I like I said, I'm not, you know, I know President Trump. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I was hoping to go to Mar-a-Lago November 1st uh, for Dinesh's movie, but I'm, I, I can't make it with my leg yet. I'm not quite ready. But, uh, you know, I got the invite. And, and the point I'm trying to make is President Trump, you know, I, I can't say enough about this guy. You know, send me a letter when I was in the hospital. I would do anything for him and his family. But the, but the most important thing I'm trying to get at is here is that he needs to get ahead of this. Jason Miller, if you're listening and, and you know, you're advising him, you're, you're another good friend of mine, great friend of mine. You guys need to get ahead of this. Trump should be at a podium by 6 p.m. This cannot this is this is one of the biggest stories. If it's, it's alleged right now, but I don't believe Ryan Fournier is making this up. I've known Ryan a long time. He works with Derek Utley. They've got X strategies. They're working directly with the Trump campaign. And, and like I think Prodigal said or Doc said, Ryan probably got this information from the Trump campaign anyway. So they've got this information. They've been vetting it. And uh, this, this is something that cannot go. I mean, the president has to address this. And by the way, we've got a new speaker in the House, Mike Johnson. You know, you need to be, Mike Johnson should be on the phone right now with Ryan Fortier and these congressional members, current and retired, that have called Ryan Fournier, as well as these confidential informants. This is the problem. This is why we wanted a new speaker in the House, because we want this kind of stuff to be held accountable, not for these guys to just spin their damn thumbs and do nothing as usual. That's the problem. This, this should be addressed. This is why we got rid of Kevin McCarthy. The House, I mean, the fact that we don't have multiple congressional members talking about this right now. If, if, this, was, if this was a Democrat, flipping the, flipping the script here, if the Democrats had caught a Republican doing this, for example, every Democrat congressional member from Ilhan Omar to Chuck Schumer would be tweeting about it right now. That's Matt, the difference Matt, in our party. Does and that's this surprise why we you? Does this surprise you? I mean, no, what has no, the, what, what the, the Biden regime done recently? Right now, Newsweek did a report that the FBI is gearing up to go after MAGA and anybody who actually believes in this nation and has patriotism. Right now, his DOJ appealed to the Supreme Court to start talking to and weaponize big tech and social media again. That This is a guy who is all out. He's still appealing to SCOTUS the vaccine mandates. Everybody thinks these battles are over. There's never been any repercussions. There's never been any justice for the crimes they committed. And while we're all focused overseas or on trying to make a paycheck here, he's still using these agencies to march along for the mandate, for the incestuous relationship with big tech and for everything else. The FBI, we're still public enemy number one to them. I mean, this is let's be honest here. This is a government that doesn't work for Americans and hasn't for a long time. It can't yeah. even work for the president who literally is their boss. We absolutely are prodigal. And I'm going to go over to Sean Farish here as well. Of course, Sean is the host of Ungoverned on LFA TV, uh, a good friend of mine, probably, in my opinion, the best Trump impersonator in the world. But uh, this is serious. If he wants to do a Trump impersonation, he's more than welcome. But I know uh, from what we're as this story continues to develop, Sean, this is just as criminal as it gets, my friend. Yeah, uh, thank you, Matt. Um, thanks for hosting the space. Obviously, this is uh, when I first read the news or heard the news. A uh, friend of mine, he sent a text to me and said, you know, Mark Meadows wore a wire. I started looking at it. So I don't know if anyone's brought this up, but um, Mark Meadows, 
uh, spokesperson, this is in the Gateway Pundit, Jim Hoff had put it out, has vehemently denied uh, that any of this is true. So coming from Meadows and his side, uh, he has denied that this that this took place. Now, he's probably not going to come out and go, yeah, I did it. Um, so as someone just brought up, you know, we have a new Speaker of the House. It's time to get this guy in under oath and find out what happened. I mean, you have to ask the questions and, and, and put this guy in a situation where he can't lie to you. Um, but number two, if this is true, uh, just just keep in mind that they have not stopped spying on Donald Trump since 2015, 2016 with Spygate and Russiagate. And, you know, they did the same thing to General Flynn, did the same thing to George Papadopoulos. And if this is true, and I want to be clear, I don't want this to be true. I don't I don't think anybody should want it to be true. But if it is true, this has to be the destruction of it. this has to be the last straw. The FBI has to be completely disbanded, uh, has to be completely defunded. It has to be completely dissolved. There's no there, there's no justification for having this this uh, uh, if you want to call it an institution, an agency, a bureau, whatever. There's no justification for having this thing go on any longer. And yeah, you know, you have a new speaker of the house that Trump seems to have faith in. You know, bring it up immediately. You know, you're about to be voting on a budget 45 days or not even 45 days at this point. There can't be funding for the FBI if this is true. But they've got to get Mark Meadows or somebody associated with this in front of Congress, under oath, so you can get the truth. Because Meadows' spokesperson on the Gateway Pundit uh, article is denying it, saying this is completely false and out of the twilight zone. But they're not under oath when they say that. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure what to believe. And unfortunately, we live in a country where I wouldn't put it above the FBI to do something like this because they did it. They spied on him while, you know, when he was the president. They spied on him when he was running for president. Uh, and, and they've been out to get Donald Trump, Peter Stroke said there was an insurance policy, right? I mean, there was, there was so much partisan behavior in, in, in favor of, you know, the Democrats and taking down Trump throughout his entire presidency that I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past uh, Mark Meadows to, to wear a wire and to be tempted to do something like this or, or kind of, you know, incentivized to do something like this. And finally, you know, D.C. is a one-party consent jurisdiction. So you do not need to tell anybody that you're recording anything. Uh, in Washington, D.C. So it's federal. Uh, the federal laws on wiretapping and recording is one party consent. And it is a one party consent jurisdiction. So is Florida. I'm oh, no, sorry. Florida is a two party consent state. Uh, but New Jersey, where Bedminster is, is a one party consent state, as is New York. So, um, you know, some some tight ropes to walk there. But uh, it is worth noting that um, uh, Mark Meadows spokesperson who has been with Mark Meadows for just about his entire career has refuted the claims, okay? So take that for what it's worth, but there are two sides to the story at this point. Uh, I, I sure hope this didn't happen. I hope this is some crazy misunderstanding, but again, if it did, uh, this is just Donald Trump and the FBI going at it since since 2015. I wouldn't put it past them, and uh, and it's, it's a disgrace. It has to lead to the destruction of the FBI if that's what happened. Trash, uh, Sean hit on a lot of points there. And, uh, you know, as this story continues to unfold, I'll reset the room. I want to tag in Trash Discourse here. Uh, my two uh, partners in crime, Trash Discourse and producer Gringo from the Mad After Dark show here, joining me to, in the co-host slots. So what we know, Ryan Fournier, who is the president of Students for Trump, works with X Strategies, one of the founders, very credible guy. Sorry, guys, I'm also trying to stuff some lunch in here. I've been on the air with multiple shows today. And he's basically got the goods. He's got the receipts that... Mark Meadows, former congressman, former Trump's chief of staff, wore a wire as instructed by the FBI during his entire time 
as chief of staff uh, for the Trump, for President Trump, which is a little over a year from what my numbers look like. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and check that. Uh, he's got congressional members. He's got confidential informants and current and former congressional members who have confirmed the, this to him. So with that being said, Trash, I'm going to tag you in here as the story continues to unfold. We're trying to get information, uh, but I can't imagine uh, what, you know, President Trump, you know, I believe he was in New York yesterday. I don't know if he's still in New York uh, with that idiotic civil case and Letitia James up there, but I, I can't imagine what President Trump, this, this guy doesn't need any more stress on him. He's got four lawsuits and he's running for president. It just seems like it just keeps piling on, buddy. It does. Uh, but I, I kind of brought this up earlier. I'll, I'll table the Secret Service question for, I've already said it twice. I'll leave that there. Um, I have questions surrounding that. Maybe it wasn't in the White House. Maybe there's some way when they were traveling. Maybe that's something different. Maybe that's when you wear it. I don't know. But uh, the other thing is, too, if that's the case, uh, you know, he spent, what, three, four years next to Trump and nothing came of those wires? We have nothing but BS cases out of Jack Smith and everything else. So that is a good sign. So if this did, did in fact happen and we get confirmation on this, it's at least a good sign unless they're hanging on to something that we don't know about. But again, it's kind of kind of prove the point one more time that no matter what they say about Trump in the press and this and that and the other and how they twist it, whatever it may be, the dude was always honest. And that's why they have to do all these attacks because they can't find anything that he's actually doing wrong. And I think that this is going to speak to that as well. So at this point, number one, I do have concerns uh, about national security. I have concerns if there was somebody in Secret Service that knew about it, if they found out internally, kept it quiet, fired the people, whatever, which would be most likely would happen if that was the case. Um, and nothing came out of that. I, I have concerns for our current president. I, I Listen, I am. you guys know me. I do not like Joe Biden, but he is the, the commander in chief of this country. And the implications that something should happen to him at all. It's very grave for the entire world. So I want to make sure. Hey, Trash, I don't want to cut you off at all. But, uh, Rob, we've got Robert uh, Bose here who was in the uh, the Trump White House. And if you want to pull him up here, he's, he's getting the speaker slot He's already well. up with his hand. Go ahead, Robert. Oh, hey, perfect, perfect. Hey, Matt, perfect. Trash, just picking up on Trash's point and, and the great, great uh, discussion so far. I, I'm, I'm in the camp of let's wait to get the facts out. And um, and I, I'll take take that denial at the, on Gateway as, as a part. But I want to talk about the motives in the time in office. So I, I just happened to be in, in the day, the last day Mick Mulvaney was in, in his office in West wing, I was meeting with him and it was the same day and Mark Meadows was walking in. They were actually doing the, the transition as, at the end of our meeting with, with Mulvaney. Uh, so that was March 31st of 2020. So uh, Meadows was only chief of staff from, you know, almost what, 10 and a half months, something like that. But he, but he did, he was traveling on trips, you know, he was on AF one and, um, you know, so if it, if it's this entire time as chief of staff, it would have been just for March 31, 2020 till the end of the administration. But, but if, again, like I pick it up on what trash said, if they had any, anything on it from recording, they, they would have brought it. We would have heard about it. Mark, Mark Meadows is a solid guy. I, and I, I want to get to the motives. Now I, I get calls every day now from media about the Georgia cases. They're, they're, they're looking for the, the, the mainstream press is looking for what they think of as a next scalp or next person to plea. They, I, you know, it's like, who's, you know, they're, they're calling me, what I call all the lawyers. They're trying to figure out who's going to flip. I think that's a part of a bigger narrative that's false. They, they want to keep the drumbeat out there like, you know, oh, President Trump's bad. He's, no, he didn't do anything wrong. Nobody did anything wrong. Even the people that pled were coerced to lie in their plea agreements. 
So maybe there was an immunity agreement with with Meadows in in uh, the J6 case. But there there somebody I think the motive is to to hammer that in the mainstream press right now to make it seem like there's this big intrigue and there's this flipping going on. I don't buy it at all. I, I think it's not going to happen. And, and um, they, they think they just want a narrative out there that, you know, there's you know, that President Trump did something wrong. See, we've got these people that are, are pleading guilty, you know. Never mind the fact that they were coerced to do so or that the pleas that they they offered were t- total BS pleas anyway for misdemeanors or a felony about that had nothing to do with RICO, nothing to do with interfering with with uh, or, you know, computer breach. All their main all the prosecution's main charges are falling away. Uh, and then my last one is on on uh, Secret Service. So, you know, um, Meadows came in with clearance from Congress. Right. And then he switched over to get, um, you know, clearance from the White House. So as Secret Service, you, you would think they wanted, I'll take the Pags and, and Prodigal, very astute comments. You, would, you don't want anybody surveilling anything uh, in, in, in particular discussions with the president of the United States, right? But um, Secret Services, they just, once you get that clearance and you come and go into your office, they don't know what, whether you've got like a Walkman or something, whether it's transmitting. They, they, that's not, I don't think that's their job. They, it ought to be if, it, you know. I think they trust the officer to do, you know, to do what they're what they're doing. It's certainly possible that there was there was a wire, you know, somebody doing something. But I, I I'll take uh, I, I'm more skeptical. I think this is more of a hoax about about the me- the press, the mainstream press trying to keep this drumbeat alive about the indictments and the, and the Georgia hoax and all that. It, I just don't think there's anything to that. They want that the flipping getting getting people to flip is is a uh, a weak argument on the on the press side i feel so much smarter now because i said that to robert and that you backed me up on that i am feeling like the smartest woman alive right now so yay hey, so oh, I, you know, today, I could i could certainly could be wrong i mean who knows the fbi no, does, say does that, record and the other thing another point about this is that there people operated in the West Wing and EOB executive office building, s- assuming things were wired and the building was wired. And, you know, and people, you know, they, they, they generally did the right thing. But the more important thing is, what if it's an outside? What if, what if there's real surveillance and spying going on for national security issues, major issues? That's a big problem that we need to they need to address that. The uh, FBI needs to address it. Secret Service needs to address it. Content like this feeds to the idea of this people don't pay attention to what they know they pay attention to what they believe i don't know if that makes sense but they got to feed into the narrative feed into the narrative so even if this is true i believe that president trump played everything by the book and like i was saying earlier they're going to use this outtakes you know they're going to make these wild you know you know, confirmed, but uh, whistleblower that we have to protect all the games that they played within the law. And, and for your, your followers and everyone listening here, I don't know if you know, but in 1964, there was a case between New York Times Company and Sullivan, which was about libel at the end of the day. And pretty much if you're a U.S. elected official, you cannot be awarded libel damages. For the attorneys in here, please uh, correct me if I'm a little wrong on my language here, but you cannot be awarded libel damages, which means they could say pretty much whatever they want about President Trump and the newspapers can run with it 
without any repercussions. Yes, he could sue, but it's only bark. It's no bite. There's nothing he could do. So I see this as another marketing campaign against President Trump, and they come in many different ways. That's how I see the events here today. I agree with that, Jack. And I was going to jump in here while we got Robert. So, Robert, just so you know, I don't know if you know the schematics of this, but it it wasn't the mainstream press. It was actually Ryan Fournier with X Strategies and uh, Students for Trump that broke this story. Uh, Ryan says he's got multiple congressional members that have confirmed it, as well as uh, former and current congressional members, as well as confidential informants. What does that mean to you, knowing that it didn't come from the mainstream liberal press, that it's coming from actual Trump people that are breaking this story here uh, on uh, on on your Thursday? I guess. I mean, it, it's. I don't. I've known Ryan a long time. I don't think he's a guy that makes things up or lies. He's not a news guy that normally would put this kind of stuff out. Uh, but I think he felt like he needed to. And uh, just going back to Robert Bose here, I want to see what Robert's thoughts are that this came from Ryan Fournier. Yeah, I think your read of Ryan is very good. He's he's not going to put anything out that is hasn't been some kind of sourcing going on to it. But what, who were the members of Congress? So who who were the people that that gave it to him? Though there could be. I, I just I'm skeptical about the motives from that. It could be plants, you know, um, the, the media could be calling them. Uh, I, I just I, I just know what I'm hearing about the the you know, what Sidney Powell did, Ken Chesbrough, um, the, you know, the pleas. They, they really do want these additional pleas to kind of keep that in the news, because now we don't have a trial until March. Right. There's going to be some news about motions and witnesses and subpoenas that's going to come out, in, you know, between here and March. But. But right now, the, all the press has to keep, keep it active is, you know, trying to say, well, which of the next 15, 14 remaining are going to, you know, going to cop a plea deal. Um, and you know, there's this the story yesterday, you know, that look at when the immunity story came out. That was ABC that broke that. I got a call immediately. They wanted to comment. You know, ABC is like, oh, um, he's going to flip. He's doing an immunity deal in, in, in D.C. How's that going to affect Georgia? I mean. I think it's I think it came from ABC to begin with. And you may be right on that, Robert. Maybe he got his information from a, you know, from an ABC journalist or, or something along those uh, those lines. And um, just a heads up, say some prayers for our military out there. Uh, multiple bases on lockdown right now based on some threats. So uh, say some prayers. This is in the United States, by the way. This is, uh, you know, say some prayers out there for some of these military bases that I'm seeing that are going on lockdowns right now. Just want to get that out there and, and, and do that real quickly. Um, folks, reset the room real quick. We've got a lot of we've got a great panel here. I'm going to go to Alpha Warrior next. He has his hand up a long time. Uh, and then I'm going to go to Name Redact because he had his hand up. But this situation developing story, obviously, uh, Ryan Fournier, president for Students for Trump, X Strategies, uh, coming out with the information that Mark Meadows wore a wire uh, by the FBI when he was the chief of staff for President Trump. Uh, once again, I, I think he's probably got the goods on this. But like uh, Robert Bose said, who who orchestrated this? Who was involved? I think there's a lot of questions that are going to go around the horn. Let's go to Alpha real quick, and then we'll go over to Name Redacted here, guys. No, appreciate it, brother. Uh, real quick, um, with the questions with the you know, FBI, Secret Service, their powers do run concurrent. Now, with that being said, both of them, when it comes to their intel units, all answer and coordinate with the office of the DNI. So it's... Who, which DNI knew about it? Because I think there was four or five of them during Trump's presidency, and I, I wasn't sure if you said it, Matt, or if it was savvy. But it's too risky to get, you know, Meadows as an informant while he's already the chief of staff. 
this is something that's going to be prior to him taking that office. And, and that's why you got to look at who were the DNIs during all of Trump's presidency, even before Mark Meadows became the chief of staff, and then start looking at who put him into position, who were the ones that were in Trump's ear to try to be, make Mark Meadows the chief of staff. And then my only worry, um, and I agree with, with uh, Robert on this, if, you know, if they had it, we probably would have heard about it. However, looking at the way the DOJ has been operating the last two and a half years, I wouldn't put it past them that they didn't have something significant. But with Trump going through these indictments and to see what kind of statements he makes, they can use it to try to set up a perjury thing because we're well within the statute of limitations from any alleged crime that they want to do. So this could be something that they had on his or holding in their pocket to come after him later with. Yeah, I agree with that, Alpha. And I mean, I think that's something that's got, oh, there's a lot of things you have to be looked into. Like Trash said, the Secret Service's involvement. Uh, someone had to have known about this to a degree, I would think, with the agencies, the FBI's involvement, like you said, the DNI. Uh, you know, name everything that we're hearing right now. Um, what's your take on, I mean, from a legality standpoint, obviously we know about threats against the sitting president, but what about spying on a president? And, uh, and I'm going to go over to Justin after you name. Well, I think we need to, you know, this is just one report. We don't, you know, we don't know if it's true. Okay. We need more information first, but assuming it's true and Mark Meadows wore a wire his whole time. So a year or so, um, You know, most of the focus of this conversation has been like, oh, to entrap Trump if he's committing a crime or whatever the hell is going on. But that's not necessarily the case. Um, It could be just for surveillance in general, because Trump was very um, anti FBI to a degree. So they just want to know what their, you know, quote, enemy is thinking and plotting could just be that. Um, could also be uh, surveillance on other people that were in the administration that could have been maybe spies working for a foreign government. You just don't know. Uh, there's probably, I think it's safe to say, if Mark Meadows is wearing a wire, wasn't just to surveil or record conversations with Trump because Mark Meadows is talking to a lot of people all day long, correct? So, you know, I think you have to look at the broader um, scope of that assuming this is true, of course. And I'll say it again. Okay. There are other people working in that white house that would never have passed a background check. Okay. And one person comes to mind and a lot of people in this panel know who I'm talking about. Okay. Don't matter if you had breakfast with them at your home. Okay. Um, There's people in that white house that shouldn't have been there. And the, and the, and there should be questions on why they were there, who brought them in there, and what they were doing. Okay, so Mark Met again to sum up, Mark Meadows wasn't probably just uh, for Trump. It was most likely other people as well, and we don't know the full scope of it. So, you know, good story by Ryan, but like I want to hear more on this. And if 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 it's true about Meadows, he was not the only one. Guarantee you that. In fact, that room's probably wired up before Obama even left office. Okay. Oh, so. 100%. I mean, and most of the buildings that, for those who don't know, most of the buildings in Washington, D.C. are wired, whether it's the Willard or the Sofitel or the JW. I uh, hate to break it to you if you're staying at those hotels. That's been known uh, from the alphabet agencies for, for years when, when foreign people stay there that those things are wired and they're being listened to. They know it. 
uh, the, the other, you know, other governments know it. So that's just a, that's just a, a known thing, like names pointed out. I'm sure the White House is the exact same way. Uh, I'm going to reset things here with Justin as well, folks. I don't I don't care. This is not a political issue to me. I mean, some people may say it is. Now we Trump's in there because, of course, he was the president at the time. He's in the title. This shouldn't matter. I'm not a Joe Biden fan by any means, but it doesn't matter who the president is, whether it's Joe Biden, whether it's President Trump, whether it's Ronald Reagan, Barack Obama. It doesn't matter. This cannot be allowed spying on a, you know, having that kind of thing going on during a presidency. It could jeopardize national security, especially when we're talking the chief of staff. He's in on National Security Council meetings. He's going to probably be there when President Trump or whoever is talking to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The, you know, we're, you're talking about military decisions, military strikes. He's there for all of that. And so the fact that, that, that a government agency is, I'm really tired, you know, Justin, of government agencies, people that aren't elected, having more power than those we elect as constituents as, and as Americans. And that's something that I think has to really start to change in this country. Hopefully with his new speaker, we'll see some of that. He talked about bringing the power back a little. Mike Johnson did. Justin, what's your take on all this? I know you know Ryan Fournier as well. Ryan's not a guy that normally makes things up. I've never seen him do it. Known him a long time. What's your take, Justin? Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you here, Matt. This would be one of the biggest stories of the last 25-plus years. I can't, I can't imagine that this is the case. If it is, it, it is just awful. You guys know I'm not a, a, a huge acolyte of President Trump's there. But I, I would. This is absurd if this is true. I, I can't imagine this is the case. Maybe there's something, you know, I, I was rereading Ryan's tweet here. Says he wore a wire, right? I'm thinking now of, and I think it, it was Rosenstein who wore the wire or recorded when when Trump was uh, showing off some of the papers to friends at Mar-a-Lago. But I, I'm just trying to rack my brain. When would he have worn it? Uh, because uh, you know, after basically after January 6th, I think Trump and, and Meadows kind of parted ways. I mean, there was a lot of tension going on. And so I, I don't think Meadows was a, a, a frequenter of Mar-a-Lago after that time. So it must have been then. Maybe he wore it uh, during some of the, the, you know, in the tent at the January 6th thing. I don't know. But that's insane if that's the case. Um, I, I can't imagine any of that is terribly ad admissible in some of these things, too. It's just I, 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 who signed off on that wire, right? A completely weaponized DOJ is what who would typically sign off on. And we're seeing a lot of that. So but, Justin, I'm with you 100 percent. It's kind of where I was landing earlier when I said, you know, maybe it wasn't the White House. Maybe it was in a few select places. Although, you know, kind of what we've heard here. And I would like to get some people that have more of an intimate uh, knowledge with the Secret Service and, and the FBI uh, up here to kind of help me through this a little bit. Because, it, like, that was why my first question was the Secret Service, because their number one duty and job is to protect the president. Therefore, it's one of two things. Right. It's either the story maybe was somehow inserted into this conversation, like uh, through Ryan, un, you know, unwittingly by Ryan, because, I, like I said, I agree. I, I think Ryan is excellent. So it's like, okay, this is why I'm taking it way more seriously is because where it's coming from. But then, okay, number two, how in the hell did this get by the Secret Service? So, and then number three, to your point, who, who signed off on this in DOJ and FBI? That's just crazy to me. And I'll kick it back to you, Matt. Sorry. No, you're good. I've got uh, tons of text conversations going here with folks as people are trying to vet this information and, and, and basically to 
to let everybody know this is this is alleged at this point. We don't have verification, but you know, Ryan Fournier is not a guy. Once again, I'm gonna keep reiterating that he's not a guy that makes things up. It's just not who he is. It's not his mo. It's it's nothing along those lines. And so, if Ryan is saying this, you know, I think there's got to be, you know, there's got to be something to it. If if Ryan is saying this, so I, I want to bring some different folks up here too. We're not gonna kick a whole lot of people out because we've got a great panel, but. I, I do want to bring a few more sp- folks up here that, that can add some uh, light on this and some insight. Just hey, Matt, I'll hey, drop hey, down. Matt, you go ahead, I'll question, drop down. Hey, Matt, a question. What, you know, why wouldn't we have heard this, you know, in the J6 committee from Cassidy Hutchison? Wouldn't have she have talked about this then? If, they, you know, they were looking for any dirt they could possibly do, and she probably just made up stuff anyway. Wouldn't it, wouldn't this have kind of come out if she, if this were was her true? You would have thought with all of the people that they pulled in to testify. I mean, I'm, I'm not shy about this. I've talked about it on different shows, you know, four or five days after, you know, uh, January 6th, I had the FBI in my living room. So I know what Robert's getting at. They've talked to so many people, how this didn't come out, you know, two, three years ago. I think that's what you're alluding to, right? Right. How did people not uh, know about this? Uh, Because they, they were very thorough in their investigations. Um, But there were so many people that testified, you would have thought this would have came out. Uh, But I mean, unless he's a confidential informant, I, I mean, that would be the only thing I can think of Robert is if, Mark Meadows is a confidential for, informant, and then he's not. Uh, then that's why it didn't come out. That would be the only thing, and they're protecting him uh, because of what he knows or what he what he what he recorded. That's the only thing that really comes to mind, and I guess that's that's a possibility. Uh, Storm's got his hand up here. I'm going to go around the horn here to Storm and Destiny as well. Storm, what's up, buddy? Yeah, Matt, appreciate you. I'll try and keep it short. You know, if I'm looking at this and trying to play this game, you know, I would think this would have come out much uh, quicker. And just due to the fact that during the presidency, I don't think there's very many people in Washington that wanted him in power and wanted him in office. So even if he was a confidential informant, with all the depositions, with all the research, with all the investigations, you know, all of those guys and gals would have found some way to bring this up. So what I'm thinking about strategy-wise that, you know, the other side is playing, especially the, uh, the alphabet agencies, is, look, we're going to take him down civilly. We're going to try and indict him and take him down criminally. And then if we have to use the ace in the sleeve, this might be it. However, you brought up a great point, and so did Trash. We think about classified and top-secret information, talking about with the former chief of staff, that that is highly sensitive information. So where does the jurisdiction fall or the responsibility fall? Does it fall with the Secret Service? And I would be willing to bet that if he was wearing a wire, the DOJ or the FBI or any alphabet agency already has this information in real time. How was this not leaked? Because the folks who have this information, if it's true, would have immediately used that and weaponized that to take this guy out much sooner than now. Because we're only looking at an election cycle of 2024, and we're talking about four years where 2016 to 2020, anything could have been recorded in that time. So I'm curious to see exactly how um, their game is being played right now because – you know, taking a step back and looking at this, I might not be the smartest guy in the world, but to me, this would be the most damning information if there is anything legitimate or credible to where they would have immediately used it and not sat on it until just now. So that's my thought. That's my perspective. Would love to hear any thoughts if anyone in, you know, maybe more in-house would be able to comment. We're in a story that. right now, right? It's been a couple hours. You cross-check this with any major media organization. It's highly unusual to go you know, more than 30 minutes, let alone two hours with no major outlet commenting on this story. You know, like, does anyone else find that unusual or is that, is that just me or am I wrong? Is it, 
outside I, of line. I form. think the accusations they're called, the ramifications and the accusations, uh, if uh, the story ends up being true, uh, I think it would be massive. And nobody really wants to put their fingerprint on that uh, until they know for sure, because this is one of those things where if this is true, uh, this is not going to be one of those things where they're going to have committees about it. People are going to go to prison, many people for a long, long time. Uh, and a major think- criticism just before, you know, top of mind, at the end of the Trump administration, we're talking about the D-class of the Crossfire Hurricane documents. FBI takes them back, and who hands them over to the FBI? None other than Mark, none other than Mark Meadows. So, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's quite a bit of questionable <laughs> yeah. activity there. Yeah, no, it's very sketchy. Look at how he, he left Congress to become the chief of staff, and then that situation, too, with the Crossfire Hurricane and then some other things that he said uh, under oath. It, it, I think Mark's a good guy. I mean, I don't, I don't want to bash Mark here until we know more because I've never had any bad experiences with him. I've shaken his hand a few times. I don't really want to go into bashing Mark Meadows until I know more, um, because, I mean, I, I know people that know him, you know, and, um, and I don't think he's in this space. I hate – I don't want to really dox people. You know, talking with, you know, Kalen Dore, you know, Trump's CMO, you know, who, um, you know, Trump says, you know, hey, man, he said, could be true, but Mark's a pretty good dude. You know, so it's one of those things where uh, I think we got to be very, very careful with, with this situation. It's, it's very fluid. It's new. It's only happened – in the last couple of hours, like Call said, so let's just see where this thing uh, where this thing comes up, uh, you know. Uh, and so it, it's one of those things where let me uh, let me get up here to um, to uh, producer Gringo here. I'm going to toss over to him and trash. I've got to I've got to run real quick. Yeah, I think the other thing that's kind of striking with the reporting by Fournier is um, it certainly seems like. It was almost a common knowledge that this was going on um, with his reporting because he's like, yeah, people in Congress, people in the media, it seems like, I mean, I don't know if somebody started talking in D.C., but there's not a lot of secrets that get held tight over there. I mean, let's just be honest. Ryan doesn't break a lot of news. So for him to put his neck out and his credibility and his reputation on the line, I, I agree. We should wait to hear more. But Ryan doesn't break news. So I think... You know, if you're asking me, gun to my head, do I believe it or not? I probably believe it. This is not something where I think he would just sacrifice his reputation and credibility unless he had, you know, clear sources. But we'll wait and see if that's not the case. Yeah, prodigal to that point. I'm very much a 48 hour rule guy on most things, especially stuff like this. It's just really hard for me to swallow. Like, it, it doesn't seem implausible that it happened. Same time, it's Ryan. But then again, too, there's just so many holes and questions in the whole thing. So. This uh, the forty eight hour rule. Hopefully, we can get some more information because I, I this is the only reason I'm spending this much time on it. Because normally I'd be like, all right, I'll wait and see what this what happens here. But all those other factors that I just named, it's like, man, I don't want to be first. I'd rather be right. But that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Destiny, go ahead. Hey, thanks, Trash, for bringing me up. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm driving right now, but uh, I love this conversation and I'm honored that I've let to speak. I want to say that there's something that I find really alarming with, you know, the possibility of this being true. Wiretapping a sitting president is absolutely unacceptable, but it's happened before in history. If if people remember, this happened to President Kennedy. They actually wired and removed his own personal wires out of the Oval Office, and they even wired his bedroom, because you can go to the archives and listen to him sleeping with Marilyn Monroe if you want to, which, you know, they were supposed to, of course, never do that again, but the possibility, historically, there is a context. There definitely is this possibility, but with modern technology, my concern is 
and, and people were mentioning this earlier is how is secret service not seeing this in that would only imply either it's A, not true, or B, our secret service is compromised either technologically or because there's some sort of tryst between members and the, the agenda to get this information must have been on a need-to-know basis within. So we, we're stuck with either it's true or it's not, and we are faced with if it's true, we have a serious problem with our national security on a very, very serious level. Um, but I just wanted to throw in there that this has been done before, unfortunately. And um, that, you know, that tells me that they're, if it's true, it's because they really do find Trump a threat. I don't know why Meadows would consider him necessarily a threat. But, um, you know, they, they don't do that unless they are really, really against whatever that person in power is doing. So we all know that they consider Trump a, a massive threat. He's the threat. So I'm not surprised. I am surprised that this isn't you know, everywhere. And, and I'm hesitant to trash. I'm, I'm sitting on the fence waiting to see, you know, give me some, my sources, give me some source, and then maybe I'll, I'll jump on it. But for now, it's just, it's a mess. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it's not true, honestly. But that, I'll end there. Man, I appreciate it, Destiny. I agree with you. And uh, Kyle, I'm glad you joined us. I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm glad you're up here to give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, just a few seconds. I'm in a, an airport, so I'm going to be jumping off after this. But here's my uh, my takeaway from looking at it it may or may not be true. We don't know the information enough to, to just evaluate that. But what you can consider is the source, which I think is really important. If you want to go and leak a negative Trump story, are you doing it with Ryan Fournier? Is that where you're going to do that? You guys are assuming that this would show something negative. I think it would actually show something exculpatory, which is that this weaponized DOJ has been doing what we all have been saying they've been doing at a level that's even more incredible. I learned today that the uh, Jim Jordan's office participated in a probe with the Office of Inspector General from DOJ, and that information was shared with across across a uh, Chinese wall to criminal investigators at Washington Field Office, which they're not supposed to do. So there's a lot of things that are happening right now that are not supposed to be happening. And if this is one more leak in that dam, I think it actually cuts the way um, against the Bureau. It actually doesn't cut in the way that you guys are discussing it. It would more likely be exculpatory. It's worth noting that just when you consider a, uh, the right doctor, you're going to get the certain type of diagnosis. When you consider who is leaking the information, which is why the news leak uh, that we heard from Newsweek the other day, it's like, OK, that was beneficial for the bureau. That was actually a threat to people that they were calling anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremists. They went to a friendly news article, you know, source to leak that information. This is the way it kind of plays out. So when you see where it's breaking, you learn about why it's breaking as well. And that's worth noting. It's worth just considering it in the, the grander scheme, as you guys kind of speculate. Um, that's my only takeaway from it. And as you said, when people don't break stories and they are unlikely to be cl uh, clout chasing on on Twitter, because I don't think that's what Ryan is doing, then you have to say, well, is this just so like wild that he felt like he had to share it? Or did someone come to him and say, look, I have no other way to do it. And you're the laundry. You're going to be the one I'm laundering this information through. That also seems pretty plausible right now. And it could be because there's a number of people that are working. I had six agents reach out to me and said, I, I don't know if this is true, but I wouldn't put it past the Bureau at this point, And this organization can't be saved, even though the work I'm doing is good. There's a, a number of agents. I had multiple independent sources from multiple field offices reach out to me and say that today. And nobody believes that this is necessarily false on its face. That tells you something very, very bad about the FBI. That's coming from people that work for it and get their paycheck for it and their livelihood and their families are dependent on this agency and they don't think it can be saved. That's a bad, bad place for us to be as a country. And like I said, it, it's, it's very unlikely this guy is cloud chasing at this point. Anyway, I'm going to jump on a plane here in just a minute. I'm flying to Vegas, so I'll probably have some surveillance on me because we're going to go release uh, police state tomorrow to the people. So that'll be fun. I've been looking for my Fed tail.
if you guys see him, tell him I said hi. Kyle, it's, it's been crazy too, Kyle. Like uh, I've been trying to go see that movie. It's sold out everywhere near me here in Phoenix. I can't even go see it. So congratulations and kudos on that, by the way. Hey, Kyle, it's it's going to stream question, tomorrow. Kyle. Tomorrow night, you guys can buy the tickets on uh, policestatefilm.net. It's going to be streaming for anybody that wants to see it. So you can watch it in your underwear if that's what makes you happy. <laughs> you don't have to go to a theater. You can uh, pour yourself a stiff drink, which you might need. And uh, we've had a lot of people. I had uh, agents tell me they went and saw it, and they had no no notes that were uh, saying that we were exaggerating anything. We didn't step over any lines with this movie, I don't think. Yeah. So, so, people, so I think Kyle, they'll appreciate if the it. story about uh, Mark Meadows is true, would you think that it's possible other people were wearing a wire? doing the same thing i have no idea um if, if that's on the table then anything's on the table but uh it's mm, it's not a good situation it's look that that crosses a line like when i was working counterintelligence the rule was if we wanted to actually get even just a member of congressional staff we were supposed to get uh adic approval and it was supposed to go over to main justice for approval there were there's incredible amounts of permissions you need to get to just recruit people from another branch of government and going up to the top of your own branch of government that seems it seems outside the realm of things that they would have the ability to do. But we're also talking about a guy who had FISA warrants on him, you know, and, and people denied it for as long as they did. But they, they literally broke the law in order to get a FISA warrant on this guy. So, like I say, I don't think it necessarily cuts against Trump. I think it cuts against the legitimacy of the agency. And I think that's going to be the thing we're going to continue to see, that we've just seen the complete guardrails removal and just absolute insane behavior from these people. And um, if that's the case, then, you know, all bets are off as far as what normal protocol would be. Um, I, yeah. I would appreciate it so, if you unblock me hey, name. and uh, DM me. Yeah, you guys Kyle. can handle it in a DM, though. I don't want to do the space. Yeah. Storm, go ahead. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah, you know, I, I'm playing a game here in, in my head, and I'm wondering, okay, let's say he did wear a wire. I think Trump is smart enough to know that he probably didn't have true, too many loyalists or friends in the office to where he had to be somewhat careful or guarded about what he talked about, even if it was his chief of, chief of staff. So, you know, as I'm looking at this, I don't know. Let's just let's play along. Let's say it's true. Let's say he did wear a wire. It might not be the information that's damning. What really the issue is, is if this does go to trial and if there is something where he's indicted on, it's the interpretation of the judge or the jury to figure out if it was wrongdoing. And I just still can't wrap my head around any of these indictments because we're talking to um, a partisan court. There's no way it can be objective and down the middle because when's the last time a president was ever tried? Never. And, you know, when's the last time a president has ever been indicted? I don't think so. So if you have a weaponized justice system and it is partisan, they're going to find the judges or the jury to make sure that, you know what, even if it wasn't the damning evidence like they had on the Ukraine call, you know, and, and there's an impeachment about it and there's an acquittal and then there's another impeachment. And now there's four indictments. I'm not seeing this um, as a positive even if there was nothing on there that really was wrongdoing. So, I, I, you know, we, we try to play these things out in our heads. And I wonder, Trash, in your opinion, let's just say there's nothing there. Do you think they could make something out of nothing like they did in the last six times they tried to go after this guy, either in impeachment or through indictment? Oh, sorry. I think as we've seen uh, over, the, over the course of, we you know, the, the old saying is you could indict a ham sandwich. Uh, you know, that's true. Uh, and, and so I think that they could twist and find something that they want. I mean, it's been completely disingenuous that they've twisted things around. We saw with the January 6th unselect committee what uh, Congress can do behind parliamentary uh, immunity. We've seen what the DOJ can do. I think Kyle made a very important point about how, the, how far this goes up. And it would have to go over to DOJ, right? And this is why I brought it up earlier. I was like, it's, it's not just 
an agent in the field office or, 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 or mid-level management type director, assistant director role. This has to go through Maine. And so, but we've seen what Maine Justice did through the impeachment, through Russiagate, through all, and like these bad Pfizer warrants, Carter Page. We've seen all this. So it's not out of the realm of the possibility that, that yes, that they, they could then create some kind of court. But the only reason I say right now that they probably already looked to do that is because of these ridiculous indictments coming out of D.C. from Jack Smith already. They would have used Jack Smith through this anyway. So I, I don't see any new cases coming because I don't think there's anybody besides Jack Smith, who is an absolute joke, who's had all of his stuff torn apart by the courts, um, that, that anyone would touch it. It seems to be this is radioactive. And I think there's some writing on the wall for people that would like to keep their jobs moving forward. And I also see a, I see a very desperate and very weaponized FBI, as we've seen. And I want to go see that police state movie as well. I thought <clears throat> I'm sure that he and Dan and everybody did a great job on it. So I'm looking forward to that. But well, Trash, that's my yeah. point. Exactly. Well, and if you don't mind me saying, I'm looking at people who want to keep their job. but We're also looking at people who are going after him and they're protected in some way, shape or form. And we're looking at lower level people here. We're talking about a Letitia James who is not at the top of the list when it comes to it. But somehow she will get out of this unscathed. We have congressional uh, members who went out unscathed on impeachment. And now Jack Smith is, you know, the guy who is trying to get that. And he knows his case is flimsy and he's hollow. But I, I just think that the more you tr continue to pin on something, the more the reputation of the public perception continues to go down. But it's clear to certain people like myself that now it's just almost a joke. It's the cry wolf syndrome. It's like, look, go after him once, he wins. Go after him twice, he wins. You can go after him 45 times and he wins, but the other side that doesn't see that, they just see him as evil person. That's what scares the heck out of me because people can't see through the legitimacy of the claims. And I guess that's where, and I do want to go see that movie too, but uh, you know, with that, I love The Room uh, and I love the, and I appreciate you, you know, letting me speak on this, but I'm just seeing this for what it is. And even if it is true, I don't see anything damning because I feel like it should have come out already because they've thrown the book at this guy and they're going to continue to. So it's almost like they're reaching at this point. Yeah. I... If you look back to last month also, uh, I don't know if anybody read the release of the whistleblower complaint from Jonathan from Buma. Um, it didn't make a lot of stories, but if you read through that complaint, the DOJ also had a confidential source uh, attached to Giuliani recording conversations. Um, so I would suspect, you know, we're at the beginning of of the unraveling of a at least, a, you know, a couple more. If if nobody saw Mark Meadows coming as a potential wire, potential confidential informant, I, I can't imagine there's not others. I don't know if anybody disagrees with that. But no, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, and uh, the unraveling. And it, may, and it does it does beg the question if this is being put out and it's legitimate information that there's now they're starting to move towards what a PR cleanup operation within the FBI. That's a question I'm asking myself in my head. I don't want to put that on the space, but it is a question I'm asking because I'm like, listen, listen, the FBI, like Kyle just mentioned, like they are not looking so good to the public. I mean, even when stuff happens in Maine, like it happened, and I'm not going to bring up that entire thing. All I saw was everyone blaming the FBI. <laughs> like, so they, so it, it, it does beg the question and who it leaked through or who came out, who came out too, which I think is a rhyme would be a solid source on this, given everything that we've mentioned in the space, what is actually going on? And is there an unraveling completely happening right now? And are they trying to shift and move? Cause we saw, I've seen this, I pay close attention to the impeachment inquiry 
And I saw a lot of people that would have been involved in this shift and move and try to put blame solely on like Hunter Biden or Joe Biden when they could have been implicated in this. And there's a lot of people being very quiet during those investigations that I know are wrapped up in it as well. So it, it, this is interesting to see how it all shakes out. Matt, I don't know if you're back with us here. I'm going to, if you're, I know you're eating your sandwich and. Yeah, I'm, I'm back, buddy. I'm back. Uh, I've, I've been trying to do a laundry with one leg has been an adventure. It's kind of fun. Uh, it's challenging. You don't have to lift dumbbells now. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. And I was on the phone there with Nick's order too. So um, yeah, just lots of different stuff uh, kind of moving and moving parts. And I think that at the end of the day, this is going to be one of those things where it will be, one of the biggest stories in American history, if, you know, big if here, one of the biggest stories in American history, if it ends up being true. Um, but I just don't, I just don't see Ryan Fournier lying about this. Now you, now you just start, you have to start answering the, or asking the question, I guess, who was involved, who knew about it. I'm, I'm more concerned with hatching things down for 2024. That's me personally, uh, you know, being in the Trump camp. I want to see uh, if I'm president Trump, I'm trying to find out who was around Mark Meadows, who in that group that is around Mark Meadows is still, if this ends up being true, is still on my staff or are working with PACs or my team, and I'm eliminating anyone who was affiliated with him. That's just me. Uh, I'm a loyalty guy. I keep my inner circle close, as Trash knows, and so does Gringo. Um, I think you have to, and uh, and I think that's one of those things where that, to me, if we're moving forward into 2024 and 12 months for a presidential election, uh, I think President Trump and his team have got to really uh, start seeing who's loyal and who's not. Uh, because they're going to do the same thing. They've done it now since 2015, eight years. They're going to continue to do this, even if he's elected again as president. So we have to, you know, you have to be prepared and be ready for these things. And I think that's another, another, uh, you know, concern going forward with this. For those that are just uh, joining us as this room continues to grow, it's, it's unbelievable how it, uh, how it continues to grow. But, you know, uh, Ryan Fournier, who's a good dude, he's a friend, uh, you know, the president of Students for Trump. He's also part of X Strategies. He's a great guy. He doesn't make things up. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't lie. He doesn't do those kind of things. So for Ryan to come out and put a story out like this, Colin Rugg, who I've known Colin, my God, since the uh, I Love My Freedom.org days, I see Colin joining us here too. Great to see Colin coming up. And uh, good to see him back on Twitter. Uh, he, I think he was suspended a hell of a lot longer than I was. And so, um, but I, I just think that it's one of those things where this is not something that Ryan would just say, you know, for the hell of it, guys. It's not something that he would just make up. And, um, and if he's going to, if he's going to put this out, he's got the receipts. Now I think trash that just basically, what, what does that mean for somebody who says, what do, what do the receipts mean? He's not going to put this out unless he has some sort of proof or some confidential informants recorded or something along those lines. If that makes sense, trash. Sorry about that. Trying to get back to my mute button. No, I agree. That's where I'm at with it. And I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a broken record. That's why I've been asking my specific questions that I've asked because it, I'm trying to find the choke points in the story. I'm trying to find the choke points of, of what would be missed, how it was missed, and what this all means and what the implications are. So I think, you know, I think the best thing that we can do here is try to, you know, try to get as many people that may know about this as well to try to get, uh, try to get some more understanding and bring this to the forefront. Like I said, you know me, Matt. There's a lot of people that break news. I'm not really a news breaker. I, I, I try to be right, not first. So I just, I'm trying to keep a level head about all this. And uh, so I appreciate yeah, go ahead, Charles. Hey, Charles, did you um? So Ben Williamson came out, uh, Mark Mark uh, Meadows spokesman, and he said, "I don't know if you covered it already, but his response was, this is completely false and straight out of the twilight zone.'" 
not sure if you covered that yet, but yeah, that's his official response. That's, that's what spot. I would say too. If Mike, that's what I would say too. If my client um, had done that to a sitting president, yeah, you no matter no matter how this unfolds, too, you guys though, Ryan's established a network of trust with so many of us. He's he's not going to burn that bridge. So if this allegation turns out that it's not true, then you still have the other side of the story of who fed it to Ryan and for what. What was the purpose there? And, he, and since he's already expressed to a few of us that this came from congressmen, that no matter how this unfolds, there's a huge story that's here. No, absolutely. And uh, for those that are friends with Mindy Robinson, say some prayers. Mindy is somehow in Saudi Arabia, and I'm hoping there's not an international incident. Uh, she's a friend of mine. She sent me a text. Uh, so uh, Mindy Robinson in Saudi Arabia. I expect us to be at war with the Saudis by dinner. So we'll see what happens. Um, should be should be interesting to say the least there, um, Bruce. Uh, what do you what do you think on all this? Bruce Bain, another one of the great influencers out there, got some DOD experience. I'll leave it at that. I don't really want to uh, divulge too much, but but Bruce, what, what do you think about this? What ramification wise? I know you're. We've all talked about how pissed off we are about this story because it just piles on to the insanity that we've all been dealing with the last seven that, or eight years. But what's your? That's take? exactly what I was going to say, Matt. Was it's hard not to jump to conclusions. Um, when the FBI, CIA, and every other three-letter agency and and Democrat-owned institution and nonprofit has been attacking us and Trump for the last seven or eight years, so you 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 read about this and it, I very I already feel beaten down. Um, but just hearing about this, you know, it's not a surprise, and it just it just makes me feel more defeated. Not in a sense that we've lost anything, just. Good God. I mean, these people don't stop. I'm so embarrassed of my government. It's, um, I don't know, man. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm beside myself. Um, thank God I, I originally voiced my opinion before the thousand people uh, joined the space because I, I couldn't keep my four letter words to myself. But hearing Joe Pag's voice for a bit, you know, every time he speaks, I get pregnant. So I feel better about that. Um, Guy has a hell of a radio voice, but um, that's kind of where I'm at. Nothing can surprise me anymore with this government. So if 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 Mark did in fact do this, then you know what what's going to come of it? What are they? What when are they going to release it? And you know how how bad is it going to be? Trump is savage on Mike, so he must be a hundred times worse when he's around people he trusts and in his comfort zone, especially in his own home. So I feel bad for the guy. I really do. I do too, Bruce. And I was going to say, uh, I think we're screwed because I mean, even my fortune cookie was lame. It says you're going to receive a surprising gift very soon. Not even anything kind of, uh, you know, philosophical or anything. I think we're really screwed at this point uh, as this continues to unfold. Um, you know, we've got a frantic, you've got your hand up. So does Justin uh, frantic. What's on your mind here about this? I know you've got, you cover this as well. You've got a podcast. I mean, just the the thought that this just continues to get worse as we as we pull the layer back. You know, you continue to think that it's going to get better, but it doesn't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yield back to you here. From what the reports are, and again, as people have said previously, 48 hours minimum to find out what's really going on. And it might even take months to put this all together, uh, much less bring someone in front of a some sort of agency such as the court. Uh, I will say this: the initial reports are that Mark Meadows is denying that he ever wore a wire. Uh, 
People need to understand, though, that wearing a wire, you don't have to wear a wire to get people's information anymore. Like, that's really passe, and, and it's probably not done as much as it used to be, uh, except for in very specific cases. Uh, we do know that Vizio was sued uh, and paid $17, million, $17 billion in payments, as well as Samsung. We know that there's Pegasus that got in trouble for hacking iPhones. Uh, at the end of the day, when my father and I, whenever we have a conversation that's about sensitive information, uh, we leave our phones in the house and we go walk on the dock and talk. Because we know that our phones can pick up everything. Uh, I think that this might not be a wire-wearing case. Uh, Mark Meadows might actually be also a victim in this situation. Um, again, these people, they lie to try and make uh, the ends match the means. So they will do whatever it takes uh, and jump through any sort of legal... Because they don't respect the law. and They don't respect the legality of anything. And, and honestly, if, if it doesn't matter if you ever end up in court... It doesn't matter how you achieve the information. It doesn't matter because the public opinion is what they're going after because they know they can't, none of this will hold up in court. So I think that maybe Mark Meadows might also be a victim. I think that we should be really careful about our judgment until we have more information, number one. And number two, that we don't recognize that bad actors are out there that are trying to discredit people that are good people that are working for our movement. And they'll do anything necessary to make everyone look bad. Anybody connected to Trump right now is cannon fodder. Anybody who's currently working for him, I want to pray for those people because I can't imagine how difficult it must be knowing that at any minute these people could try to rug you. And God bless all those people that still are underneath him that are giving him the support that he needs. Um, and I hope that we find out the truth about Mark Meadow. Um, I just don't think we should start, you know, running up rope when we don't know all the facts yet. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think anybody should be running up rope. That's for sure. And, and, and I want to be clear. That's what we're not doing in this space. So uh, we are we are 100 percent trying to find the facts here. So, Justin, get in here. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I talked to a few people, hopped off. They're blown away, too. They can't believe this is true. Now, here's the only scenario as I was batting things back and forth where I could see possibly something happening. I mean, I, I want to take you all back. I think we all probably had the same reaction within the first few hours of what transpired on January 6th, right? It was very shocking, um, scaling the walls. Whatever, you, whatever, whatever we learned after that, of course, is very different. But those first few hours, take yourself back to that. And we've even heard from multiple people that were close to the president calling on him to get people back and not do this, right? Our side doesn't do this was the the big cry that I heard from myself, my friends, and everything else there. Now, the truth is something very different. We all recognize that, okay, for, you know, on different spectrums. But in the end, I'm wondering if, if something did happen on a wire, it probably happened after the vote was certified, so after January 6th, and before Trump left office on the 21st. And if that's the case, I, I still think it's completely inappropriate but that's the only scenario I can think of my brain as to what what really might have transpired if he did wear a wire. I can't imagine any other scenario. Like there's there's no way if if this happened if he wore a wire before the election, right before November of 2020, then this is a massive scandal and it will go on flames. I think it's still a massive scandal if he wore it after January 6th. But depend, you know, based on the chaos that happened. And everyone's reaction within those first few days, it wouldn't surprise me if someone got wired up. 
Uh, that's a, that is a good point. It just depends on, uh, you know, who, who and what, what for what reason. So, obviously, we're going to be paying very, very close attention to this story. And it, it's, 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 like I said earlier, it's almost unfathomable that this actually happened. Uh, and, but again, so we're going to, we're going to do our best here to try to figure it out. I'm getting some stuff in the background, trying to get some additional sources, get some folks in here. <laughs> I'm getting offers to, to get, uh, anyway, I'll leave that one alone. Uh, but so, I would expect trash if this is true, you know, obviously this would fall under Jordan's weaponization committee. And I would expect that they look into it, not just about Mark Meadows, but to see how many people were doing something similar, wearing a wire or whatnot, or an informant. Is this the good news that we're launching another 100th NASA probe? I mean, (laughs) it's just so tiresome. I mean, did did anybody really expect anything to be done? And the question needs to be asked. How many people were there doing this and for what purposes? I, I suspect it wasn't all just to spy on Trump. It could have been also to see other sort of uh, people in there, maybe even working on behalf of a foreign government. We just don't know. Yeah, Savvy, get in here. Yeah, I was just kind of going and thinking about what Justin was saying. So, you know, right now they are using some of Trump's tweets and truths as quote-unquote evidence right to for the january 6th situation yet again jack smith is using them and i'm just wondering if there is a connection between that and because if i'm remembering correct me and please correct me if i'm wrong but after january 6th really and mark meadows came out basically against trump right and then there, that's kind of when their relationship got rocky, you know, was, was he tasked to wear a wire to get information? And they were also saying, you know, trying to get him, um, you know, for his first amendment, right. For truly believing the election was stolen, which he truly believes I do believe too. But do you think it had been to get sort of any sort of information for that, I, I don't know. It just does it is. Am I making sense about any sort of connection? Maybe not. Maybe so. No, I mean, no, I no, I think so. I think you are. I mean, those are these are questions that need to be asked. <clears throat> it's just a matter of. <laughs> first of all, I would really like to get some more information here so I can continue. I hate. <sighs> you know me. Oh, I keep crushing Ryan's feed. Because I'm like, okay, brother, it's been two hours. Like, you got to give something else. Not just that we're in the J. Edgar Hoover days. Like, we, you got to, you can't put something else out like that and then just stop. <laughs> so there, there'll be if this story, if the story is true, there's going to be more coverage on it. And if someone's leaking Meadows' name specifically and using Ryan, then their other names will come out too. That's just my assumption on how this is this is just going to be a slow leak of more names and more people will cover it it's probably free Arthur. everything leans back to that slime ball too well Sorry. there's a lot of interesting things you know we get a new speaker of the house and now we're seeing video footage uh, jabal Bowman actually moving the signs refuting his entire claim we're seeing this story come out 
Uh, I'm hearing things that, that I can't bring to the public yet about stuff going on in DC right now and, and, and within committee. And, but, and then we have a mass shooter situation. This is literally all between the last 24 hours. Yeah. So there could be more dis- disclosure coming and I'm here for it. If there is disclosure is the name of the game. So, uh, I'm going to see if Matt can get back here with us. I know he's got a couple phone calls going on here, but, uh, if you guys are still with me here, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. If you guys want to come up and speak, I can rotate the panel. Uh, just trying to get more information on this. This is a pretty crazy breaking story about an hour ago, two hours ago. So, and it's up in the chat. Uh, let's see here. I can go ahead and read the tweets for you guys to reset the room if you're just joining us. So, per, per Ryan Fournier, Mark Meadows allegedly worked for the FBI as an informant and wore a wire to record all conversations with President Trump while he was chief of staff. This does jeopardize national security. It's unconstitutional and criminal. Um... I'm looking for some also, let me see, there's additional. He said he received confirmation from multiple members of Congress and confidential informants that this is true. Not only have I received calls from current members of Congress, I've received calls from the media and know who know that I know about this information. I've received calls from former members of Congress who have also explained the same thing to me. So that is where we're at right now. I'm not finding any additional reporting on this. The only other reporting I've seen was, was, uh, Mark Meadows, uh, Spock's pushing back, uh, through uh, Jim Hoff and gateway pundit. So more, more to be seen here, guys, but, uh, I'm going to get Matt back in here in just a moment. So I can eat my lunch. Uh, this was highly unexpected. What's implied there, Josh? what's implied there when he's mentioning con- like that, there was a collection of people that knew about this. Like that's kind of almost as scary if there's people actively within Congress, within agencies that, <laughs> you know, that knew about this. And then, had they had, had had they been privy to such information and you look at the current charges, like, I don't know, it's just odd. Wouldn't you think there would be more to it? It's well, the whole thing is very weird. Well, Charles, you got to remember, you know, people are sitting on a lot of information and uh, everything there is released at a specific time for a reason. And there's even more, as Trash even just alluded to, that we don't know yet that's in the public. And they're just going to release it when the time is right. And they, and, they, and they also do need to piecemeal it out to the public in this way at, instead of just dumping everything all at once. This is just the way these things work. Same, same thing as we find out everything going on with the Biden corruption scandal. Okay, They, they go a little bit at a time and, uh, and they do it when it's advantageous to them sometimes or just in drips, you know, just to keep the yeah. story going. The pattern, the pattern seems to be, though, that they come out with these salacious allegations. They move forward with some sort of superseding indictment. They change course to obstruction, lying to officials, and then they hang their hat on that. And I would just expect if this was the case, like with the Jack Smith case, the Fannie Willis joke, you know, indicting for First Amendment protected speech, the New York case where it's like, oh, he signed a document 30 years ago that says the square footage of some apartment is actually 10,000 square foot less. It just seems all these charges are silly, you know, if you were to be if you were to have such information. But, you know, I think it does relate to the documents. I'm still you know, my main thing is he had the binder. He was supposed to give it to a journalist who we all know. And he gave it back to the FBI, which revealed the beginning of all this stuff, the beginning of the crossfire hurricane. And then Mark Meadows comes out. And he says, oh, actually, you know, Trump didn't tell me to declassify any of that stuff. So he's already a suspect character in the whole situation. You know, 
<laughs> well, well, again, remember, it's, it's an information war and it's, it's also about narrative control. So, you know, it, this is a political situation where you're going to have just as another indictment of Trump drops, then Grassley will come out with the, uh, the FBI form and then another indictment comes out and then they release more on the Bidens, a $200,000 check. I mean, we've been seeing this sort of back and forth play all along. So it's, you know, obvious to anyone watching this that there's a lot more on both sides and they're going to release things when it's politically advantageous to them. And there will probably if again, if the Mark Meadows story is true, more people will cover it and more names will be given to other outlets and other people to drop. So name just just kind of on the, the heels of that, you know, I'm thinking about how this would be digested publicly. And I saw the setup about two or three days ago where, you know, when we're talking about a Meadows full immunity, you know, everything's off the table as far as the way this game is being played at this point. So I'm wondering, does this fortify more support for Trump? Because those folks in the middle, I don't think, uh, you know, we, we've got the left, the right and the middle and there's not much left in the middle. And um, I just think one more thing, we almost get so worn down and exhausted and tired about hearing about thing after thing after thing. It seems like Trump manages to stay in at least a one to two month cycle of something. Now, I, I know that Ryan is, you know, maybe it, it was something that, you know, he is a credible guy and it, and it is kind of being leaked out, so to speak. And it was maybe a feeler. But I'm, I'm very interested to see two days ago, they're talking about full immunity and all of a sudden this comes up. Where's the connection to this? Where do you see this leading? And does this actually fortify some of the middle to lean more toward Trump that he's being victimized? Well, it depends. Again, was, you know, Mark Meadows, was he wearing a wire from the day he stepped foot in the White House? If so, it wasn't anything regarding, you know, the election or J6 or whatnot. So uh, that's why I said earlier, it could have been just to keep, you know, tabs on Trump, what he's saying behind closed doors, whatever, in these meetings, just to know what their enemies plotting or thinking, you know, not necessarily to catch him in a crime or whatnot, you know, because Trump was didn't have a good relationship with the FBI and they want to know what he's talking about, uh, not necessarily catching him in a crime. So I don't think it's all to do with, you know, the Jack Smith stuff. Yeah, and that goes back to my other point. I think Trump knew that probably anything that he said was not completely off limits and confidential, even to his joint chief of staff. You almost have to be paranoid to the point when you're in that position and you know have so many enemies that you have to be guarded and reserved as far as tact, as far as how you say things. Now, I think there was another point brought up, you know, during rallies, he's pretty darn blunt. So, you know, imagine yeah, I was gonna say, gar- guarded and tact are not necessarily words that kind of flow out of my mouth. You don't Donald like that, Trump Justin? In the, same, in, in the same sentence as Donald Trump. I don't think so. I was doing my best to stay civil, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, so, you know, 10 times worse maybe in private than he is in public. And, he, you know, the one thing he's always been is a straight shooter, though. If you go back 20 or 30 years ago and you see some of the positions that he had, they are extremely consistent with where he was now in his presidency and where he continues to, to campaign on. So, yeah, you're right. Okay, so I'll redact that. Justin, we won't use that word tact anymore with Trump, but um, I would say that I think there's something here to where he um, he's he's smart enough to know 
anything can be used against him in a court of law. I don't think he's that dumb to think he's above the law, or he might just be that crazy to where he is. But I would think that he would know that even in confidential things, he would at least protect himself a little bit to try and give himself an out. Now, how it's interpreted, if there are charges brought, that's a whole nother story. But my Lord, this is a mess. Anybody else exhausted? How is anybody else supposed to come into any position like in office? (laughs) I mean, you talk to congressional representatives and they all just assume they're being listened to at this point by the NSA. And then you see, oh, wow, the chief of staff, assuming these allegations are true, could be wired, you know, (laughs) working with intelligence agencies, specifically the FBI. I mean, that's a that's my biggest problem is even at a at a small level, how is anybody supposed to come in and expect to change anything? without looking over their shoulder, even like, you know, friends, family members, staffers. It's just, that seems like the environment almost in a macro scale that's being created, which is, hey, as as Schumer said, you know, you don't mess with the intel agencies or they're going to screw you 10 ways from a Sunday. I mean, they're winning at that level or they, they were at some point. So like that's, this is a good thing, I think, ultimately coming out. If it's true and, and the reporting comes out, I think it's a good thing for exposure um, overall, I mean, you know, anybody that looks at this that even doesn't like Trump would say, wow, his own chief of staff is <laughs> leaking to the FBI. That's this seems a little nuts. I would hope I would hope that's what most people would say. But yeah. yeah. And I know yeah. Trash is going to get back here in a second call to your point. Uh, we're, we're down in Texas and Sheila Jackson Lee. Some of her staffers have recorded her in the way she is privately with her staffers. And it absolutely is unhinged. So I think about if somebody really doesn't like someone, they're going to find a way to leak that information out, especially if it's illegal, if they think, or if it could be damning to that person. And I think that's why, you know, credibility wise, you know, is there something there that could um, hurt? Or I just think it's more of an image thing right now than it is an actual factual something that's going to stick if there was something brought. So call great point. Yeah, I agree with you with that, Storm, because otherwise we would have heard about it by like well before now. That's kind of what I'm hanging on to, that if there was any sort of damning evidence, which nothing has been presented even thus far from any of these stupid indictments. But if there was any evidence, damning evidence from Meadows wearing a wire, this would have come out, shoot, like right when it happens, because, you know, that shit goes right back to the FBI pretty much in real time. How do you know they didn't use this in the documents case because they were alleging documents were missing that they didn't even know supposedly were there? No, no that's, that's a good point. No, how do we not know? <laughs> we don't really know. We don't really know much. You know, at, every day it's we think special. like, we, oh yeah, we're, we're uncovering the layers and then the onion just gets bigger and bigger and you're like, oh man, how deep does this really go? You know? And. Well, how much fabrication can be done too, trash? And I know you want to get the room back in. And I'm just wondering about how things can be set up to create that image. And then all of a sudden it becomes factual because it's it's got like plants and it's got a story and a sequence, which turns into a narrative, which turns into this thing. So we see how things mushroom so quickly. And I guess that's where I think they might have been going with it uh, as far as I'm just I'm making a connection between two plus two, which is the Meadows immunity. And, and I think that that was the center of attention, what caught my eye on the news cycle. And now I'm wanting to kind of dig a little bit deeper and peel the onion back. We'll see what happens. So, Trash, thank you. No, thanks. Real quick, Trash. We have a question, and it's, I think it's a pretty good question, is how does a presidential privilege play into this? Does that... Executive privilege? Or executive privilege, That yes. was my question. Yes, great question. 
What do you think, Trash? <laughs> yeah, no, I I honestly don't know. Uh, we know that uh, we had a judge in D.C. that that waived attorney-client privilege for the president. So I think in the land of make-believe and fairy dust and one-way voting populace, anything is possible in those courts. So we'll have to see. I, I don't know what's going to come out of this. And like I said, if we're all on we're all on standby trying to figure out what's going on. I'm seeing some early reports here, not to divert the conversation, but I kind of want to keep while we have the space. I know Matt was covering this last night. I'm seeing some early reports of a couple things. Number one, they tracked this guy, apparently the guy down in Maine. They tracked him down to this house. Uh, now I'm seeing other reports that there are, you know, confirmed that the guy took his own life. I'm still waiting for more information on that. But that seems to be breaking as well, that they tracked the whereabouts and found himself to be self-ending. So <clears throat> that's what I'm hearing. I'm waiting to double confirm that, but that's what's going on in the background as well. Uh, Matt was covering this, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot longer than I could last. Uh, obviously, as you guys know, I've been doing a lot of these. I did the spaces over the last week and a half regarding the speakers races, uh, which were successful and fun. And uh, but we've I've been going 10, 11 hours a day. So I was not I did not anticipate having a space today. However, here we are. So uh, I'm going to get Matt back in here. I did. Aaron, when I called you earlier, I'm like, I'm having a trash space like dts i need something and then boom here you go you're welcome <laughs> yeah. i mean ryan falls all of us here why don't we get ryan up here where's ryan um that's a good question i'm sure matt's dm'd him uh, i have not dm'd him yet although he does follow me you're right um let me let me see if i can get him on dustin just joined us hey dustin what's going on what's up um how y'all doing Good, sir. So are you familiar with the news at all? Not really. I'm looking to get uh, brought up to speed. You got it. So I was talking to Jen about this. I figured she did, but that's okay. So here we go. So Ryan Fournier um, looks like about two, through two, three hours ago, came out with some reporting that uh, allegedly Mark Meadows uh, worked for the FBI as an informant and wore a wire to record all conversations with President Trump while he was chief of staff for him. And he says that he received confirmation from multiple members of Congress and confidential informants that this is true. Not only have I received phone calls uh, from current members of Congress, but I received calls from the media who know that I know about this information. I've received calls from former members of Congress who have also explained the same message to me. So and also there was uh, there was some reporting. Uh, Mark Meadows spokesperson uh, was talking to the Gateway Pundit and Jim Hoft, and they are denying vehemently denying that any of this is true. So that's kind of where we're left. And, you know, Ryan of all people would be the last, I would think would stick his neck out here. If, it, if what he had wasn't solid. So it's just a very bizarre situation that's going on right now. So that's keeping you up to date. Um, Jen just joined us as well. I know Jen, I'll, I'll, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to plant my flag on. There's no fucking way he was wearing a wires. Chief is like when he was at the White House. No fucking way. Maybe not the White House. That's what I was saying earlier too. But how about how about after January sixth? That's my theory, Dustin. What do you think? That that's absolutely possible at post J six. But while while he was chief of the staff of the White House, there's no way. I mean, there's Agreed. not no way, but I would say highly unlikely. Like crazy. That would unlikely. be a big scandal times ten. Justin, when was Meadows' last day as chief of chief of staff? I'm just curious if we can put a timeline together. 
Uh, he, was, he was there through the end. So, January 20th. Yeah, I mean, you can see the inclination that he had, the multiple texts that he had with Pence, with others, with Junior. I think, if I remember correctly, and again, uh, I'm not the authority on the subject by osmosis, I've, I've come to learn that, that he was fervently, fervently urging the president to do something to back down. But, uh, so I, 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 after that, after the vote, I, I don't even know what the legal ramifications, he'd still be president of the United States, he'd still be the chief of staff, could that even be possible that he wore a wire in specific things after that? I have no idea. And you're right, I think Not, after, after so many years, you think that would have come out, at least some of the stuff, right? Right. Well, and, and not legally. Right. Which is the president does have the protection of advice of counsel. Ki ki kind of an important thing. Right. For the president to be able to receive counsel. Um, right. It's the whole basis. You have of a Meadows and a lawyer. Right. I mean, so it's like chief of staff. Is that, is that included in, in that sort of exemption there or that sort of protection? Absolutely. It's protected. Probably the most protected outside of, like, the president himself, um, as far as, like, the protection of advice of counsel, right? And there, there's, there's lots of case law around this, too. Here, here so my, my experience in this is a little different. And it also leads me to question, what the F? So Mark Meadows was somebody that we contacted around making sure that Ali Akbar wasn't having an event at the Capitol, that everything would be happening at the Ellipse. And eventually, like, and this is reported on in several places, ProPublica, Rolling Stone, Politico, etc. Um, right, that we elevated certain things to Mark Meadows around what ended up happening that day, like trying to warn against it. And so, I, I, to me, Mark Meadows has always been somebody that I've been suspicious of because he told us that nothing was happening outside of the ellipse and that I didn't need to put anything together at the Capitol, that nothing would be happening there, and then shit went down at the Capitol. And so I've always been a little, always been a little suspicious of what, right, Meadows told us one thing and something else entirely ended up happening. Dustin, thank you for that, man. And we've got a, we've got a great panel here. Uh, for those, I'll reset the room here real quick. For those that don't know, uh, Ryan Fournier, good friend, president of Students for Trump, and of course, one of the owners and founders of X Strategies, a political marketing group that works directly with the Trump campaign, has broke the story that Mark Meadows allegedly wore a wire his entire time as the White House chief of staff under President Trump. Uh, according to Ryan Fournier, he's got the receipts. He's got multiple congressional members. Uh, current and former that have called him and confirmed this, as well as confidential informants. Uh, this story, of course, coming out a few hours ago, we decided to uh, uh, start the space, producer Gringo and I, and Trash. And so it's one of those things where um, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna message Ryan Fournier. And again, uh, I'm not the authority on the subject by osmosis. I've, I've come to learn that, that he was fervently, fervently urging the president to do something to back down. But uh, so I, 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 after that, after the vote, 
I, I don't even know what the legal ramifications. He'd still be president of the United States. He'd still be the chief of staff. Could that even be possible that he wore a wire in specific things after that? I have no idea. And you're right. I think Not, after after so many years, you think that would have come out, at least some of the stuff, right? Right. Well, and, and not legally, right? Which is the president does have the protection of advice of counsel. Kind of an important thing, right, for the president to be able to receive counsel, um, right? It's the whole basis yeah, of the Yeah, but Meadows privilege. ain't a lawyer, right? I mean, so it's like chief of staff, is that, is that included in, in that sort of exemption there or that sort of protection? Absolutely is protected. Probably the most protected outside of, like, the president himself, um, as far as, like, the protection of advice of counsel, right? And that, there's, there's lots of case law around this, too. Here, here so my, my experience in this is a little different. And it also leads me to question, what the F? So Mark Meadows was somebody that we contacted around making sure that Ali Akbar wasn't having an event at the Capitol, that everything would be happening at the Ellipse. And eventually, like, and this is reported on in several places, ProPublica, Rolling Stone, Politico, etc. Um, right? That we elevated certain things to Mark Meadows around what ended up happening that day, like trying to warn against it. And so, I, I, to me, Mark Meadows has always been somebody that I've been suspicious of because he told us that nothing was happening outside of the ellipse and that I didn't need to put anything together at the Capitol, that nothing would be happening there, and then shit went down at the Capitol. And so I've always been a little, always been a little suspicious of what, right, Meadows told us one thing and something else entirely ended up happening dustin thank you for that man and we've got a we've got a great panel here uh for those i'll reset the room here real quick for those that don't know uh ryan fournier good friend president of students for trump and of course one of the owners and founders of x strategies a political marketing group that works directly with the trump campaign has broke the story that mark meadows allegedly wore a wire his entire time as the white house chief of staff under president trump uh according to ryan fournier he's got the receipts he's got multiple congressional members uh, current and former that have called him and confirmed this, as well as confidential informants. Uh, this story, of course, coming out a, a few hours ago, we decided to uh, uh, start the space, producer Gringo and I, and Trash. And so it's one of those things where um, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna message Ryan Fournier here and, uh, and just see if he wants to come in. And I'm going to shoot him a text here in a minute and see if we can possibly get him in here to just discuss this. I'm, I'm not sure where this is going to go, if he's going to say anything. This is when you this is not to me, this is not just an allegation. Uh, this is criminal if uh, if this turns out to be true. We're not just talking, you know, oh, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I, you're going to pay a fine. This is jeopardizing national security. This is anyone involved from the FBI, anybody involved from the Secret Service, anybody involved from the Department of Justice. Doesn't matter if it's Merrick Garland or a peon in the rank and file. You go to prison for a very long time if you're involved in this in any way, shape or form. It's inexcusable. I don't care if it's Joe Biden. I don't care if it's Donald Trump. I don't care if it's Barack Obama, Ronald Reagan. It does not matter. This is not a political issue. And 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 even though it's got Trump in the title, it has to because it was Trump that was spied on by the FBI. 
I don't know why any American, regardless of political affiliation, whether you're a Democrat or a conservative, whether you like uh, Gavin Newsom or Joe Biden, whether you like DeSantis or Trump, it doesn't matter. If you are an American, you should be appalled, offended, and violated right now if this information turns out to be true. And I don't know why any American would want non-elected people investigating their elected officials like this. We have got to stop letting these agencies at the Department of Justice do these things to, to Americans. It's, it's, it's unfathomable to me that we keep letting these government agencies rule over us. Kennedy was concerned with it. They killed him. His brother was concerned with it. They killed him. They tried to kill Reagan, and I can go on and on, and who knows about the other attempts on U.S. presidents. But, folks, this, this, this has got to be addressed. We have a new Speaker of the House. This should be first order of business. Is good. I mean, imagine taking something like this, this damning, to, to a House Intelligence Committee and them doing nothing with it. That's, that's the problem that we have in this country. They've got to do something. And, and act, this is why we got rid of, uh, you know, of uh, Kevin McCarthy. He and Mark Meadows look like twins that hang out with lunch. I can't keep them apart. So, um, but this is why we got rid of Kevin McCarthy. This is the this is the reason. This is this is not a a partisan issue. It is a or you know it, it should be Democrats and Republicans. If this story turns out to be true, it should appall everyone. It should it should offend everyone. Uh, there should be no spying on U.S. presidents. Nobody's wearing a wire. Uh, while Joe Biden or Donald Trump or whoever is having conversations with his Joint Chiefs of Staff or talking about military operations. And I said this earlier, I'll, re- I'll say it again, when people go, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Folks, imagine if Joe Biden's trying to negotiate hostages and it doesn't go well. Joe Biden then brings in some of his military advisors, his National Security Council, and then he says to you know, a couple of the generals, he's like, dude, we have teams that can do this. And one of the generals says, you know, I've, I've got a Delta team you know, that's, that's, that's 40, 40 kilos away. I think they could get in and out and get most of those hostages out alive. And Joe Biden says, you know what, let's do it. But you, meanwhile, this thing's being recorded, transmitted. Somebody else picks up on it, and you lose an entire Delta team. You can, th- this can't be allowed. And I, I don't know why anybody would say this is okay on any level. It's not okay to spy on any president, Jennifer, like the FBI keeps doing. Yeah, it's not, Matt. And, you know, what what stands out to me is some of the most egregious allegations um, and false allegations, and I'm sure this has been pointed out um, in this space uh, before, um, but I think it's worth mentioning, is that Cassidy Hutchinson, um, the one who famously said that Donald Trump fought, tried to fight the Secret Service to take over the beast, right? She was Mark Meadows' assistant, Right. With all of the allegations that we've seen surrounding all of this J6 stuff, uh, some of the intimidation charges, quote unquote intimidation charges uh, that been, uh, you know, uh, put up against the Trump camp, uh, they were all coming from the Meadows people. Right. And, and I think that Cassidy Hutchinson was used as almost a dagger with the January 6th committee to put forward some of the most egregious allegations and then most recently, we've seen her go after Rudy Giuliani saying that she was sexually assaulted on January 6th or sexually harassed, whatever, uh, by Rudy Giuliani, allegedly. Um, uh, it seems to be all coming from the Meadows stuff. So it really lends to this whole he wore a wire. Now, do I think it was the whole time he was chief of staff? I agree with Dustin, no. Uh, but following January 6th, and maybe some of the calls and stuff that were made and the allegations, uh, you know, that Cassidy Hutchinson 
came up with, I, 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 it's leading me to believe that this is somewhat true. Yeah, I think so, Jennifer. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's crazy to, uh, to see where this is going. And, and I, once again, I'm going to reiterate this. I, I've known Ryan Fournier a long time. I don't see Ryan as somebody who just makes up stories. It, it's not in his, uh, not his DNA. He's not a reporter. He's not a journalist. This is not something he just throws around lightly. And these are serious allegations, if true. Um, you know, and everything Jen said is absolutely right as well. What do you know? What don't we know that was testified about also in those J6, uh, you know, situation? There's a lot of things that we probably don't know, uh, especially with now that we know that Mark Meadows was wearing a, a wire allegedly, according to Ryan Fournier. Jim Faff has joined us here too. Jim, of course, spent a lot of time on Capitol Hill. He used to be Thomas Massey's chief of staff. He's done a lot of things uh, in D.C. The the criminal uh, allegations of this, Jim, if Ryan Fournier is correct and his story, and he says he's got the receipts, he's got congressional members as well as confidential informants on this. If uh, you know, if, if and I'm saying if because you know we we've got to see the goods here from a criminal standpoint, spying on a U.S. president by a government agency. I mean, everyone involved in this, from the Secret Service to the FBI, anyone who knew about it, this is my take, should be in prison for a long, long time, Jim, and I'll yield back. Well, first of all, uh, I don't believe that Mark did this, um, but I, I don't know for absolute certain. I've got secondhand information. I shared up in the nest a um, post by his uh, longtime uh, spokesman, um, Brian Williams, excuse me, Ben Williamson. Sorry, and uh, saw Brian there. Hi, Brian. Anyway, so or it's Ed. Oh, sorry. Anyway, so uh, I know Mark. I'm not like real close to Mark, but I know him. Know people that work around him. The character of the man is such that I don't believe this has happened. Do I believe that the FBI did not try to spy on the president of the United States? Yes, I absolutely do. I just don't believe by this means. Maybe Cassidy Williamson is the one, but I don't. I don't know about that. But um, yeah, if this is if that happened, if we do find out that the FBI was spying on the president of the United States, the alarm bells should be loud. We should be absolutely going against that in every way that we can. We need to call out this problem because we don't have a republic. If we've got government agencies that constitutionally are subject exclusively and entirely to the president of the United States are undermining him. That's a criminal activity, by the way, too, which should be completely criminally prosecuted. We, we find the criminality in everything that we hear right now in this country falling, having very little, if any chance of falling on Donald Trump and clearly falling on, on, on government agencies and in my opinion, our current president, uh, it, this is a, it's insane if this was really happening. Jim, I agree with you. I want to go to Ed Krasenstein here as well. You know, and I, I'm trying to say that this is not a partisan issue to me. You know, Ed, I don't want anybody, you know, I don't agree with Joe Biden's policies, but I don't want any agency spying on a president, especially a chief of staff when he's got to make decisions, especially Joe Biden right now, who's negotiating for hostages in Israel, who's working with Delta teams and special forces teams, Navy SEAL teams. A lot of moving parts right now with the U.S. military. To me, this I don't I don't care if it's Barack Obama, Ronald Reagan, you know, Donald Trump, Joe Biden. This is a scary thing that they, that this could be done, and then that information can be leaked and cost American lives. You know, Ed, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, I agree 100. percent I, I, I'm with Jim though. I don't think this actually took place. I can't see it taking place. I don't think the FBI would 
be that daring without a court order. I guess it could have taken place with the courts agreeing to it, but I don't. I honestly don't see the courts ever agreeing to that. I think there would be too many executive privilege issues there. Uh, I just, I just don't think it happened. I mean, I guess we'll find out eventually, but I don't believe it right now. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens because these are serious, serious allegations, folks. I mean, if if this turns out to be true, this is prison time for a lot of individuals. And uh, like like Ed and Jim both said, this is very, very serious. And um, it, it's going to be, you know, I, I want to see what happens. We're, we'll know a lot more in the next, you know, 48 hours. And another thing too, you know, Trash, one thing that somebody brought up earlier on, um, no one in the media has really picked up on this story at all and ran with it uh, like you normally would see. Even conservative media seems very leery to run with this story right now just because of the nature of it. You would think, you know, you would really think that, that it would be everywhere, plastered everywhere. We were talking about that earlier. You would think it would be plastered everywhere. You know, it, like, listen, if I can watch like some of these lefty rags that would want that would have nothing better than to talk about Donald Trump because it gets some clicks and eyeballs. Right. Uh, they would run with it and they don't really care whether it's true or not. I don't think that they're scared about Elon taking away their blue badge enough not to run with the story. So. What does that tell you? And, and, and again, Kyle was up here earlier. You were on the phone. I know Kyle Serafin came up and he said, well, you know, consider where it, came. it didn't go to Newsweek. Somehow it got to Ryan. Ryan is not a, a journalist news guy. He doesn't break stories. So if the story's coming through him. It's most likely true and really an example of a weaponized uh, DOJ and FBI. He also mentioned that it would not be done out of a field office. This would have to go into DOJ Maine to get approval for. So. I would imagine the reason we're not seeing it on many publications and the only publication we saw was Gateway Pundit and his Fox doing the talking with Jim Hoff could be, well, I'm left at 50-50 whether it's true or not. But if I start adding all that stuff up to the question of why is it not in many other stories, probably because it's not bad for Trump. And I think that could be a possibility because otherwise, if there was anything at all that they could twist or manipulate and make it about, I mean, my God, look what Daily Beast put out yesterday about Mike Johnson that he was some kind of like America Freedom Caucus, but didn't join the Freedom Caucus. And they had this master plan and they brought him in. And he was going to be he was going to be Freedom Caucus light and be the bridge. And this is the way that they were going to overtake Congress and put him into the seat. It was all planned. That's how they framed it. But if you read between the lines, you can see what happened. I think 100 percent they had a plan once they started going, making a motion to vacate. But at least Daily Beast picked up and tried to reframe the story. The fact that no one is talking about it. And we can say many reasons why Ryan would be unimpeachable. It does raise more questions and give me answers. Trash, I'm going to break in here, and it has nothing to do with our title, but this situation in Maine um, and the search for the suspect here in Maine, got some breaking news. Multiple FBI agencies are currently at a residence in Bowden, Maine, which is where the suspect was from. Uh, a possible manhunt could be coming to an end here with Robert Cart. Reports of multiple explosions uh, emanating from the house as well. So uh, that story is heating up there as well. And I hope they, hope they, hopefully they get this monster uh, that committed these atrocities in Lewiston, Maine, uh, last night. So it looks like the FBI has converged on a home in, in Bowden, Maine. And uh, we'll keep you updated on that as well as that story progresses, everyone. Um, and Trash, you're absolutely right. You know, the, the Secret Service has to answer if this ends up being true. The FBI has to answer. Anyone who knew about this has to answer. But, uh, you know, Storm, I'm going to go to Storm and then Dustin Stockton here. Storm, the other thing that, that, that alarms me here is the fact that um, you would think if this story had any weight to it, 
President Trump would have already piped off with something. You would have thought that maybe people closer to the president would have piped off with something. Uh, I'm not seeing that yet. So what's your take on that, Storm? Yeah, there, there's two things and two quick points. I think that, you know, I'm wondering if uh, due diligence is starting to come back into the media as far as the reckless, uh, you know, go with the flow, put it in the news cycle right away without actually doing the research has kind of burned Fox and also CNN at the same time. So um, I'm wondering if it doesn't get picked up by the mainstream because there is nothing there or two, they're looking uh, from every angle to make sure they don't have any repercussions or recourse on that. And, you know, I guess the second question was going to be to Jim, but I think that's off topic. And I, I guess something to ponder and think about here, Matt, how do you prosecute the top prosecutors in the land or the ones who hold the keys to the castle of law enforcement? I don't think that's ever been done at a high level. And I think we're to the point to where I think they might feel like they're above the law or untouchable because they make law and they enforce law. I'm just wondering, Jim, if that ever happens. Uh, I don't think we're going to see it in our lifetime. Otherwise, it's a catastrophe because we have seen that uh, there has been partisan things happening. But I don't see us being able to objectively do anything about it right now as a citizen. So um, that's my take, Matt. Yeah, one thing. Yeah, but oh, Jim, I'm Jim, no, I'm going to let Jim take that question. Yeah. So one, one thing I would say, the last time something at anywhere near that level happened that I can recall is uh, Spiro Agnew when he had to resign from the Nixon administration as vice president. So, and that was related to something outside of that situation. Of course, the other prosecutions within the Nixon administration uh, did happen. So we have some precedent at near or at that level of things happening. The question is, where are we now? And I, I'm not entirely certain myself. Uh, I still believe we have a populace uh, on both of, of varying opinions. Like, I mean, I think roughly, you know, we've got Ed in the room and his brother, Brian. I mean, I think they also would agree. We don't want that stuff. And maybe all of us in one way or the other, when it's politically in our favor, something happening, we jump into it, but, but hopefully, and I think it's true as an American country, we don't want this in the population. We don't want this kind of stuff. I think we may still know how bad that can be. But the, our problem is how much do the politicians recognize that? How much self-discipline do they have? And that bothers me and concerns me sometimes. Because we do see this tendency anymore to want to use government. Um, and, and in fairness, I mean, I, I think it's, it's interesting that even though Donald Trump ultimately ever restrained himself, he asked some of those questions sometimes. We, we know this. And I'm not, I'm not saying this is a dig on him necessarily, but I'm just saying you ask those questions. Do you restrain yourself? I think we're generally there. I hope we're there. But I'm very concerned about the DOJs that exist right now and other three-letter agencies because when it comes to speech, they do see it their mission to validate things and to work behind the scenes. And so anyway, I'm concerned as to Mark Meadows. I'll just say this real quick. I mean, I just, this is so outside of Mark Meadows character as I know him and nothing is perfect. You know, nobody knows everything about everybody, but it's so outside of his character to do anything like this. And I think he'd, he would have just left if asked. And he thought it would be a, a problem. He's independently wealthy enough that that's not a problem. But I still think he'd do it if he weren't. He, he had built a nice business before he ever went to Congress. So 
anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, but that's a liability too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ha- having yeah. success, having all those things is an asset, isn't a liability to, you know, to be held against you. So who knows what position, you know, assuming these things are true that he could have been put in. Because obviously that would that would be the, the case. He would have had to have been in direct legal jeopardy for it to even be considered. Yeah. But what I know of the man tells me that even in those circumstances, that he would just you know move along and deal with his own things and not um, not 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 try to wire him up. Again, I, who knows? I mean, there are things going on there that I am not privy to. That, but that's just my general assessment. Thank you, Jim, and thank you, uh, Ed, as well, uh, for the insight there, guys. I mean, I think that's the one thing. It's going to unfold eventually. President Trump has not made a statement on this news, uh, but obviously with Ryan Fournier and X Strategies with, with that group that he's with, they're obviously very close with the Trump campaign. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm sure he's on his way back. He walked out of the courtroom about an hour ago uh, because the judge refused to dismiss the trial uh, after Michael Cohen admitted in court that he was lying. So, I mean, this is a... Uh, a crazy situation. I mean, the whole country is just kind of broken on both ends of the spectrum. And at some point we got to figure out a way to unify. And it's just, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but you know, I think it's going to, it may take uh, Ed and Brian and I having beers with Jim to, uh, to maybe, you know, and, get, and getting a couple of conservative and liberal media outlets to take pictures of it, to maybe set the internet on fire and, uh, and possibly maybe start to mend this thing a little bit. I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe we have to go grab some dinner and beers guys and figure this out and, and make them see us doing it together so that we show some sort of camaraderie as a country. But uh, it's, it's nuts right now where we're, we're at with this thing. Dustin Stockton's got his hand up. We'll go to Dustin and then back down to David Pollock uh, from the David Pollock show on 94.9 FM in Orlando. I love plugging David. It makes me smile uh, and, and probably uh, makes him blush a little bit. Dustin, what's up, buddy? So I have a couple things. The, the idea of wearing a wire makes it very Hollywoodish, right? We all have the, the vision of all of the movies where somebody wears a wire and they've got a wire wired up and they've got, right, something strapped on and then they pull the, the shirt open and reveal that there's what... Modern surveillance technology is way, way, way beyond that. And if you had somebody like Mark Meadows planting a device in any any of the office like pen holders, right? Any, literally they can, they can embed these devices in damn near everything. They also, there's some things they can do with acoustics. If you're familiar with skiff technology, like the different levels of skiff, right? The, the top skiffs, you have to have a white noise machine that, that drowns out the ability to register acoustic sound waves as they reverberate on even things as little as plants, like, in, in the vicinity, right? Like the, the technology is absolutely baffling and way beyond like what we see as wearing a wire, which leads to the my, my incredulousness about, right, the story in general. If it happened, my guess is it was post J6 when everything was batshit crazy and the PSYOP was on. It, it, it would remind me of the Russiagate stuff Right. And and the setup around the enforcement that the the election was legitimate, blah, 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 blah. Right. That we all live through. But the, the, the idea that we're three years out with all of the scrutiny, everything that's happened, that there are as many people as a congressional committee and the media 
who knew about this and nothing has come out about it. I think the media is right to be hesitant to run with it. I think the media would love, love, love to be right. This would be a, oh, Trump's Trump's dead again. We got him this time, you guys. For reals, Mark Meadows was in on it the whole time. They would be running everywhere with it. I think we should be highly incredulous without receipts on this one. Like, highly yeah, and it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to be sure, Dustin. But I got to tell you, you I, there are people in the FBI, if this were real, who would be out to the MSNBC confirming it because we've seen that happen many times before. Yeah, no, you're you're both right, and and you know, Dustin, you're right too. So is Jim. I mean, this would be such a story. They'd be like, folks, Mark Meadows wore a wire. I can already see it right now on CBS or something. It'd be Mark Meadows wearing a wire while the chief of staff for the president. And, you know, we've got some interesting news tonight, Ed. You know, Ed, we are hearing that Trump would eat beef jerky after his two scoops of ice cream. Uh, this is horrific news. I mean, they would, they would be anything that this guy had done, they would be reporting it. The fact that, you know, Ed, that, that neither, you know, CNN or Fox will cover this probably tells you that everyone's being very cautious, right? Well, the story probably would be what they did last time, which is, oh, we were protecting Trump from himself. You know, it was a counterintelligence operation to protect Trump from potential foreign actors or this potential malicious actor. Same thing that happened last time. Uh, Can I I just say something? Can I just say something? I would never eat beef jerky with ice cream. I just have to say that. Okay, I would never do that. That's a disgusting combination. It's like pineapple on pizza. Chris Christie would do that because he'd eat anything, but I would never eat beef jerky on ice cream. That much I can tell you, wire or no wire, you'll hear the whole thing. You'll hear my secret menu at McDonald's, too. That much I could say, Uh, but we'll see what happens. I got to bounce, guys, but I heard that as an opportunity to kind of jump in and be silly. So uh, great space. I'll probably jump in in a minute. I got to hop on with um, 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 Carl Higby, Newsmax, Frontline, Culture Clash, and then I'll probably jump back in if you guys are still at it. Sean, we love you, buddy. Hope to see you on uh, MAD tonight at 10 if you're still up, man. You got it. See you, brother. Hey, man. Sean Farish, uh, in my opinion, the best Trump impersonator in the world. Oh, I'm coming yeah. right to you, Bruce. Uh, if you're not following Sean Farish, make sure you're doing so. He is one of the, the great guys. Not just a funny guy with his impersonations, but he, he has a pretty good show, too, so make sure you're following him. Uh, going to go to Bruce Bain here. Bruce, what's up, buddy? I was just going to say that regardless of wire or no wire, you don't get immunity for bringing nothing to the show. So, yeah. yeah and, and of course, Bruce has a uh, distinct DOD background. I'll leave it at that. So, um, and, and he would know um, that's a great point. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're getting plea deals and you look at Sidney Powell, you look at Jenna Ellis, and now you look at Mark Meadows. Um, these are interesting. It's an interesting time to see where all this goes to. David Pollack, host of the David Pollack Show, 94.9 FM in Orlando, joining us. Uh, David, it feels like every day there's something new breaking in this country. Last night, uh, unfortunately, the horrific incident in Lewiston, Maine. Now we've got the story by Ryan Fournier where Mark Meadows allegedly wore a wire while he was the chief of staff under President Trump. Um, I think it, it's also one of those things where Americans are just kind of wondering, you know, when can they, you know, when can they just take a break? You know, when, when can they just, uh, you know, watch a football game and have a beer? When You know what I mean? When can they just not have to hear about something horrifically new breaking every day? After 2016, we learned that we're never going to be allowed to do that again. Um, man, I, I have to tell you, uh, your spaces have been electric. And it was probably, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago was the last time I remember it being a slow news day. 
I mean, it has just been one thing after another. And besides last night, of course, and I mean, you got to remember, there's still a, a ground invasion now <laughs> in Gaza. Um, there's uh, Jews have to take shelter in New York because of angry Palestinian mobs. And now the NYPD is telling Jews just to stay home in their interest of their own safety. Um, we have armed gunmen or gunmen on the loose in Maine. And now potentially Mark Meadows is wearing a wire. I mean, if you wrote this, it would be like uh, it, it would be like a season of 24. I don't understand how so much is happening uh, at one time. But, man, I'm glad to sit here and talk to you about it because you've just busted on the spaces scene, rested and recovered, and on your way to your new Olympic um, your Olympic health. And uh, so I'm excited to be here to talk to you about it. But on this thing, I think I remember the FBI um, spying on Trump in 2016. So, I, you know, I agree um, that maybe we should, you know, be a little um, hesitant to say, yes, this is true until it's properly sourced. But at the same time, if Mark Meadows was wearing a wire, I would be like, yeah. And he there was also an impeachment because uh, because he had a phone call that was spied on and he was spied on when he was running for office. There was a, a dossier made up about him. Um, I mean, literally, the things that happened to President Trump and continues to happen to happen to President Trump, including the four indictments. I mean, nothing surprises me anymore. None of this is shocking. And it's crazy that it's even news. But at the same time, yeah, Mark Meadows wearing a wire would certainly be a story. But at the same time, I think that plays in Trump's favor, because uh, arguably, if he was, that would create a lot of issues um, with him being able to use his testimony in this Georgia plea bargain. We'll see. Um, that's why I think there's probably not true, because considering he just took the plea bargain, people were worried about what he was going to say. Who knows where the story came from? I mean, who knows at this point? As you saw last night, Matt, people just there's a lot of news that happens when it's unverified. And, well, you know, let me ask you this, David, while, while I got yeah. you here, I'm going to throw a question back at you. Sure, sure. I mean, I'm sure everyone's thinking it. And of course, you know, Jim Fath as well can, can hop in on this and Dustin as well. We got a, we got a great panel, Ed Trash. Producer Gringo, I mean, we Savvy's here. It's a hell of a panel, guys. So thank you all for being here. Uh, Storm as well coming in and call. I mean, this has been a great, great panel. Uh, and it's not. I mean, it's it's a, at least if we're not talking about death in this uh, in this spaces. So that's a plus uh, at this point in time. But let me throw this at you. Let's say it does implicate Merrick Garland, who signed off on it, which would be criminal, and, and it does end up being true. You have the question now, and it would be that way if it was a Republican president as well because of the DOJs and who's in charge, who arrests the AG? You see what I'm getting at? Who's going to who, who, who's prosecute the prosecutors? And I think that's the real problem we have in this country. Uh, I have no problem with our elected officials doing what we elected them to do. You know, Dustin uh, and, and David, I, I just don't, I think that's the real issue that we have here is it's such a corrupt system. Who's, even if you've got the evidence, Dustin, uh, David, I'll come right back to you. Dustin, sure. who's going to, because Dustin's been there, I'm going to come right back to you, David. Dustin, who the hell is going to prosecute them? Listen, this, this is a product of Barack Hussein Obama, which is, right, what, what he did with uh, politicizing the attorney general and the top law enforcement agency by appointing Eric Garland and then Loretta Lynch, right, which is he, he realized that that was a position that would cover his back on any potential prosecutions or government interference. And before that, 
I mean, it, it, it had been, right, very bureaucratic and outside. It completely changed the game. And let, let's not bullshit ourselves. They are above the law, right? Just, just, just like Jamie Raskin and Eric Swalwell can take Jen's tweet and blatantly manipulate it, right? Like, it, it, literally, if you look by the side... If you take the side-by-sides, there's no question that that evidence was manipulated, right? There's no question that they took her word, they, they took cavalry and made it cavalry, right? Despite the fact that she spelled it, right, spelled it right, and we have numerous testimony from pastors who were with us at the time who helped us put together the Prayer to Save America event that Matt Couch spoke at amongst on, among many other like uh, great religious leaders around the country, um, and they can do whatever the hell they want, right? We can't even sue them because of the speech and debate clause, apparently. And and so the, the idea, we, we have to be real about some things, which is what we are uncovering, what we're witnessing with our government, whether this allegation or tr- is true or not, right? Regardless, is that they have weaponized against anyone that they see as a political threat. So, so if, if, if they think that you are a political threat of any kind, they will take you out. And, and, and the process, they, they don't have to get an indictment to ruin your life. Make no mistake. Right? Answer, answer nine subpoenas over the course of several years at a price tag of close to a quarter million dollars each just to get somebody represent you on something as complicated as these grand jury subpoenas, the January 6th committee subpoenas. I, I don't know what to do. I think the FBI needs to be literally stripped, like basically torn to the ground and rebuilt from scratch with no, no remaining holdovers. I, I don't know what else to do at this point. Like the, the, the corruption runs. So regardless of whether or not, this story in particular is true. We've seen all the other evidence. And take the main thing, for example. How many times do we have to hear that, oh, yeah, no, they were on our radar. They were totally on our radar, and right? Like, but we, we, we did nothing to stop. But don't worry, you guys. We got that dude who was at January 6th and never went into the building and never created any violence in any way. Don't worry. We got him. You guys are safe. You guys are totally safe. Like, their priorities are completely screwed up. And it's turning us into a banana republic. Oh, it... it, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, we are beyond there. I mean, (laughs) it is 100% turned into that. You know, and and you guys brought up Merrick Garland earlier. And uh, one of the things... So one of the things, if you guys... If you didn't know by now, Dustin, myself, and some others, uh, we were hosting spaces over the last week and a half uh, on the speaker race and what it all meant and who was involved in talking to Congress people and everything else. And one of the things about Mike Johnson that I liked specifically was how he understands the weaponization of government censorship and what's going on at our border and how he grilled Mayorkas. It's beyond time to impeach Mayorkas. It's beyond time to impeach Garland. Everybody wants the Joe Biden impeachment. Sure. So do I. I'd rather see the inquiry and get more information out of it and see who else is going to be attached to that instead of just going to an impeachment and bearing it. But uh, no, I mean, it's beyond it's beyond that time. Uh, you know, I talked to Kyle, as you guys know, and I would consider him a friend. And, uh, you know, that's that's their same sentiments as well. 
I don't know. I don't know how that how DOJ and FBI work enough to be able to say whether it all should be scrapped. But I can tell you this right now: everything that was that that bureau and that Department of Justice was supposed to stand for has been completely inverted on the American people, on Catholics, on on concerned parents at school boards, uh, on any kind of political opponent, depending upon who's the AG and who's in office, on average citizens. So much so that they can't even dig into you to try to find something that is actually unlawful. Instead, they have to manipulate tweets. They have to manipulate evidence, hide behind parliamentary immunity. They have relentless, uh, in, you know, pursuits of these sham impeachments and all these investigations, you know, calling American citizens domestic terrorists because we're conservative and Catholic or religious and and so, yeah, no, I, I agree to Dustin 100 percent. And Dr. Gorka, I know you're a busy guy and, and I appreciate you coming in. I invited you earlier. Uh, well, I wanted to get your take on this, Dr. Gorka, this Mark Meadows uh, allegedly wearing a wire. Uh, has Elon fixed Bluetooth? Can you guys hear me? You sound great. Yeah, you sound, you sound great. great. OK, uh, yeah, there's a technical term for this story. Bullshit. It's just utter crap. I mean, are we seriously? Does anybody who's ever met Mark Meadows, who's ever heard him speak, watched what he did in the White House, does anybody really believe that person wore a wire? I've had a really tough time ingesting this. Yeah, it's garbage. It's crap. I mean, un unless, unless they were hold literally holding a gun to his kid's head and telling him you do this, which, you know, given what the FBI has done in the last six years is not beyond the realms of complete lunacy. But unless he was blackmailed directly like Mike Flynn was when they told him we're going to take down your son and put him in prison right after his grandson was born, th there's no way on God's green earth uh, that Mark did this. And, and look at how the story is being, you know, being reported. Yesterday, it was one allegation that was totally weasel word in you know the the way it was phrased was complete washington weasel words even abc said that we cannot confirm this and now they up the ante what have we seen for the last seven years they just make crap up and you know seb um, having worked fairly closely with him in on capitol hill and his chief of staff is and was a really good friend of mine too you know, it's just so funny because if it had come to, say, some legal threat against Mark that they and they tried to pressure him to do such a thing, even then that would cause him to find some quiet way to walk away and move on. He's that honorable and and courageous a man as well, too. Look, I, I saw him. Um, I got a measure of Mark after he left the administration when he was the keynote for um, a Hillsdale event, for a private Hillsdale event. And, and he, somebody in the Q&A asked him about, you know, the 2020 election. And it was like a, a switch was flicked. Mark got so mad so fast. His face got red. He got a, you know, a bulging vein in his neck. And he said, you know, fake ballots? Do you want, you want to talk fake ballots? I'll show you fake ballots. Come to my office. I've got fake ballots. They did it. We know they did it. And we have the evidence. So we're, we're supposed to believe that guy, that guy is throwing President Trump under the bus on the 2020 election. No, I don't buy it. So that brings up a good point, Dr. Gorka. If, if 
the story is false and you're looking for reasoning behind it, you know, and we're completely speculating here, but it, could it be that reason to sort of disenfranchise the relationship between the two of them in, in public between Trump and Mark Meadows? Well, look, I, I, I cannot channel, uh, you know, the, 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 the lying bastards of the mainstream media. We had Erin Burnett yesterday say what? She actually said that Hamas gave shampoo to the 85-year-old grandmother they kidnapped. Therefore, Hamas is a pretty nice organization. I mean, these people are whores. They're political whores. They hate America. So if they can can say Hamas is okay because they give shampoo to grandmas they kidnapped, you know, at the same time that they're burning babies alive, they'll do anything to Americans here in America who they hate because the number one mission, the number one mission isn't to tell the truth. The number one mission is to prevent President Trump returning to the White House uh, as 47 and to make life as untenable for anybody who supports him, especially in a senior position like Mark did. And, you know, and this this is the one this is the one issue that I've had with the story is that who it's coming from. Right. I mean, Ryan Fournier, I, I would say he's not a he's not a breaking news uh, clickbait guy. And so, you know, I don't know where he got the story from. He says it, it was confirmed through several people in Congress, some people in the media. But yet the media is pretty quiet about the whole thing. So how, how, would, how would people in Congress know yeah. what the FBI was doing with wiretaps on Mark Meadows? I mean, again, bullshit. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, that's why I'm glad you're here. That's why I, I'm glad you came in, because I've been really trying to like figure out a way to distill this. Because, uh, and again, Ryan, Ryan is a solid guy. Uh, so it was really it was really tough for me. Like it would have been easy for me to be able to dismiss Dr. Gorka because if it would have gone to Newsweek, it would have gone to some rag. It would have gone. It wouldn't have gone to somebody like Ryan, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So I, I do have a lot of questions more than answers. That's for sure. But I, 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 I'm leaning with you. Um, Good. Well, yeah. what, well, well, no, listen, you've 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 heard from Jim and me and Seb and a bunch of people who, right on its face, just nothing about this smells right at all. And what do we always say about Congress? Like, there are nothing but leaks. Like, if you want something to go public, give it to Congress in secret, and the public will know about it universally. Like, not, and, and like I said, even the war a wire part doesn't make any sense, knowing what current surveillance equipment would be available if you had to hang on, hang on. This, this is this is massively, this is massively important. So this point is th- th- this point kills it. This is the kill shot. Are we really saying that the president left office three years ago, and before that, Mark was wearing a wire, and we're only hearing about it now, as soon as anything anything potentially damaging about the president is available to the deep state or the legacy lying media it is used as a political cudgel we're supposed to believe that they had intelligence from within the white house at the level of chief of staff and the fbi didn't leak it to cnn and the washington post for the last three years that's it guys that's all the proof you need this is complete garbage yeah and dr gork i I also raised the question before too i was like okay so my very first question when i took this in 
in the first 30 seconds was, okay, well then explain to me how the secret service didn't know about this. Cause that's a really tough one for me to swallow as well. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And, and by the way, just to throw in here, you know, I, I've run into a lot and, and Seb has too. I've run into a lot of people in politics in the 30 years that I've done stuff. And I'm going to tell you this, you don't often find people of supreme moral character and courage that you can rely on for everything that even if there's some mistake they make, they get it right. And then they immediately push back forward again. Mark Meadows, in my experience is one of those very few people like that. The man is of supremely great character and courage because he does not care what people think about him. Not because he, he doesn't care about him, but because he's already checked himself because he keeps himself right, which also gives him courage. I just, I couldn't stand up more for the man. And also, well, that leads also, me to there, my point, Jim. There's a fact pattern here, right? The the people who were saboteurs, you know, like like Bolton, like Kelly, the, the the people who were in there as fifth columnists, they were fifth columnists inside, and once they lost their cushy position as fifth columnists, they started trashing the president immediately after the election, right? So, so, you know, whether it's Scaramucci, whether it's Kelly, whether it's Mattis, all of these people showed their true colors as soon as they were able to do so. Mark, Mark Meadows hasn't done that. Why would he be the only one who's done the ultimate in fifth column saboteur activity and wore a wire inside the White House's chief of staff, and then he stays loyal to the president after he leaves office? Again, I, I think we need to move on because th this thing, this thing is is you know as as broken as a, a three dollar note. That that uh, that's a great point, Seb, because he hadn't got his multi million dollar book deal, which he most certainly would have gotten. Right. Absolutely. So the reporting of Meadows in his interactions with Smith's team, saying that he told Trump that the voter fraud allegations were baseless, compounded with. Dr. Gorka's story of your at your event saying fake ballots, the opposite. Fake ballots. He said the opposite, the opposite. Okay. In, front, in front of a public in front of an audience of conservatives. He said exactly the opposite. So we can't read, though. I mean, we're all reading. Who knows what's released at this point? We don't have any actual evidentiary findings like of documents of any testimony whatsoever that would corroborate that. That's what he told the special counsel right. that he told them it was baseless. OK, well. Dr. Gorka, quick question for you. With somebody like Ryan Fortier, I mean, the president of students for Trump, I mean, what, it, it's strange. You know, he's with X Strategies. He has a lot of connections. It's it really odd for someone like Ryan to, to put, a, put a story like this out, isn't it? It is. Get, get, get him on this space. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, he's I like the guy. He's been you know, pretty reliable since he's been on social media. Uh, you know, everybody makes a mistake now and again. I, I, I based upon what people told me who worked for him uh, in the Bush administration, I said publicly that, you know, Bill Barr's a good guy. I've made that one mistake in, in the last six years. So, you know, everybody makes mistakes. This could be Ryan, you know, with his one big screw up. But, but you know, DM him right now and get him up on this space. I, I shot him a text message. I have not heard back yet. So right, as soon as he texts back, I'll, I will text, I will try to get him I'll in here for it. I'm driving right now, but I'll text him. Thank you, Doc. Yep. And to be fair, we all sat around with Mike Benz for the past three months, not realizing that either. So 
Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point there, Call. That's a great point. Re- uh, re- folks, not, not realizing just... what? Well, that he admitted that he was pretending to be an alt-right figure to what he claims to be de-radicalizing, you know, conservative right-wing youth. Uh-huh. And when it came out, he admitted to it, and he said that it was part of an intelligence operation to de-radicalize the youth, which is very it's odd. It's an odd story, you know. Well, this, this was my point, Matt, and, and maybe, Seb, you, you can shed some light on this. You know, we're seeing Jenna Ellis flip her entire story in a scripted apology yesterday on, uh, <laughs> on national TV. And it totally, I mean, everybody can see right through it. And then we go back to her tweets. You know, and obviously an attorney client privilege is much different than this. Um, Do you think even though Mark is a great guy of great moral character, strong, do you think they might have something on him or they conjured something up? And if so, what could that be? Because I, I just don't see him flipping his story. I see him being very consistent over the years. Uh, this is where I don't like spaces, right? This is where we get into, you know, ninth dimensional supposition. And it's like, it's a waste of my time. It's a waste of the audience's time. You know, I said once, I mean, if they had a gun to his kid's head, that's the only scenario I could imagine, you know, Mark doing this in. Uh, what else could they have on him? I don't know. And I'm not prepared to infer because you could, you know, make anything up and it's not based upon any evidence. So uh, I I have no idea. I don't believe the story. It doesn't fit into a fact pattern. If he was a subversive, he would have come out of his shell three years ago. He would have got the book deal. Uh, The idea that he had wire material and the transcripts were not used by the deep state, by the DOJ, you know, by by the Washington Post uh, for the last three years. None of it holds water. None of it. Hey, Seb, uh, to to get on something more relevant, uh, maybe not the top of the news. I mean, are are you like me? Of course, I, I figured this would happen anyway. But are you like me seeing that everything that they're bringing up against Donald Trump is just falls with every new bit of information we have. Like the Jenna Ellis thing is a nothing burger, but, um, but even beyond that, the whole, everything, I mean, it's, it's an annoyance and it's continuing on. It's dragging on because of the court processes, but everything's falling apart. It seems finally. Well, you know, when, when you're bringing, you're bringing felony charges because president Trump, you know, posted on Truth Social to watch a hearing of the Georgia Senate. I mean, this is the bizarro world we live in, right? When when you're bringing RICO charges, when there's no underlying crime. And and just look at the January 6th, look at the Proud Boy charges. 22 years for seditious conspiracy. But even the final sentencing document can't tell you seditious conspiracy to commit what there's no under what spicy text messages between you know proud boys that's that's not treasonous and that's not a felony so there never was anything anywhere Uh, and and you know as to jenna jenna's always been a bit loopy if i could jump in uh hey dr g it's good to talk to you again 
Um, you know, and that's the crazy thing about this. I think the story, the reason why it's timed this way, and I'm curious to get your opinion on it. I mean, look, there's a lot of news going on right now. And the one thing that people are not talking about really anymore is Jenna Ellis or <laughs> this, all these pleadings and, you know, in, in the uh, Georgia case. So what I'm thinking is essentially the whole point of all of this is to try to make Trump look bad. And if people are not paying attention to these false prosecutions, then why not release a story that gets people to talk about it again bingo. amongst all this other news that they're talking about instead? What do you think? Uh, bingo, bingo. I, I'm a, I've arrived home and I'm going to go say hi to my wife. But look, you know, Go Goebbels, the minister of propaganda for, for the little Austrian corp corporal, is meant to have said, you know, if a, a lie is repeated a thousand time, times, it becomes the truth. That's what they've been trying to do now for six years with President Trump for one very simple reason. Nobody owns him. Nobody controls him. And he's the one person who can actually, you know, get us a representative government in our republic. So, yeah, th this is this is what they've been doing for six years. They have to destroy him because they don't control him. That's why this is really happening. All right, guys, I might tune in later, but uh, God bless you. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Enjoy your time with your wife. You're a great man. We appreciate you, man. God bless. Keep fighting. Bye. <clears throat> yep. Thanks, Dr. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Seb. Trash, I want to say this, too, and uh, I think Seb made some great points there. Uh, but I also want to say that I think this whole story, uh, whether it's true or false, we're, we're going to find that out pretty soon because Ryan Fournier is going to have to deliver the goods like Jim and, and Dr. Gork and others have said, Dustin, or it's going to be a really bad uh, mark on on the career of Ryan Fournier, which is strange. I shot him a text. We'll see if he if he jumps in here. But, you know, and, and, and I don't know. I mean, this may – here's the thing. If this is a criminal case – and I, I should try to get, like, uh, Eric Matheny or one of my attorneys in here. David, aren't you an attorney? As well, uh, David yes. Okay, yes, sweet. I am. I am. No, no, yeah, yeah, not just not, – not only did you stay at Holiday and Express last night and do you host a radio show, you're also an attorney. Uh, so perfect. I, I wear um, a lot of hats, Matt, a lot of hats. A, a lot of – I know, man. And, and do me a favor. Stop driving the Schwann's truck by my house. I'm not committing to that, bro. All right? I uh, just want to throw that out there to you. Um but, you know, I'm not an attorney. I did not stay to Holiday Inn Express. But if this turns out to be criminal and Ryan Forney has information that's part of a criminal case that he has leaked, could that be the could that be the reason why you're not seeing a whole lot of information at this point, David? I don't know. I mean, that as an attorney, I will tell you that I don't practice in that type of law. And so I, I don't want to speculate, but I can tell you if Ryan had information uh, that was criminal and it was secret and somehow he released it knowing I mean he would have to have certain clearances and then leak information that he wasn't supposed to have I think to even make him responsible for it he's acting as a reporter and so if somebody gave information to him that was that was supposed to be held in confidence that would it would be on that person not the person who released it um, that that's my thought on it but I, I don't know the whole thing Matt is just odd the timing is odd like I told Dr. G I think there was there's a shooting in Maine there's a war in the Middle East and nobody's paying attention to what Fanny is doing in Georgia. And, you know, I don't think I don't think Ryan was acting out of malice. I think somebody gave him the information intentionally. And I think he said, well, this is big news. And he verified it with somebody else who you know how Washington is. Everybody wants to be first to know stuff. And so I think he had something and he he shared it. And maybe he'll say, well, maybe my sources weren't accurate. 
And I think that's how this thing ends, because nobody's paying attention to the to what they're claiming Trump did. And especially right now, it's primetime theater. All these people are pleading guilty and reading all of these statements and nobody cares because real news is happening in other parts of the world in the country. And I think that's the idea here is how do we get people to pay attention to the fake things that they're saying about Trump. And and, and that's what's going to burn them the entire time. All of these fake prosecutions, all the effort that they're putting into hurting Trump, it's doing the exact opposite. If you saw there was new polling out today, Joe Biden is falling even further. He's down 11 points on approval rating amongst Democrats. So, I mean, the world is caving, and that's a Gallup poll. And the world is caving in on the Democrats. Now with RFK going to take the never Trump and never Biden vote, Trump is going to sail to reelection in spite of all of these indictments. And they're freaking out and they're trying to figure out a way to hurt Trump. And this is just another way of doing it. Let's just go ahead and draw attention to these fake crimes. And look, there'll be another allegation tomorrow. I don't think Mark Meadows wore a wire. And I think, Ryan, maybe he got information that he thought was good. And I think we'll probably find out it probably wasn't. Well, and one of the good things about this, just to follow up on what you're saying, David, is the fact, and it's it's a it's pleasing to me. Although this is still all this stuff is so incredibly messy, but what's happening here with Donald Trump again, by the way, is that truth is working its way through the process. I, I don't know how all the court case stuffs going to actually play out. So that's you know some of that is a little bit up in the air. Maybe the federal cases in particular, but. But the reality is this, when someone has not done something wrong, even the court process that comes against them can can exonerate the public perception that has been flooded with mis and disinformation. By the way, if there's any mis and disinformation that needs, and I don't think any of it does, that needs to be shut down in this country, it's what comes, well, actually, it does need to be shut down from the federal government. The federal government and, and other government agencies propagate more lies, <clears throat> more purposeful lies that are designed to throw people off the scent of what's really going on than even anyone in the public does. And there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in the public. But what we're finding out is that, and thankfully, Donald Trump's the type of person to hang in there. What we're finding out is that if you will hang in there for truth, and this is a lesson to everybody here, and it should be something we're demanding of the elected officials that we want to stand for us, uh, is that if you just stand into the truth, the truth can prevail. It takes a lot of hard work. It's very frustrating. You go down into the valley and you come back up on the mountain, but you've got to do it. This is why standing on principle, knowing what those principles are and sticking with them is always the best course to take as uh, onerous and and perilous as it seems. I agree, Jim, a hundred percent. And that's, if you guys know me on Twitter by now, like I, if I, if, if I'm not, a, if I'm not a hundred percent sure on something, I'm not going to thread something out until I know it's true, unless I have receipts and the, the receipts are all that matters to me. And you know, what's interesting about this story is that I, I stand behind Ryan Forney 100%. And what made this believable to me was not Mark Meadows' character, because I can't speak to Mark Meadows' character. I think Dr. Gorka did quite well in doing so, and I'm sure you did as well. But what I can say is it is 1,000% within the realm of possibility that it happened, setting aside Mark Meadows, because of how we see the, how the FBI, the DOJ, how the, the whole of the government 
has been doing this and continues to do this and just continues to 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 step and trample all over constitutional rights of American citizens with absolute impunity. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that someone, not Mark Meadows, again, I, I cannot speak to his character, but I think the two people that do know him can speak to his character, and we've heard from them on this stage. And so, you know, it's the, the problem is, is that it, the story is so believable to me. That's what the problem is. And, you know, I'll give you an example. You're talking about missing disinformation and the government being one of the biggest arbiters of, of, of said, you know, missing disinformation and gaslighting. You know, when you take a look at the Missouri v. Biden case, I, you guys probably are so sick of me talking about this, but I'm never going to not talk about this case because it shows with government documents, government records, emails from the digital communications director at the White House under the Biden administration, from the communicate emails from communications at the CDC, from our Surgeon General, and from all of these agencies connected with, you know, CISA and Department of Homeland Security on how they were not only trying to take down and censor mis and disinformation as they would describe it, but malinformation, information that was true but they didn't like how the public would react to that true information. So they, 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 they blotted it out. And when asked in court, Judge, Judge Terry Doty in court was speaking to the federal government and the, and the defendants in this case. They said, he basically asked, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, uh, can you tell me, he basically went on to this, this tirade about this is so Orwellian and what we are witnessing here is just an egregious trampling of First Amendment rights. Uh, can you sit here in this courtroom and tell me that the U.S. government wouldn't continue censoring American speech as we've seen here in this injunction hearing so far? And the attorneys and the counsel for the U.S. government said, no, we can't. We couldn't promise that. So to hear that. Right. And to say, no, I can't. We can't promise you that we wouldn't do this to American citizens again. And that's why this case is so important. And you look at what's going on within our DOJ and all that corruption and the Russiagate and the the Peter Stroke and Lisa Page and the FISA, uh, you know, the FISA warrants, Carter Page. And you look at people like Charles McGonagall, you know, corrupt to the core, head of the counterterrorism unit in the New York field office, as Kyle mentioned before, the second largest uh, FBI office in the country, aside from D.C. And you see what they're willing to do with American people. So you hear this. So, you know, this story, unfortunately, whether it's true or not, does still represent exactly what is happening in this country and a complete weaponization of government to go after the one man that they don't want to hold that office as if it's an existential threat, which I believe it to be for them. So I, I just, to that point, I, I, I need some more sauce on this, Ryan. I really do, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. And this story specifically with Meadows, I think Dr. Gorka and Jim have made a great case that it's probably not true with Meadows, but they, they've, they've got a great case. I mean, my only concern with this and, you know, there's always um, dysfunctionality with families. Right, Trash? Uh, nobody <laughs> yeah. thinks that their family could do something horrific or that they're I mean, you know, not, I don't want to compare anything. But, you know, if a, you know, if a family member goes off and, you know, beats up somebody in a bar, everybody that's in the family goes, oh, I can't believe Tommy did that. It's unlike his character, you know, but there is dysfunctionality within families. Things like this do happen. With everything we've seen, I don't think it's past the realm of possibilities that this could be plausible. You know, Dustin brought it up. I mean, it could be even more serious than, like Dustin said, it's not like a scene from a 1995, you know, Mission Impossible flick where, 
you know, they rip open the shirt and there's the wire taped to his chest. I mean, it can be as simple as he's planning devices, you know, in the Oval Office and other places. I mean, we don't know what this entails. I do know that Ryan Fournier is close enough with the Trump team, with Derek Utley and that crew. I mean, they run X Strategies, which is the largest conservative marketing group in the country. You know, and he's also the president for Students for Trump. So the guy that's breaking the story, uh, it's not like it's not like he doesn't. It's not like it's like, oh, yeah, he's been around President Trump. I mean, he can pick the phone up and call President Trump. So this is a guy. But, but we've seen this time and time again. You know, you look at this like Roger Stone doesn't like Jason Miller. And I mean, we can go through all this. Right. Like there, it's it's a family, but families fight. Brothers fight. And so, I mean, I, I don't think it's past the realm of possibilities that this this could have actually happened. I think we've got to look at that, that it is possible possibility that it did happen. Uh, but I also don't think that Ryan would put this out negligently without without knowing something. I really don't. I've never seen him do it before. And uh, I would be surprised if he did it now. Uh, I can't speak to Mark Meadows. You said that very well, Trash, I, to his character. I've shaken his hand a couple of times, you know, don't know him that well. Um, but, you know, people are taking immunity and plea deals. Um a lot of that, folks, by the way, I don't think it's necessarily that they're flipping on Trump. It's just people don't understand the costs of these kind of lawsuits, the, the, the criminality of a lawsuit. These people are you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars in attorney fees that most people don't just have. So you either cut a plea deal and save yourself half a million dollars that you don't have or you, you know, you, you know what I mean? Or, or you're you're just screwed. It's, it's, it's pretty much that simple. Let's go to Kat the Hammer. She's had her hand up a long time. Uh, then we're going to go back around. We got some hands. We got Kevin and Storm, and then uh, Savvy, you're there too. We're, I saw your your mic there. We're going to go around the horn. Your cat, what's on your mind, girl? Hey, um, I wanted to pop in here. I just got done with the Colonel space. It was a really emotional one. I actually broke on air. I feel really bad about that, but I'm human. Um, I wanted to say you have a killer space going here, dude. Great information. I saw I, uh, a little bird told me that uh, Seb was in here, so I had to pop in, of course. Um, hey, to bounce off what Trash was saying. This story breaking is definitely an example of where we're at in this country. It's crazy that we're talking about the absolute fecklessness of this government, that they are doing everything they can to suppress us um, and, and, and temper us and discourage us. And I think that the thing with Trump, them refocusing on Trump, Jim has heard me say this before. I think it's a complete referendum on the entirety of the American people. Cross us, question us. And you will feel our wrath because I definitely think this is bigger than Trump. This isn't a message to all of us. Don't you dare question us. Don't you dare question our methods or you will suffer our wrath. Um, it, it's been a feeling I've had for a while. And I've had a lot of other, I don't know. I've talked to a lot of other um, senators about it and stuff too. And they they feel the same way, the obviously Republicans. So I just wanted to throw it out there. I can't stay long. I'm literally cooking dinner before our space tonight at eight o'clock. Um, I just wanted to pop in and say hi to everybody in great space. No, what Kat just did, Thank you I agree very with much. what she said, but what she did was came in to plug her space and then leave us. That's ridiculous, Kat. You know, I know when I'm being played. I, I am know not. When I'm being used, and frankly, it's fine. I, you know I love you. You plug your space. It's what she does. <laughs> and, oh, my God. <laughs> Trash, if you don't come into my our space tonight, you're a communist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You heard it here, folks. Breaking whoa, 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 whoa. Raccoon I love you guys. I'm staying for a while. I will drop down to I'm listener. Sorry. I just have to cook dinner before I book before I burn this chicken. It's I'm going to be a very hangry person if I do that. So I'm going to drop down to listener and listen for a while, guys. Thanks, love you. Thank you for letting me talk. 
go check out her space at uh, in two hours. I believe she said eight p.m. That's Thursday. So yeah, that'd be that would be eight p.m. Eastern. Sorry, guys, I'm on left coast time, so I always have to like do like maths, and uh, that's always fun. So uh, we got a few hands. Uh, Kevin joined us. Stormy, I know you, I see your hand there too, but uh, Kevin, haven't heard from you today yet. Storm coming to you, and then Sabin coming to you as well. Go ahead, Kevin. Mr. New York, let's go. Chop, chop. All right. All right. I'm going to Kev's not paying attention. As long as you're talking a New York accent, Savvy, then you can talk. I don't know how to, how do I do that? What do I do? <laughs> just go. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Oh, Kev. It's your girl. I No, we're, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, Yes. So <laughs> to uh, Maddie's point. You have to understand, too, it's not just financial because you look at the alternate electors and their ages. You look at Sidney Powell, like she just had a grandbaby. So and you're looking at time, if they don't take these deals, they could potentially a be bankrupt, but b spend an eternity in prison to where they would live out the rest of their days. Which would you rather do? Would you rather be separated from your family in prison and die there? Or take a, a plea deal, which is, yes, you're going against, you know, your inner selves, but you've got your money and you're with your family. So you have to understand that train of thought. I mean, any of us with given that opportunity, I you can't tell me anyone that wouldn't consider that, you know, having to be separated from your loved ones, your family and bankrupted at the same time. So that's all I wanted to add to Matt's point. No, thanks, Savvy. Appreciate that as well. Um, just to kind of reset the room here, Ryan Fournier, who is the president for Students for Trump and, of course, one of the founders of X Strategies, reporting today that allegedly Mark Meadows worked for the FBI as an informant and wore a wire to record all conversations with President Trump while he was the chief of staff to him. Uh, but, folks, this isn't, if this is true, it's unconstitutional. It's criminal uh, and it jeopardized national security. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards I just don't think that Ryan would make this story up. And, and that's just me personally. Um, I, I don't, I've known Ryan for a while. I know some of the X strategies guys, you know, Derek Utley's an Arkansas guy. I just don't see them making this up. There's no point in them making this up. They've already got the Trump campaign's business. There would be no point in them putting this out uh, to jeopardize that. And so I think that, you know, this could end up being true, but like I said earlier, families fight, uh, plea deals happen, like Savvy said, uh, and more or less to try to help uh, the other party out, you know, to try to, to alleviate some of the stress that these guys, that's what they do. For those that aren't in the fight directly, they, they basically wear you out financially. You look at General Flynn, you look at what they've done to myself with other lawsuits. I mean, they try to wear you down, beat you down, and make it to where you can't afford to do anything but, you know, cave. And, and, that's, just, and that's the Democrat MO. It's just what they do. So uh, you got you to look at that from that perspective as well. Um, I think we're going to go for like maybe another 45 minutes here in this space as it's, you know, I, I don't know what much, I don't know how much more we can really discuss this trash. I've got a show uh, at 10 PM Matt after dark with producer Gringo that we've got to get to in a few hours. Uh, that'll be live on the freedom first network. So maybe 45 more minutes and then if trash wants to start up one and bounce over or something, I'll let him do that. Um, but we've been going at it for several hours here in this space. Uh, David Pollock storm have their hands up. I don't know who was first, um, David, I'm going to go with you just because I get to plug 94.9 FM in Orlando, check out the David Pollock show, and then we'll go to Storm well, next. Well, I was going to tell you, Matt, now that there's some levity in this space, 
I was going to tell you, you do have a space tonight, and it's a lot of fun, the after-hour space, and I do encourage everybody to go there. But since it's a late space and some people might be getting tired, I was wondering if you can recommend a way for us to stay awake later into the evening. I, I can. They can actually go to Mad After Dark, that's M-A-D, live on the Freedom First Network at 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central Time. And then also in that space, we're going to have some special guests tonight. But here's the kicker. It's brought to you by BeardVet.com one of the official sponsors of this space as well. That's BeardVet.com. I want to remind you to use the promo code Matt or David, promo code Matt or David at BeardVet.com. Uh, and I, I do want to give that to you. know They've got great, great coffees like Militia Maple, Combat Crunch, the Dress Blues for the Marine Corps. They give back to veterans with every purchase. You can also get the new BeardVet Energy. It's a massive 64-ounce energy pump bottle. You put one shot into one shot into your water. gives it an amazing citrus flavor, no calories, the same caffeine as a cup of coffee. And last but not least, don't forget those beard oils. Men, I want to remind you here, David can tell you he's got the beard going on. So does Alpha. I've got the goatee. Bruce has a beard going on. Trash has a beard everywhere. Uh, so with that being said, if you use the beard oils, I like the tobacco and vanilla, but I'm going to warn you, the women will chase you like a succulent pork chop. you got to be careful. you got to be fast on your feet. you got to be nimbly. I've been working on my uh, wheelchair skills to get faster. So uh, with that being said, guys, you've got to, you got to be fast if you're going to wear the beard oils. That is our disclaimer in our PSA. If you wear them, we are not responsible in any way, shape, or form, nor liable for your injuries. Uh, so once again, BeardVet.com, official sponsor of this space, and Matt After Dark at 10 p.m. Central Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and I did radio for a couple of years, if you guys couldn't tell, David. Great job. Radio voice, Matt. For real. Best. And then David has the best, like, TV show like voice we got some heavy hitters up in here oh see that's why i love you savvy she's savvy now for y'all to know who don't know savvy like personally she's one of the nicest people in real life as well as on social media and uh you know one day maybe after dark if she joins the uh the later on space we'll tell you a story about how she once waited in line to have 10 books signed by all of her friends while the rest of us got to go to a bar and have a few drinks that's the kind of woman savvy is We'll, we'll tell you that story later, but it could have been the beard oils. She could have been smelling all the beard oils and like, you know what? I'll do anything for these guys because the scented beard oils just smelled so darn good. That's what it was. I was under some sort of wizardry hypnotics from beard vet beard oil. That's, it's it's legalized ether savvy. That's what we call it. It's legalized oh, ether. Yeah. yeah. The pheromones fellas. My God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, and, and you know, with David and I, we don't even, you know, it's, it's crazy when you put our pheromones together with the beard oils, I mean, uh, you know, we need weaponry to get out of that situation alive, David. I would faint and fall back in it, okay? That's just all it is. Trash, I know uh, I know you you definitely are a fan of the beard oils, being a raccoon. Uh, you know, you're one handsome, smelly dude. And uh, and you've got, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much you use. I bet Trash has stock in Beard Vet because he's got to use a lot of the beard oil, buddy. You know, Matt, I do. And I also have to make sure that I have, you know, personal self, uh, self-defense, um, you know, not only techniques, but items on me at all times. Because, Matt, to your, to your point, um, I, watched, I watched those women chase you down, Matt. Uh, they chased you down. They smelled it. They got one whiff. And I'm sitting over here like, what, what about me, ladies? Well, it was because I did not, in fact, have the beard oil. And they basically tackled you. Uh, they wouldn't let you get up off the ground. And they were fighting over you. I believe you came out of that shirtless as well. I think they all got a piece of the shirt. Uh, they were just like crying, like it was a Taylor Swift concert, all from the beard oil, Matt. So yeah, I'm a big fan as well. 
Aaron, didn't you say there were like 16 women you were trying to fight yes. off of you and Matt? That's what it, that's... it was bad. Savvy. I don't remember a lot because I was, I was getting mauled, but I do remember, uh, you know, that, that, that trash was like, Matt, go save yourselves. I've got this. What an incredible person Aaron is to sacrifice himself for a friend. Wow. wow. And then the last thing I remember was, uh, was trash and uh, David pulled up. I don't know where David got this golf cart at, but they loaded <laughs> me on a golf cart and got me out of there. No, let me tell you, David is everywhere and he is the happiest person because we were in West Palm and he comes bebopping in at like eight o'clock in the morning. He's like, Hey y'all, good morning. He's like, I just went to bed an hour ago. And I'm like, what? And he is just the most lively everything. It doesn't surprise me. He just pops in just wherever, you know, it's wherever there are Patriots together, David just kind of appears. It's Beard Vet Coffee. Get yourself some Zero Dark 30 and you'll have all the energy in the world. You can go out drinking a whole night, get yourself a couple of shots of Zero Dark 30. And next thing you know, you rub some beard oil on and you're ready to go and and it's just a lot of fun. But in all honesty, um, I love this world. I love this space and I love you people. And so anytime I'm in to have the opportunity to be around people with the energy, enthusiasm and, and, and doing the things that you guys do, I just love it. And, and it fuels me. So uh, that's where the energy comes from. And of course, Beard Vet, coffeebeardvet.com. David, what time is your show? Uh, uh, my show's on Mondays at 7 right. p.m. here in Orlando. And as you said, 94, 9 FM, 950 AM, The Answer Orlando. Um, but we stream um, on all of my social media platforms, including right here on X. If you go to my profile, you'll see my past episode that's pinned to the top there. And then every week we uh, pin our new episode right there to the top. And then if you don't mind, Matt, every Monday um, after the show, we do an after the show space beginning at 830 p.m. Eastern time. And we usually carry on the conversation from the show because my show is only an hour long. So we want to keep talking. So I usually invite whatever guests we have on the show, we invite them into the space. And then we invite you all in to participate in the conversation. So if you watch the show and you're like, dude, that was a cool guy. I want to talk to him. We usually or a girl or whatever, whoever, per, whatever person was on the show at that particular time or raccoon. Um, we invite them into the space after and um, we continue the conversation. So. Uh, I appreciate that, Matt, and I appreciate all the kind words, and I appreciate the microphone in this space. Hey, we appreciate you as well, David. Hey, Trash, I've been trying to get – I'm going to Trash here next. I've been trying to get Trash to launch his own show called Tales from the Can, Yeah, you know, because he's a, rash, a raccoon. He spends a lot of time in the garbage can. I think Tales from the Can with his picture, you know, on it, and he, and he does a show five days a week. Uh, trash, I would subscribe. I would tune in. I would buy the merchandise, and I'll yield back to you. Yeah, Trash from the Bin actually sounds even better. It's got a like, nice little ring to it. Um, and to kind of get back on track here, because poor Storms had his hand up, and uh, I don't want him to feel like he's going to derail from all this uh, amazing promo work that we just did. So, with that being said, we've been talking about this, and we were talking about the. I kind of, I think, where I saw his hand shoot up was when I was talking about the weaponization of the government, how we wouldn't put it past them to do something like this. And then again, too, I'm not speaking to anyone's character at all, because again, I do not know the man. I have heard glowing reviews from people up on stage. And so, you know, I, I would defer typically with people with personal personal connections and, and let that go. And I also know that Ryan has been nothing but a rock star. So, again, I think some great points have been made. So with that being said, Storm, I'll kick you back in here. I didn't want to I didn't want to make it feel like it was uh, oil and water. Go ahead. There, there's no way we can recover from this trash. I think we're pretty much off the rails. And I got to say, even though this little baby face of a profile pic uh, I think we need to have a beard contest just to feel like we're on the inner circle. I'm happy to do that. I had about a four inch going and then I couldn't stand it. My wife loved it. I uh, didn't have to beat her down. So 
I'm just saying I'm going to subscribe to that beard oil. And I was wondering how you guys do this. You are machines. So I figured out the Zero Dark 30 secret. Hey, what's up? Now I know that I don't have to fall asleep in your face or in your space like I did last night. So, you know, um, back on track here. We'll, we'll try and get this. Savvy was right on point. Um, <laughs> how do we get back on point? We're going to try. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's nice to be with great people and great company. And David's looking, you know, nice and trim, too. So um, don't worry. I'm married. It's cool. And I like women. So there you go. Um, you know, when I was thinking about the uh, the whole abuse of power thing, um, I'm thinking about who frames in the Constitution and who interprets the Constitution. And it seems like we have two separate views that are completely opposite. And there's really a lot of gray area where they don't know how to meet in the middle. So if we break this down and look at the way that, you know, law enforcement or the top uh, alphabet agencies function, it doesn't seem like it really flows to the right hand side of the spectrum or scope so to speak so who is responsible or accountable if let's just say we let this madness go on and this craziness go on with abuse of power and you know we've got two separate sides trying to interpret the constitution and then we have a republican house and then we have a democratic senate and then we hey, have Storm, a can you hold that thought? I want to break in here. I'm yeah, going to come go right back to you. We've got some breaking news. Jack Smith is accusing President Trump of threatening Mark Meadows and is asking for the gag order what? to be revived, which makes you wonder about this Ryan Fournier story here unfolding. Uh, that's Pro Special Prosecutor Jack Smith accusing President Trump of threatening Mark Meadows, has asked the judge for the gag order to be revived. That's uh, from the New York Post. Uh, also, ABC and The Guardian both reporting uh, that the uh, special counsel has accused President Trump of threatening Mark Meadows uh, following uh, today's activity. So I, I don't know what's going on here, but this is, uh, I think they're, where they're normally guys where there's smoke, there's firestorm. Uh, makes you wonder now that this is coming out where they're trying to, where Jack Smith wants to gag order him and saying that the president threatened Mark Meadows. Well, here's where I'm going with this. And, and I just, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Savvy. Well, I was just saying, I just popped over to Truth to see, and there's nothing on his Truth Social, and you know that that's exactly where he's going to go, like, go off, right? Well, this this might have been a phone call, <laughs> if he's that well, pissed. <laughs> come on. Oh, my gosh. Show me where President Trump hurt my feeling in my ear. Like, give me a break. Well, that that's the point. How do we limit the power of a prosecutor like Jack Smith? To basically shut up the former president of the United States who has every right to speak on this. And it's his interpretation of saying you're witness tampering or you're intimidating witnesses, which we all know is absolute BS. It's almost like he's doing this to continue to drive more support one way or another. And it's a losing battle. For wait, wait, wait. Did Trump's actually, that did guy Trump say something about Meadows today? Apparently, I, I don't know, Justin, what's happened, but all the major news outlets are not reporting the Ryan Fournier scoop, but they are reporting that Jack Smith and the special counsel have accused President Trump of threatening Mark Meadows, and they've asked for a gag order to be revived. Special counsel says that Trump is threatening Mark Meadows uh, of, t I guess, the testimony. I'm not really sure exactly, you know, what's what's going on here, you know, as far as... Um, you know, the, 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 the situation, I mean, this is all kind of developing. Right. Because the, the immunity um, deal was for the Georgia case. Right. But it's known that, that, that Meadows was working for the FBI as an informer. Or that's the allegation that obviously would be the Jack Smith's case. Right. Yes. You know, no, a hundred percent. And that's where uh, I think Ryan Fournier is coming in at with this, this information today. Um, but they're basically the special counsel is claiming that in posts on truth social, the, 
the, the Trump threatened Meadows. I don't see anything where he threatened Meadows. Of course, you know, Justin, I mean, I know you're not a Trump fan, but I mean, like, I don't, I don't think I'm a, I'm a free speech absolutist other than if you're no, you're not going to scream mom on an airplane or in an airport. I mean, there's obviously there's certain things you can't do. Right. But I, I don't, I totally disagree with any type of silencing of free speech as an American. And so what the judge is doing, what these special counsels are doing, Justin, I don't, I, I don't like that at all. Oh, I, I totally agree. Uh, but Trump is his own worst enemy here for these things because the, the judicial system for better or worse has a lot of leeway when it comes to, for example, like I'll give you an example we raise a lot of funds for uh, nonprofit groups that help some of these officers, uh, like the officer. Um, yeah. Give it to Congress. And I, I'm, I'm revived. Special counsel says that Trump is threatening Mark Meadows, uh, of, t I guess the testimony. I'm not really sure exactly, you know, what's, what's going on here, you know, as far as, um, you know, the, 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 the situation, I mean, this is all kind of developing. Right. Because the, the immunity um, deal was for the Georgia case. Right. But it's known that, that, that Meadows was working for the FBI as an informer, or that's the allegation, that obviously would be the Jack Smith's case, right? Yes, you know, no, 100%. And that's where uh, I think Ryan Fournier is coming in at with this, this information today. Um, but they're basically the special counsel is claiming that in posts on Truth Social, the, the, the Trump threatened Meadows. I don't see anything where he threatened Meadows. Of course, you know, Justin, I mean, I know you're not a Trump fan, but I mean, like, I don't, I don't think I'm a, I'm a free speech absolutist other than if you're no, you're not going to scream mom on an airplane or in an airport. I mean, there's obviously there's certain things you can't do. Right. But I, I don't, I totally disagree with any type of silencing of free speech as an American. And so what the judge is doing, what these special counsels are doing, Justin, I don't, I, I don't like that at all. Oh, I, I totally agree. Uh, but Trump is his own worst enemy here for these things because the, the judicial system for better or worse has a lot of leeway when it comes to, for example, like I'll give you an example we raise a lot of funds for uh, nonprofit groups that help some of these officers, uh, like the officer in Texas, the officer in Tennessee, who have been charged by these AGs, right? And when we do that, we make sure, for example, that we exclude anyone in the state because just by happen chance that it got to one of the potential jurors, then the AGs have even more to go after the guy. So those are things that we look at very strongly, and that's you know best that it's best practices now. Trump is not one to follow best practices, but there you go. It's it's just a it's an interesting sort of dynamic, which is for better or worse, the judiciary has a lot of power when it comes to, for example, you intimidated this witness or this juror or otherwise. Yeah, so federal prosecutors on Thursday uh, uh, told uh, the, the judge and accused Donald Trump of threatening Mark Meadows, his former White House chief of staff, who spoke to them about the ex-president's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Uh, so this is I find it funny that Ryan Fournier hits this story. Then this comes out a few hours later from all the mainstream media outlets uh, that they're trying to gag order Trump. I, I'm aware there's smoke, there's fire kind of guy, Justin. So it makes me think that there may be truth yeah. to both. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's interesting. So, uh, Trash, what do you make of that now that they're trying to gag Trump over the Mark Meadows situation, claiming that he threatened him? Well, so what's interesting about this is that. So, OK. Let me actually do this real quick. So this is Julie Kelly, I guess, about six hours ago.
And she said, in a breathless 32-page motion filed yesterday, special counsel Jack Smith asked Judge Chutkin to lift her own stay on the gag order against Trump and to modify his conditions of release to set up a tighter contempt trap against Trump. And then you can kind of read what she's got there. She's got it highlighted in the filings. And then it says that Smith claimed this post was intended to intimidate Mark Meadows following a report that he flipped on Trump. So here's what Smith wants. Uh, news reports in his favor to which Trump cannot publicly respond. So that was Julie Kelly six hours ago. So that was before Ryan came out with his. So it almost seems like this news actually happened, occurred before Ryan actually reported what he's reporting. It's no different than what is it that J- Lolita, Lolita James It's no different than what she's doing, too. I mean, she wants to keep President Trump silenced, and yet she can go out and do all these pressers and give her own opinion that all of mainstream media will then run out to the masses. That's all this. This is just bullshit. It's the same old. Does someone have the the tweet that Trump made? Because as I recall, the one about Meadows that he made the other day was kind of like, I can't imagine he would flip type of thing, right? If I recall the language, go ahead, read it out. Yeah, sure. He said, I don't think Mark Meadows would lie about a rigged and stolen 2020 presidential election merely for getting immunity against prosecution, persecution, he says, by deranged prosecutor Jack Smith. But when you really think about it, after being hounded like a dog for three years, told you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life, your money and your family will forever be gone. And we're not at all interested in exposing those that did the rigging. If you say bad things about terrible monster Donald Trump, uh, we won't put you in prison. You can keep your family and keep your wealth. And perhaps if you can make up some really horrible, quote unquote, stuff to out him, we may well uh, very well rec- erect a statue in the middle of our decaying and now very violent capital. Some people would make that deal, but they are weaklings and cowards and so bad for the future for our falling nation. I don't think Mark Meadows is. One- oh, so no, this is different. OK, yeah, it's a little bit intimidating there, but I get it. But he said, I don't think that Mark Meadows is one of them. But who, who really knows? Make America great again. So that's that's from the 24th. So it's basically saying uh, you better not be one of them. Is that kind of how you take that? Oh, that's how I took it. I think so. Yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think that it's it's not a threat like from a violence or a physical threat. But it, it's it's more of a, I've, you know, I think Trump probably has the goods and information on a lot of these guys as well. So, I mean, I think it's the interesting thing to me is that this thing continues to spiral uh, regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, these judges to me are making a mockery of the judicial system. Um, it, it just, you know, at, at some point in time, you know, every one of these guys ends up with a damn book deal and their own TV show on one of these liberal networks. And it just, it, it never seems to fail, unfortunately, uh, that this is where this is normally headed and what path it's headed down. Um, as, as far as the, the Mark Meadows things, you know, you know, and, and I think we're going to find out a lot more, the, the real problem with this, too, you know, guys, is that here we are Thursday evening. This stuff always breaks towards the weekend and then fizzles out. So if you are, you know, Justin, I'm going to come back to you here, Justin, on this one, too, and then go to Savvy uh, and then back down to Kevin. But, you know, Justin, I'm going to throw this to you because, you know, we have differing political viewpoints, but you and I have the ability to have great conversations and, and, we, and we can have these kind of dialogues without fighting, which is what we have to do. We're on the same side. We are both staunch conservatives. We just have a disagreement in candidates, and that's okay, and we can do that. But when you look at this situation, I hate it when people do this kind of stuff before the weekend. And the reason why I'm saying that is because it can always fizzle out, and so many people forget about this, the, the things you spewed, right? And then, and then by Monday, 
if you if you just basically didn't have any uh, any receipts, well, not half the people have already forgotten about it, right? I think that's right, and yeah, I'm surprised it didn't come out on a Friday to bury it. Maybe that's why um, you know Trump is sort of getting ahead of the game here. I'm putting it out today, so it, it's going to dominate the news cycle for the whole weekend, probably. Um, and obviously, there's a little bit of a stall right now in Israel. You have the big news in Maine, so I don't know. It's it's a really interesting whole set of events. But the question I have is, you saw his post today calling Maggie Hagerman maggot. Hagerman, right? And then going on to lambast the judge again and again. And I can't remember if the Georgia judge's gag order was also included him or not, but wow, what a crazy scene that he could be facing gag orders on both sides, more fines. As I said earlier, uh, this is horrific. Trump may go bankrupt either by the ruling uh, in, uh, in New York or by just being fined into oblivion. Justin, let me ask you this, and I know you're not a Trump guy, but this is a great question to ask you. What are the chances uh, that there's a, there, you know, you talk about the chess game. What are the chances he really wants to get arrested for a few days so that he can have that kind of, he can talk about that? I think that's, and, yeah, and I think that's very probable. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they fought and planned a lot towards the mugshot and everything else. They really pushed for that. Um, but, you know, even... Um, even Bill Barr said it would be a terrible, terrible precedent to arrest and jail, I mean, and jail a former president of the United States. And I totally agree with that. I think this is just terrible. It's going to be wrenching. And I, I think it'll it'll play even more towards Trump's favorabilities in some ways. If I'm Trump savvy, I want to be a, a, spend a few days in jail, fist bump about, you know, 500 inmates and then get myself a teardrop tattoo that I can oh, wear. Can you imagine, the next can you imagine all rallies. the different news cycles? What is he eating? What is he wearing? Where is he? You'd have schematics of his cell and everything else there. He, he comes out on stage wearing the, wearing the Raiders starter jacket in LA, oh, let me, California. Let me tell you, that's actually a legit thing because I was talking with some former felons for, from uh, Fulton County to Cab County and Gwinnett. No, if I'm lying, I'm dying. My the Lord strike me dead. And they had no idea of my connection with President Trump and the campaign until about mm, 20 minutes in because I'm working with lawmakers here on prison reform. And I said, you know, I mentioned how I was connected. And their first thing was, man, Trump is my beep. And I'm like, oh, really? That's that is awesome news. Good for you. Um, yeah, that that would go viral now. I wanted to back up real quick because I raised my hand having to do with the truth, the truth, whatever that um, Aaron read. Okay. Y'all took that as a, maybe a soft threat. I did not. I took that as man. I see what's going on here. I really hope Mark doesn't fall for it because I see what's happening. I've been seeing it now, you know, for years. Um, So I just kind of wanted to put that, point of view out there because I didn't I did and maybe it's having met the man a a few times knowing his character knowing how he is in person that's how I took it as a man this really sucks that this is happening I'm going to put it out there to get ahead of the game and I really really hope Mark didn't fall for it it's actually a good point I, I, I was trying to ingest what I read there as well um I can see, I can see where. I, let me rephrase this. I see where they're trying to twist it into a threat. That was where my feedback was on that. 
was I see how they're trying to twist it into a threat. I just I hope I, I, I was not clear at all because I'm getting all kinds of breaking stuff. So um, <laughs> from the from the Twitter as news. Yes, yes. You know, <laughs> I, I, I want to throw this to you, Trash. You know, one, here's another thing. Not one outlet has came out and disputed this story other than Mark Meadows, uh, you know, person or whatever you want to call him, has said that it's, you know, he had a statement that it's ridiculous. But think about that. Not one person or not one outlet has came out and refuted this story, liberal or conservative trash. It should be concerning for everyone. That's what I've been saying from day one. We cannot have, if the, if the wire story is true, right? We like we have a serious security problem and we have a weaponized government. It should, should concern everybody. Like, listen, I, I, when I talk about censorship too, Matt, it's the same thing. Like, look, yes, I understand that the conservatives and people on a certain uh, side of the political spectrum were heavily targeted, but uh, it's going to be used on people who disagree with me soon. Eventually, it's going to be used on all Americans to drive whatever narrative they want to drive. Like, this is this should be concerning to everybody. I don't care if, whether you hate Trump or not. What if this was your guy? Like, what if you were still like, I long for the days of Obama? That's your right. You're an American. You can be that. Do you want this happening to him? And the, of course, the answer is no. So you're going to see real quick people who are going to be intellectually dishonest, and you should probably discard their political opinions, even if you disagree with them, if they can't at least be honest about this. So I, I think this is a good litmus test. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, Kevin, you've had your hand up a long time, man. We're going to go over here to Kevin as well, founder of the Loud Majority. Kevin, what's your take on this story? Yeah, sorry about that. There's uh, one part of my trip home that's like uh, four miles where there's no service, so it all crapped out. But um, I would, to any of the lawyers in the room, I'm curious, if Mark Meadows did wear a wire and it had to do with the election fraud stuff, wouldn't, would, would that violate attorney-client privilege if he had, like, let's say he had a conversation with Rudy Giuliani about the election fraud stuff and Mark Meadows was wearing a wire, wouldn't that make any of this stuff inadmissible in court anyway? Because, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just asking. Sorry, guys. It, I, so, number one, uh, yeah, Kevin, I want to have you ask that question again because I need a floating mute button as a host on X if anybody's listening, because like to get through like six screens to get back to the space, uh, to be able to unmute and run a space is just crazy and still be able to produce, you know, a high quality. There's so much going on, Trash. I've got people messaging me about Maine, yeah. people messaging me about Gaza, people messaging me about this story. I'm sorry, guys. No, it's cool. I, I, I was just wondering if Mark Meadows was wearing a wire when Trump was talking to any of his legal team or any one who could consider themselves legal counsel, like the White House Counsel's Office or Rudy Giuliani or Jen Ellis, anybody, wouldn't him recording that conversation violate attorney-client privilege and then therefore be inadmissible in Jack Smith's case in the first place? Hey, Trash, I might be able to help you on that Yeah, one. please do, because I don't have the answer for that. Well, yeah, remember, at, uh, at that time, they had their FISA warrant approved by Fisk. And FISA warrants are pretty powerful. And you can get to Trump through the FISA on Carter Page and this counterintelligence operation that was taking place on the president of the United States. There's a lot of things that were extra Fourth Amendment, extra constitutional, and they just did it and they got away with it. And everything was because of 
they were trying to prove that he was and they had they said they had uh you know great evidence to show that there was culpability with the russian government and that he was working on behalf of the russian government and that's why they you know it was national security basically and that's how they uh, got away with it i believe if this is true and and one more thing if you remember uh, admiral rogers running to president trump after he won in uh, trump tower and telling him hey you've got to get out of here because they have Trump Tower wired. That ended up being the Alpha Bank story, but nobody knew it at the time. And remember everybody's reaction when that story broke. It was laughing. Everybody laughed at Trump because he went right onto the TVs and said, they're, they've wiretapped my phones. They're wiretapping me. I got to get out of my office because the FBI is spying on me. And he was made so much fun of. And everybody thought he was a gigantic clown show joke. And then here, we, you know, eight, nine months or a year later, it turns out the Alpha Bank story pops and they did have him wired. So, you know, it's not like it hasn't happened and it's not like they wouldn't do it. And I've uh, yeah. And one more thing about Mark. I don't know him. I don't know that any of us know him, but an ex Twitter friend, like not, you know, but an ex friend, Denise Snively reminded me about Meadows being the one that helped claw back the classified documents for Russiagate and give them back to the FBI right before they left the White House. And I'll just leave it at that. Hey, thank you very much, Kevin. Or Sorry, not Kevin. Good Lord. Uh, Mitt was the one speaking there. Uh, Alpha, we're going to come to you real quick. We're about to shut this spaces down, guys. Just letting you know, uh, Trash and I, we've got some other uh, media hits we've got to do. So does producer Gringo. Uh, I've got another show I've got to do tonight. And, uh, we need to grab some dinner and come back around. And so we'll, we'll, we can say this now. Jen Psaki's out of the White House. We'll circle back. I love being able to say that again. Uh, you know, Alpha, uh, you are um, – you, you had your yeah, mic off there. Uh, Alpha, go for it. And uh, well, you can catch me on Matt After Dark, M-A-D, Matt After Dark at 10 p.m. Uh, Central, 11 p.m. Eastern Live with producer Gringo and special guests. We're going to have fun. And then also there's, uh, I think, Shell Shocked us tonight and other great spaces with Cat the Hammer and shell so make sure you're in that one as well tonight lots of good stuff going on tonight if you're looking for entertainment i'm solo no kids so before i toss it to alpha i'm gonna make alpha feel really bad here i'm gonna probably watch the great pumpkin by myself alpha uh you've got the floor buddy not just that uh to what Mitt was saying on kevin's question because it's good for everybody to know this um attorney client privilege if you allow a third person to be present in that most of the times in court they're going to say that you kind of just voided out that privilege by having a third party that's there. So that's working against you. The other thing is usually you're talking about law enforcement or some that, you know, part of the, you know, jails, stuff like that, listening in conversations where they're supposed to shut it down after they recognize that it's an attorney. But just so you guys know, if you're ever in a pickle and you got an attorney there with you and you have your buddy with you, um, have them leave because that only exists between the attorney and the client, as I understand it. And then as far as uh, Mad After Dark, you guys, great family show. Make sure you have it on speaker, the Bluetooth. Kids will really enjoy that that, that show. So def- definitely fun family show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bring you know, bring the snacks. Uh, you guys should probably roast s'mores while listening. That's what David Pollock does with his crew. Um, you know, roast s'mores, put the kids around the phone, and, uh, you know, enjoy the show. I mean, it, it's, it's such a great show that uh, Savvy wears earmuffs. So uh, I hope hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun fun time tonight, everybody. 
we're not going to bring anybody else up, but we will let everybody have closing remarks. KT, you had your hand up a while. We're going to go to you and kind of go around the horn. I want Thomas to get a chance to speak here too, as well with my, my one-legged brother here. So we'll, uh, we're going to go around the horn, let everybody have their say, and then we'll try to wrap this thing up by seven o'clock Eastern. All right. Awesome. Thank you. So <laughs> I was in your space last night listening about the shooter, fell asleep, woke up, started checking Twitter, trying to figure out what was going on. And that's when I read that Julie Kelly post about Mark Meadows, but it was about the immunity deal. And that was like what Trump tweeted. And in my opinion, it was him saying, basically, I think Mark's a good guy, but hell, everybody else has screwed me over. Maybe, but I don't think so. And then just based off of what Gorka said and um, Jim, you know, he was a good guy. He is also the guy that stood up multiple times and said Trump requested, you know, the National Guard for all the J6 stuff, which is kind of where that drama begins. Anyway, so with all of that, I think the drama started around the immunity deal and people talking. And I don't know. You guys are all throwing speculations out there. So I, I just wanted to throw something out there. The FBI has been creeping around. They've been talking to everybody, but they've been trying to get stuff on Trump for years. Who's not to say that they haven't talked to multiple members of Congress and whoever else. And I mean, I've watched a lot of uh, blue blood and other like cop shows. They lie, right? Like who's not to say that they didn't say that they have somebody wired up and that they heard him in a meeting and something. And you know, that person trying to get them to turn or tell them any information, whatever, but if the immunity deal comes up and everybody's talking about it and it's in a bunch of people's ears based off of the FBI lying or whatever, saying they have somebody wired up, Ryan, I don't think he would lie. I don't think he like would give false information. And po quite possibly, I don't think he would go off of just somebody he doesn't know. But there's a very good chance. I mean, from what I've seen with January 6th, it's insane. So I wouldn't doubt the FBI planting seeds that somebody's been wired trying to dig information. And then the fact that Mark Meadows all of a sudden took like an immunity deal. I don't blame Mark Meadows either. Like maybe it is like a bunch of crap. And I, I don't know on that part, but I don't think he was wearing a wire. I think this is all crap, the wire stuff. And quite honestly, it could have come from, I don't know if you've ever worked in like an office office, but even on this space, like it goes from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. So kind of like a game of telephone in Congress with people thinking they're giving legit information based off of lies. Brian's not lying. His sources aren't lying, but it was planted somewhere and it all came out because Mark Meadows took an immunity deal, but it may not even be true. And I don't think it is. Thank you for that, KT. And, and I agree. I just, you know, and there's a lot of folks that are chiming in on, you know, we put the article up in the DC Patriot that's due diligence with, with Ryan Fournier's tw tweets. You know, we use the word allegedly, you know, there's nothing confirmed on this story, but so many people that are, you know, are MAGA America first, just don't even know the key players in it. The people commenting and making snide remarks in that article uh, aren't even smart enough to know that, you know, Ryan Fortier is the president for, you know, students for Trump and the head of X strategies, which is the group that, you know, Trump's team has hired to do a, do a, I, I'm fair saying that, aren't I, Justin, that Trump's team has hired X strategies? Uh, yeah. And the other, a uh, fellow who's involved in that is uh, what's his name? My brain was like Utley, isn't it? It's Utley. Uh, isn't no, it? um, uh, it's another. I've, uh, uh, it's another person there. I can't remember his name. Yeah, but you you know what I'm getting. At. I mean, like, so it's, it's amazing that you know the people that support the president aren't even smart enough to know. Some of them aren't even smart enough to know the key players around them. Well, that's what. And that's, and that's yeah, like I support Ryan. I don't think he's starting any kind of a rumor, and I think probably the people he spoke to are pretty legit people as well. 
The fact is, is where that information came from, where, where did it originally came from? Where was it fed in? I mean, you look at like what Matt Gates is saying about, you know, like, uh, what's his name? <laughs> it was out of the speakers, Terry McCarthy, you know, like crashing all of these things behind the scenes, backroom deals, this, that, and the other, like they play dirty games up there. And so I think Ryan is legit. I think his sources are legit. It's where did that information come from? And it was planted somewhere. And honestly, the fact that the immunity, the immunity deal came up might have been the perfect time for the fire to spread. I, 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 don't will throw, either. I will throw one more thing out there because obviously if, if, if our, our thoughts are Ryan got this info from the Trump campaign or from Trump, or at least that seems to be the natural sort of venue there. But if you recall, I don't know if you have long enough memories for this, but um, back in 2021, uh, Ryan was a, Involved in a bit of a kerfuffle with a fellow founder of uh, the, uh, the 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 students for Trump. I think his name was John Lambert. Yeah, and he basically turned fed. Uh, he was a federal witness against his co-founder as they tried to set up a fake law firm and bilk a bunch of clients that way. I don't know all the details, but it's possible that maybe the source is not what we think it is. Maybe he got it through his federal connections. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I, I believe Ryan believes what he did. I believe Ryan believes his sources, but there's something crazy back in the mix. I just, that's my personal opinion, but seed could have been planted a while ago and it just came out the day after the immunity stuff, which would be a perfect time to set the fire. Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, remains to be seen. Uh, like I said, I, I'm waiting for more information. <sighs> Things move so fast, as you guys know. I, I, I cover a litany of topics, I do a lot of spaces, and uh, I've been doing doing them for quite a long time this week and last week, and will continue to do so. And but I'm constantly getting stuff sent to my DM and text messages and tweeted at, and I'm getting people calling me saying, "Have you seen this?" And should look at this. And so it, it's I'm always it's a thousand miles an hour with information coming at you. Um, can I, say one, can I say one last thing and I'll shut well, up? I was yeah. just going to say, will you do a Twitter space after the police state? <laughs> the police. <laughs> <laughs> you should do a Twitter space maybe during. Everybody can watch it at home, get together, but then we can all talk after. That's all. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be down for that. I think Kyle told me it was Friday that, we, that you can stream it, so I'll do that Friday. Friday, 8 Eastern. Yep. So, uh We'll do that, but we're closing down. Let's get some final thoughts from everybody, guys, because, uh, like I said, I need a break. Um, I was not planning on doing a space today after basically 12, 13-hour grueling hour days of, of live coverage in the speaker race inside D.C. with Congress people and, and being in the middle of all that game theory and everything that was going on there. I was doing 13, 15-hour days of this stuff, so I thought today I was going to be off. But, oh, no, Matt Couch had other designs and plans for me, and it all started because I was on the phone with Savvy. She's like, hey, Matt's got a space. Let's go check it out. And here we are, folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So, Matt, uh, if you want to take it away, I'm, I appreciate everyone being here. Stay tuned. Follow everybody up on the panel. Uh, if you like these spaces, we'll be doing more, working on uh, some other spaces with some other folks that you guys know and love on Twitter. Maybe not politics. Maybe it's culture. Maybe it's you know, whatever it may be, but there's some really big names that, and some friends of mine. We're going to be doing some stuff coming up collabs. So keep an eye out for that. Absolutely. Trash. Thanks for being here as always, man. One of the great spaces hosts and a great friend of mine, trash discourse there, Aaron. So make sure and follow him as well. Follow all the panelists and, and do me a favor, go through. There's, 
than thousands of people in this space. Go follow five or 10 people. If you're in this space, you're obviously somewhat like-minded. That's how you grow your following, but it's also how you network with people and, and build relationships. And in this day and age, you need all the uh, relationships you can get with the uh, situation the country's in. Uh, we may not agree politically party-wise,